Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. Well, Whitney, I'd like to welcome you and everyone that's hung on with us back for what appears to be episode three. Episode number three, Brent. Uh, Schoolhouse Rock says three is the perfect number, and we made it. We got it. Well, you're showing your age because I certainly don't remember that. You don't. I remember Schoolhouse Rock, but not the. Oh yeah, the three is the. Yeah, three is the perfect number? I think it's three is the perfect number. Three is the magic number. I See, you know, now I've got him questioning. Yeah, it, dude. It, we're already going to start off on the bad You foot. know something? Right off the bat, I should have done more research. <laughs> it, <laughs> I'm slayed by Schoolhouse it, Rock it and took, lack of show notes. It took us three, and I'm, well, two. I'm not even going to go and qualify that with good. It took us two episodes, <laughs> and we've already gone off the rails. Yeah, we, we have we have devolved, boss. We have devolved. No, I'm glad glad to be back for episode number number three, man. I, you know, Brent, it's awesome. We've kept we've kept to our schedule, and you know, and, and we've I think we've got a you know a good system worked out here, man. So yeah, well, that that says a lot for us because like, it does. Like everybody else on the planet, we are Whitney and I go left, right, and straight all yep. the time, all the time, boss, all the time. But uh, man, we've got we uh, make it happen. We make it happen. We've got we've got good notes here, man. So yeah, I'd just like to thank everybody for for listening back in. What, what's what's cool about uh, what's cool about episode number three, Brent, is you know we're starting to hit uh, what I feel we're starting to hit a little bit of a stride, and we, we're getting some feedback from the previous episodes, and uh, we've we've gotten some good feedback uh, this month. We've gotten some funny feedback as well, and so uh, you know. A couple people have uh, kind of ribbed us a little bit, but I think it's all it's all in good fun, and uh, yeah, we'll definitely get into that because some of the feedback is actually pretty detailed, and we've got some good actionable items from it. So yeah, we'll, we'll save that for a little bit later in the actionable show. Actionable items, actionable items, buddy. Yeah, we got them. <laughs> we got them. And uh, uh, I told you, actual, man, it's good feedback. Action by actionable items, we're we're. We've got a nice list going oh, of future gosh. topics, things people find near and dear to their heart. Yeah, and they know. want to know about, and they want to hear about. And, I mean, this could this could easily be easily be months and months of of discussion and uh, which which is great because mm-hmm. we can create a, a contiguous uh, kind of a, a contiguous discussion that loops in and out of several different topics there's definitely the desire to hear the to hear these these topics covered so that's what that's what you know makes me very excited and a lot of it's not just um what a lot of it's opinion you know oh, how yeah, do you do what do you think of subjective you know some stuff that you know there's some stuff that we're mulling around uh, as it is things to talk about that is really going to come down to you know what we think about it and exactly if anything almost like a discussion thread out there on pinside or club or something it yeah. it can it could roll itself into other topics and other areas it, it so. could it could and and you know something it's it, when it all comes to when it all comes to pass a lot of it is uh, a lot of it is opinion but i think a lot of it though is is educated uh what i would consider you know educated uh critique or or, or an educated perspective mm-hmm. on on your experience okay I'll tell you what, one of the things i'll talk speaking of experience one of the things i've already experienced mm-hmm. is uh um um, you're someone else's idea on how things are done. You know, the whole discussion from episode two having to do with how to move games. You know, yeah. there was a lot of time spent on that. When we when I went back and looked at the length of that segment, I was shocked that we were because it seemed like to us, at least to me, when we recorded it, it, it flew by. It flew by. But you know, when it comes to to topics, people when we're contacted, email or however, folks you know get in touch with us. There's several ways: Facebook, Twitter, Twitter. Um, yeah, just there there was a an, an almost an edit right in there. 
<laughs> it's all live, man. It's, it's all live. It's I, all I mean, real. We're, we're, we're rolling with it. But uh, 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 just things that, 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 for example, I take for granted. When Whitney came over, I had some stuff sitting in the shop, and um, he well, how do you do this, and how do you do that? And then yeah. that just elicits a conversation. It does. You know, it does. Yeah. I mean, we could – and I would actually look forward to to discussion on this, just talking about pinball playfield cleaning and pinball playfield uh, restoration and, and preparation and things like that. There's everybody does it a little bit differently, but we're all after the same result or what I would consider to be ninety percent the same result. I would hope, mm-hmm. uh, and based upon some of the feedback that we've gotten, I think a lot of people want want to know how to do things right, and and so that's. I think that's that's good. Well, if if I can pass on a little, hey, don't do this because when you do this, this results, yeah. and it saves somebody a lot of time, a lot of effort, or uh, they they prevent themselves from destroying a part that's hard to come by. Yeah, I'm more than happy to do yeah. it. Or like me in episode number two, where you know I talk about destroying entire cabinets in classic games, and so you don't want to do that either. So yeah, hopefully we can find you know a really cool you know yeah, flashback that, sound and and just uh, yeah that's where you <laughs> relive would, that whole thing. That's where you win the Not. award that's where you win the award oh yeah there's a whammy award in there somewhere brent there's there's no doubt but yeah I, you know brent we've got a lot to cover in this episode uh one of the one of the nice things about this episode is like say we're kind of stretching our legs a little bit we've got our first uh remote interview i i was uh, i was fortunate enough to be able to talk to uh, a friend of mine uh, jeff schnorla and jeff lives here in louisville kentucky and so um he was kind enough to invite me into his house and uh his wife um his wife was very, very nice, very, very nice to us, uh, you know, to, to let us sit down and talk for, you know, an hour, hour and a half or so. And so I've got a, a really, really nice interview with Jeff. I, really interesting guy. He's, he's got a lot going on. He, he has a, a very unique perspective on his collection and what he's after and what kind of drives, you know, what has driven him in the hobby. So it's always great to hear, you know, hear these testimonies as to, you know, why do they, you know, why do people devote so much time, effort and money into this hobby Fast forward to 30 years from when it was actually, you know, quote unquote, relative and, you know, money making. And I know I may get a little bit of hater mail on that, but, you know, I wish we could see arcades out there today. But it's it's all of us that are keeping it alive. And so this is a good, you know, this is a good uh, view into 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 someone who, who's doing that. Well, I'm going to go with the root of all of it is insanity to a certain degree. <laughs> you know, it's just just in varying levels. I, I know we've covered how we got into into the hobby and yeah. I, I definitely didn't expect it to go to the point where I've completely customized my basement. Oh dude, you and you me know. both. Yeah. When, yeah, when I bought both. the, when I bought the house, um, I mean, did you buy it with this game room in mind? Kind of. I mean, I didn't intend for it to go to this level, mm-hmm. but, uh, the, you know, folks that know me know that there were some issues with the property when I purchased the property. So okay. a lot had to be done that was outside of what I expected once yeah. I got in and got through kind of a discovery period. Yeah. So uh, um, it it wasn't intending, as I said, to be as evol- involved as it is, yeah. but I did like the space. Mm-hmm. And for those that have been to the house and have, you know, come to some of my parties, some of the locals, and uh, I one of the real benefits is that i've got to walk outdoor i don't have to deal with steps any longer yeah, i've no, got I, one little step <laughs> I'm, I'm fortunate in that regard as well i'm i'm a, I'm, you know a, a set of french doors and a dolly right away yeah so so yeah. i mean it was the property overall the way it was laid out you know and the house the house has a a, a little bit of a unique kind of a layout on the first floor so mm-hmm. that was was a deciding factor so it just wasn't game room and it just wasn't where the garage was and all that kind of fun stuff it was actually the house the whole package but 
the the layout down down here in the basement definitely contributed to the to the decision to purchase yeah it's 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 done up really nice there there's no doubt it looks good and yeah for anybody wondering i mean we've got some pictures uh of some of the some of the some of the more unique items that Brent's got down here in his game room that's in the blog post for episode number two, and uh, maybe I'll be able to talk Brent and let me capture a couple pictures of the game room after right after a party and you know throw it up for everybody to well, see. Well, you so. know, let's I tell you what, that's a good uh, um, a good transition into kind of what we've kind of got going on in yeah. our lives right now in terms of the hobby. Man, dude, that was smooth. That's, a, <laughs> that's like butter smooth. We're, we're, we're polished. We're getting <laughs> we're there. Polished, it, dude. it took us. We got know, it. Two two episodes and just tipping into the third. We're on uh, it. Man, we are we are so disillusioned, dude. I, well, I was just thinking about looking on the internet, try to find a radio station we could purchase. But okay, whatever. Uh, man, we've got the faces for radio, boss. Yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what all have you been up to, Brent? So, I have been um, I've been trying to work on some games to kind of repopulate the game room. Mm-hmm. It's been a little barren through the course of the summer. Okay. And I mean, why is that? Have, have you sold some stuff, or the, I mean, it, trade bait, or what? Well, at the front of the year. We had, and we'll talk about this a little bit later because okay. we're actually coming close to it. But we here in Louisville, we had the Louisville Arcade Expo, and I think yep. this was the third year. Yes. Last year was yeah, the third. Last this, year was the year? third year. We're coming up on year number four. Correct, and it's right. in March. It is in March. So. It's it's uh it's actually at the beginning of uh at, at the beginning of March this year. So. Oh, is it? Yep, sure is. So March of this year, yeah, I seven, had a, seven through nine actually. I had a pretty full basement, but I still had space. I, I think I I jinxed myself in an earlier episode and said. I, I am not space poor at this point, and I know a lot of folks hit that barrier, yes. and then it becomes, yes. you know, what is the low-hanging fruit that has to go out the door? Yeah. So I'm at that point. Uh, I had quite a few pieces in, in the game room, and I actually could have act condensed in mm-hmm. terms of taking some of the space away from the, you know, the gaps between the games and added actually quite a few pieces. Yeah. Coming to the expo, I had already, in my mind, tick-marked a few things to sell. Okay. So uh, uh, I was fortunate in that, everything that i took i was able to go ahead and sell that's so good. that's good got rid of a um, couple of videos yeah one I, one pin that i know of yeah i had a fire a uh, fire power yeah firepower i've got to i've got to be real careful with that because <laughs> firepower with that's yeah with that it. with that southern accent it gets <laughs> got a firepower it gets Brent. completely mangled it, oh, it, the I title just, i've just mangled it twice yeah had exactly. fun doing it <laughs> So yeah, I had the firepower, and you know that was I I liked that, it's that fun game. playing game. I liked the game. And fun playing game. It was, it was in fair shape. Mm-hmm. I went through and you know completely shopped it, stripped it, uh, cleaned it, waxed it, reassembled it. There were yeah. some uh, electrical issues with it. It came from a buddy of mine, and uh, um, he said it came from it had been on one location, and apparently that location was the quote unquote roughest bar in hardensburg hardensburg being a a city not too far from louisville kind of right on the edge of your you know we start getting into farming communities and and that kind of fun so he'd seen some broken bottles and probably some broken jaws and stuff like that right he had it he'd had it out in his garage for a while and then it was stored for a while it had mud daubers nests in it and Mm. um so anyway i got it all running got it cleaned up and overall it was actually not too bad uh play field didn't have a whole lot of wear yeah uh, the glass, the back glass was starting to get a little crackle in it, mm-hmm. but uh, I have seen several since then, and it was by far the better of everyone I've seen. It was nice and vibrant. Yeah. that's what I noticed about it right away. Is it didn't have a lot of um, it didn't have a lot of light, fa- you know, fading due due to the lights or anything like that. They it, keep the bars dark. And yeah, hard exactly. Well, and that's probably a good thing. <laughs> um, but it, it it looked considering its age, it was it was a very nice looking game. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, 
retrospect, I may, I, I, I would have probably been a little closer holding on to it if I'd have realized that that game just doesn't age well. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I've seen several since then, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you know, I had the opportunity to, hey, I, we're gonna have some exposure. I'm gonna put a couple pieces out here. I'm, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. you know, I I sold it seeing myself as having another looking for an even better example okay. so it, anyway it's a fun game to play i'll say that yeah. I, I thought the i thought the play the replay value on it was was pretty good it appealed to me anyway no i, I enjoyed it i yeah. mean it drove me it drove me crazy trying to you know i, I can say it was a steve ritchie game wasn't it and when you when you yes. get up to the point with the multi-ball and it's counting down at you and it for for an early game as yeah. quote unquote simple as it is compared to a dot matrix game, yeah, it, it would hold your attention. Uh-huh. It would make you would drive. It would drive you. Yeah, so it, there wasn't a lot there to distract you. I mean, you were able to stay focused on. It, there's not a lot of toys on the play field. Yeah. It, it was just a lot of fast moving pinballs. Yeah. Is what it amounted to, and and I thought that was I, I appreciated that anyway. I thought it was fun. So that that went away. I had a Crystal Castle conversion that went away. Yeah, yeah, I remember and, that. Uh, um, had a pole position two that was next to the pole position one. Okay, and that went away. Yeah, and then I both also, of those were uprights, right? Those were Correct. uprights. Yes. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. And then I had a, a Crystal Castle conversion was actually a kangaroo with a Atari conversion kit in it. So okay. that went away, and then I had a four player uh williams pro tennis that actually i had gone through for a very very good friend of mine okay so that left at the same time so it left the game room pretty well open so yeah where i'm at today is i am we've gone through the summer had to do some do some things around the house and having much of opportunity to actually work on games so now i'm deep diving into games because i'd like to have some stuff to populate the game room for the end of the year yeah for for the holidays and parties and everything like that so i try to have i try to have a good size good get together at least once at the end of the year i mean all the the local people love it yeah so right now i'm working on a uh, dirty harry Mm -hmm. and uh i'm on the assembly stage so i pretty much strip you know strip the play field down yeah and it's um, a good looking game as well yeah oh yeah it's it it's very nice yeah um it uh the cabinet's dirty but it's going to clean up it's yeah. going to clean up really well i mean it's it's in really good shape okay so the only thing i'm not real happy with is the ramps the ramps have had a little abuse and um i mean they're obtainable but in all in all honesty, uh, I'm going to put it all together and see see what how it comes out and decide if I'm going to go ahead and try to hunt some up or just kind of wait for maybe opportunity. You know, I, 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 they're good enough now to work. So, okay. so like I said, completely completely stripped it down, cleaned it out, uh, fixed it electronically. There was a couple of things going on with it. Some of the optos were out. The game is, um, I can see having worked on a couple WPC games, how they've evolved to use the optos, you know, mm-hmm. like in a, in a little earlier game, like an Adams family, they've got, uh, if memory serves one up on the play field, don't hold me to that. No hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> it's right over by where the thing flipper is. This but is the, a hobby after yeah, all. Yeah. It's yeah. a hobby. Yeah. But you know, the dirty Harry's got them everywhere, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. So yeah. let me ask you, have you played dirty Harry quite a bit? I mean, what's not, the, not, what's not the replay value on it? I haven't played it a lot. Okay. When, when I when I I knew that it would boot when I bought it, and so um, I brought when I brought it down into the into the shop, I fired it up. Okay, and you know I could get it to start a game, and but but it was you know like I said there was a couple of the optos out, so the software was making corrections. Yeah, um, 
And, and of course, that affects the gameplay. And that affects the gameplay. Yeah, it does. And, and it just wasn't playing real well. Yeah. You know, the flippers were, were not the best, and it, it definitely had had, let's just be polite here, it had definitely had some infield repairs. <laughs> yeah. So uh, um, yeah. I, I played it enough just to kind of verify what was there. Um, I really like to get things working electrically uh-huh. electro- and ele- slash electronically yeah. before I tear them down. Yeah. Um, in this situation, I knew that it was, you know, I've got two sets of optos out. I've got some connectors for the GI. They're just absolutely burned and everything else. I, I knew that I wasn't, or at least I anticipated from what I saw that I wasn't going to have to dive into any like heavy, heavy work mm-hmm. and all the parts I had on hand, everything else was functional. The motors were functioning, the transmission for the gun, you know, it's got a gun in the lower right of the play field. It was all working. Yeah. So, um, I didn't play it a lot because I, it did have a flipper dragging. You know, one of the infield repairs, one of the flipper bushings was was incorrect and it yeah. was short. So, yeah. for all I know, it had been like that and on location for, you know, two years. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Ten and years. What who knows? Little, what little bit of scratches there may have been the result of two years worth of, you know. But I, I just, I didn't want to go ahead and keep banging away at yeah. it. So, yeah. Let, let me ask you, are you, um, are you of the, uh, are you of the school of thought where, when you put all of your GI general illumination, when you put all your GI back into the machine, do you uh, do you stay incandescent or do you go to LEDs? I really, really toiled with that decision. Okay, and I've not done LEDs yet. Okay, so you don't have any LEDs in your Adams family, no. correct? And just and just for everybody, uh, right here in the uh, Broken Token Podcasting. <clears throat> studio <laughs> we've got uh down here in brent's game room which is really where we're at we need to get a picture of our setup brent because i mean we look good oh, but anyway um face radio exactly and so uh right over here to my right hand side uh where I, you know based on where i'm sitting at brent has got a very very nice adams family that he just it has just recently finished going through so so you stayed in incandes- you stayed incandescent on it I correct did. okay well right. one of the local guys um who hopefully we can maybe either get to his his house or get over here and have a, uh, an interview with a, a he ha- has a wonderful collection but um he recently started putting all leds in his pens okay. so as i was getting things together for you know the order together for the dirty harry i i started to consider what mm-hmm. i was going to do you know do okay. i want to go with pinball life do i their leds do i yeah, want coin, coin takers, takers. do exactly. I, where, where do i want to go yeah and the more I researched, because I'm kind of a research guy, you know, the more I researched it, I, I was I was looking at the ghosting, quote unquote, issue. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm I'm one of those people that I can see I can see the ripple in a fluorescent bulb. Yes. And, you know, inexpensive LED Christmas lights, uh-huh. you know, that, it, that it bo- have like it, a halfway bothers, rectifier in them. It bothers me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That have, it gets you know, on my nerves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So, yeah. you know inexpensive christmas lights that are like half wave rectified where you can yeah. yeah i can see them flicker yes and um it's adrian monk syndrome you know that don't you <laughs> no i don't <laughs> see now i have to look that up so i ended up i right down to the wire and i just i dumped the cart and i just added some additional bulbs and i'm yeah. going incandescent but i Fair did I, I had an order at pinball life so i went ahead and i added a bunch of 47s and and triple fives in various colors and frosted and you know a couple different styles so yeah. that when it's all said and done i can experiment a little that, bit that's good that's good that's good because i'm pretty much at, at the same at the same boat i mean uh there's um 
there's some work that I'm doing on my Tron and, uh, you know, I'll kind of revisit that from, uh, from the last episode as well. But now all the Sterns are LEDs, the new ones, right? Uh, well, from my understand, from my understanding, okay, the newest ones are, but games like Tron and, um, well, the Pro anyway, the Tron Pro is not, not, not fully, uh, neither is ACDC and, you know, some of the, some of the, the current, but not altogether new ones do not have LEDs in them. Now I'm sure, I'm sure that, well, I, I wouldn't want to say I'm sure, but I, I know that like the ACDC premium and, um, and some of the, you know, some of the LE versions uh, of Stern's games, they, they do have LEDs in them. All. But I, I don't know if it's all. In some of the research, I, in some of the research I was doing, you know, having to do with ghosting and and, yeah. and for those that 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 have kind of gone through this already, yeah, yes, I realize that there's a patch you can apply to WPC code and yeah. uh, for the ghosting yes. and you know, yes. and then some some manufacturers are and worse than others. That's just flashing new ROMs, is that yeah. correct, Brent? Yes. yes. Okay. Some manufacturers are worse than others. Some games are worse than others uh-huh. within the same manufacturer. It all just kind of depends on how the circuit was laid out. Yeah. But. Um, there were several threads here and there, here and there across the interwebs having to do with hey I thought Stern was buying X thousands of LEDs from Cointaker. You or know whoever. they may they may be in in Star Trek, which as as of the broadcast of this or I'm sorry the recording of this episode, Star Trek is Stern's uh, is Stern's newest title. I'd have to go back and see if if that is an all LED pin or not. And you know, Brent, I'll I'll be very transparent about this. If if I'm not if I'm not super super enthused about about the game, then I don't really delve into mm-hmm. it tremendously hard and look at all the nuances of it versus if I was, if I, if I had even a remote thought, yeah, I might be, you know, I might be wanting that game at mm-hmm. some point. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. That's, that, that's a good question. If anybody knows, uh, definitely uh, drop us a line, but we'll, we'll, we'll do some research on that and uh, cover, you know, I guess kind of cover that back on, on the next episode. So yeah, for right now I'm going, um, all incandescent okay and i'm gonna start i'm gonna start experimenting a little bit with led and just kind of see what i think about it and maybe yeah spot it in a few places it, it'll work we'll where, figure where it, it out sense. yeah yeah it's you know it, it's it's that type of it's that type of work though that keeps the hobby fun because mm-hmm. you, you can continually you can continually improve on something even that's 30 years old and, and make it look good i've seen a lot of led conversions that look really, really good, and then I've seen pictures of some, and even at some expos that are just a little overboard. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's, you know, it, it's it's like Brussels sprouts, boss. It, it's an acquired taste, you know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I think you know. Here, here's some advice to somebody out for those out there considering the same. Um, I try to do best to breed. Uh huh. Me too. You know, try yes. to uh, look at look at all the options that are out there, even. Uh, even techniques you know um, I'll experiment a little bit maybe modify but uh, the the general the general consensus is is on your your high level your I guess we call them almost first tier vendors like your pinball life or your your coin coin takers takers. yeah they're they're like if you're talking about the non their LEDs are good Mm -hmm. their non-ghostings I will say generally work because as soon as I say always work someone will find one it doesn't exactly but um uh, supposedly coin takers are a little brighter mm-hmm. and then talking about personal taste i would probably go with a pinball life so that it's just not blind you know yeah you know, it, but it has a little bit of muted experimental quality bit. to yeah. it yeah don't try not to go out and buy my suggestion go and buy a couple 
38 cent to 59 cent lamps from the vendors yeah. and then just experiment a little bit and just see what, look, what at, works. look at them side by side yeah so and then once the dirty harry's done i'm gonna uh, um you know we're not all pinball so yeah. i've got a couple vids that i'm gonna go uh go grab out of the building and start working on I've really gotta, so it's, what, it's what's coming up next this is going to be one of those. I can't believe he likes that game. <laughs> what Congo Bongo? No, nothing against Congo Bongo. <laughs> it just I popped to, in my head. I've got a Congo Bongo. <laughs> really, you've got a Congo Bongo. Well, that, Brent, how did I, you know? I do too. So, but we don't talk about we that. don't talk about that. No, Congo Bongo is cool. But, yeah. I keep I keep it buried in the laundry room so no one can see it. Uh, <laughs> Under uh, the dirty clothes. Everyone, you know, Galaxian versus uh, uh, Galaga. Everyone, I want. Where's the Galaga? Well, yeah. I enjoy galaxian and galaxian rocks i will yes. take a galaxian i will play galaxian over a galaga and i i've a couple months back i got my hands on a pretty nice machine mm-hmm. now is, is it upright or cocktail it's upright okay yep so right. um a couple blind, months back huh? just a couple months back. oh sweet so this is a fairly new acquisition yes then. okay it, it, it's going to be bumped to the front so okay What's the condition on the cabinet? Oh, it's very nice. Is it? It's okay. very nice. All right. Uh, it's got re, uh, replacement artwork on the kick panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know where it came from ultimately before it was sold to the gentleman that I bought it from. Okay. And uh, since uh, he had had it, the the monitor, quote unquote, is out. So okay. I'm not sure. You know, I, I was I was fair with the guy. You know, I, I said I know where the game come came from. I know it has had recent maintenance Mm -hmm. and uh um i know you've had to move it a couple times yeah before we talk about what you're asking for and i can't even to be honest with you whitney i can't recall what what i ended up giving him for it i just remember i was very very happy yeah um i said (laughs) well then then i i kind of understand where you're coming from on that you know i I broke i broke kind of one of the cardinal rules which is never work on the game there you know Uh buy it as it is yes yes and you know because if you fix it and it is quote unquote just the fuse then you're in then you've cost yourself money you've cost yourself money Mm -hmm. for you know Giving away your time. Giving away your time. Exactly. That's exactly right. You know, if, yes. if the individual selling the game, if if the price difference between working and not working is I'm going to pull a, a value out of the air is $300. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, to me, that's their problem for not having spent the time and the effort to yep. make them that additional $300. That's right. Yeah. You know, when I sell, when I sell anything, when I've ever sold anything, I try to make it as nice as I possibly can mechanically and, and cosmetically cosmetically to get it to be worth what i'm asking for it so Mm -hmm. anyway um when uh in this case i i said look let me let me take a peek at it and make sure that you know just something silly hasn't happened okay so uh um to be honest with you i don't know if it's the monitor is actually out on it it wasn't anything loose wasn't anything obvious yeah or if uh um, it's getting a little white raster or if there's actually a video problem on the board but Mm. Regardless, I mean, it'll come down here and I'll get it sorted out. And but, you know, conditions, everything. Yeah. And and all the electronics can be, that to me is completely overcomable from a, uh, you know, from a perspective of that would not keep me from buying the machine, okay? It's more so about the cosmetics of the cabinet and what am I getting into about having to restore or fix or repair you know, particle board or busted up corners or, uh, you know, gashes in the sides or whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. Missing, oh, back yeah. missing back door. Yeah. yeah. Missing back door. 
Yeah. It's like there's a warehouse somewhere for all these back doors. <laughs> that they that. are. Yeah, that you know, they are. And I will be first to admit that it, as I've walked through warehouses, uh-huh. if there's a stack of back doors, yeah. I'll grab them. Yeah. You know, I've got a stash of various back doors out in the building. Why you know, is on why's on your part? Dude, you know, for games I don't even own. Exactly. And and it's something I guess that that's a that's a quick tip right there. If you do get ac- if you do get access to back doors that are in good shape, you should probably pick them up because why would you want to spend your time making new ones and and that being said i've had to do that you know oh, i've done that too i've done it with a router and it's you know i mean it's okay but it's still not it's still not the back door or a it's not a nintendo back door it's not a bally back door it's a back door cut to fit the cabinet mm-hmm. but it's not the back door yeah so and then after that i and i just absolutely went blank on the game it's the uh, it's a modern game uh set down boat racing uh, hydro Thunder. Hydro Thunder. Hydro Thunder. Yes. Yeah, that's fun, man. I've got a, uh, a Hydro Thunder. So. Really sweet. And yeah. It, 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 well, I mean, it was working. Yeah. And to be honest with you, the monitor was a little washed out in it. And I tend to like to go through all my monitors. And yeah. I mean, I look at a monitor like the monitor and the controls, not uh-huh. necessarily the panel. I, yeah. I do. I do kind of like a little authentic look, you uh-huh. know. Um, you know, talking about condition is yes. is king. If I had a working, if I had two games side by side, the same game, and one was working but kind of beat the snot, and the other was not working but really good in terms of condition cosmetically, mm-hmm. same money, yeah. I'd go with the good condition game because the rest of it's like you said, it's overcomable yeah, to I a mean, degree. Yeah, Easy, I mean, it's easier to overcome. It, you know? It's far easier to for overcome. me. Well, and me too because you've got to look at what what is your time worth and and I, I think we're we're at the point, Brenna, in our lives and probably in in our you know the stages of being in this hobby where if I'm going to spend money, I'm going to spend it on condition rather than on uh, rather than on operation. Okay, because operation you can restore, condition, man, that that that, that can sometimes take months to do. You know, mm-hmm. and and I'm not a master cabinet restoration person or anything like that, so it's it's more of a challenge for me. And so I'd I'd much rather work on boards or monitors than than repair than yeah. repair cabinets. I know where, yeah. it's like I know where my strengths lie. As do so I. That's, yeah. And there's a lot of folks out there that will buy working. They'll buy the opposite. Oh, and, that's and, where their strength. Well, is, that's where their strengths fine. are. You know, and more power to them. I mean, that, that's what it takes to keep the games going and to make sure that uh, and make sure that all the games that are worthy of being saved are being saved. You know, so it's it's just it's just. How, so, we're, how we're all unique. I'm starting to think I need to buddy up with someone that um, that doesn't necessarily care for condition but uh, function, so that I've got someone to compliment my purchase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. So the Hydro Thunder <laughs> will come down here, and it's um, the game room is it's a fun game, dude. The game room is quote unquote classics right yeah, now. It so, is. You know the the newest up right down here is I've got a, a Neo Geo. Yeah. And uh, um, I do have a Vapor TRX. And I tell you, Whitney, I've thought about letting go of the vapor. Uh, to me, the replay—I mean, it's—I haven't played it myself in a while. It takes up a lot of room. It takes for up what a lot of is. room. Um, once you kind of play it, the replay kind of isn't there once you've messed with it for a while. Yeah. But this—and I've heard this from a lot of collectors—the family loves that game. Uh-huh. All the kids in the family love it. Yeah. And the um, the uh, Hydro Thunder. 
I enjoyed the game back when I used to play it on location. Yeah, yeah, like flipping the boats and stuff like that. It's cool. I have a feeling it's going to be similar in that the replay value is probably going to be negligible. I I feel it will. I think that Hydro Thunder, to me, is one of those games that the reason that you have fond memories of it is because you probably didn't get to play it a whole lot. And so when you did... You, maybe you didn't make it all the way through, but the graphics and the sound were good enough to make up for the mm-hmm. lack of depth in gameplay. Mm-hmm. You know, so it kind of had the total package going, even without having a whole lot going for it. I exactly. guess is probably That's the best way to, way to say it. it. Yeah. So I'm thinking, uh, and I got I got like the Cadillac version. Uh, oh. I, I've got one that has Sweet. apparently they made a like a a faux leather vinyl kind of seat cover deal. Oh, dude. So yeah, you it doesn't. It's all huggy bared. Oh yeah, man, it's it's sweet. It yeah. came with fuzzy dice on it and everything. So <laughs> it sounds great. It's, it's I all can't padded. Wait to, I can't wait to play it, Brent. So yeah, but I, I'm uh, I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna slide the Domino Man over and uh, kind of t-bone it in there next to the vapor, and then you know let just see where everything just falls see, out. Just see where it falls yeah. out. So yeah, I, you know what? Just to just to uh, just to uh, re- revisit one point here real quick. You mentioned you know Galaxian versus Galaga. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm a big fan of Galaga. I like Galaga. I'm also a big fan of Galaxian. But real quick before we, you know, before we move on here, Brent, you know, one game in that family that I don't think gets its due is Galaga 3. Now, I don't know if you've played that a lot, but I'm a huge fan of that game. It's it's a lot of fun. It has an it has a uh, it has a four way joystick instead, yeah, gonna, of the, okay. instead of the two way. I played it on the on a, on the sixty. Yeah, yeah, and man, it is you know it, it's like everything that, that's fun about Galaga just just like amped up like three or four times. And you know, I think I think the the replay on it's pretty neat because there's a lot more to do and there's a lot more uh, you know there's just a lot more going on. But for simplicity's sake, Galaxian. Is Galaxian rocks. Is yeah. Galaga three that the dedicated cabinets kind of um, a multicolor kind of pseudo rainbow type it, thing? It, it is, and like the control panel is like this kind of dark blue with red stripes on it, mm-hmm. like horizontal lines, like red red horizontal line stripes, and it's yes, it, it has like this rainbow, like this multicolor, like part of a rainbow effect going on the sides and the front. It's it's a fairly unique looking cabinet, and. Um, Sometimes you'll see it as Galag, you know, it'll have a Galag uh, marquee, and then others will will have a Galaga three marquee. But it's it's still the same game, you know. Mm-hmm. Whether it's whether that particular game was headed for the Japanese market or whether that game was destined for the U.S. market is 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 the difference there. Uh, from okay, what I, I understand. That. Yeah, yeah, but it's still the same. It's still the same game. Okay, it's it is. It's a lot of fun. Hard to come by in good shape too. I've been on the hunt for one for quite a while. I've seen one. And it wasn't in; it was in workable shape. Yeah. yeah. But at the time, the the uh, the, the guy wanted too much for it. Yeah. Actually, I have to make a note here, and I have to. We'll have to do some old operator stories at some point in time. I can't wait, it, man. Yeah, I'm going to because we've got we've got like two or three operators that we can that, that we can get some good stories from, and I'm I'm looking forward I'm looking forward to the time when we can do when, well, when we can do those episodes. The guy I'm thinking of, he he's no longer operating. I mean, he's around. Yeah. I mean, I could find him in a heartbeat. Yeah. Oh but, yeah. Yeah, the, <laughs> we'll have to tell some stories about <laughs> some of the games that I've gotten from him and how yeah. how it came about. But. Yeah, no, that's that's good stuff, man. So, anything else going on, no, dude? That's that's kind of what I've got going on now, other than life. Yeah. What, what's been going on in your world, man, Brent? I have been uh, stuck in monitor repair. Um, 
uh, I'll just keep it uh, keep it classy and just say you know quagmire here. And uh, dude, I've been working on Nintendo monitors for about the past uh, four to six weeks, just going through and recapping all my monitors. And you know, for I've got a Nintendo row in my game room. Okay, so Donkey Kong Junior. Donkey Kong 3, uh, Popeye, Mario Brothers, and a Versus cabinet. Okay, so so that that's my that's my Nintendo lineup in my game room, and so I've with with me being largely done with all the game room construct. Well, I'm I'm probably, I am done with all the game room build out work and everything. I've kind of started. I, and I think I probably covered this on uh, on the last episode some as well. I've kind of started, you know, turning all my time to, you know, just fixing all the little niggling items on each one of my games just to get them, you know, to the point to where, you know, my OCD doesn't, <laughs> doesn't wear me out on them. But so I've been going through that's and, and a lot of folks, there's a side note, asked me years ago, why haven't you done pinball yet? Yeah. And you know, my, I don't have room. Uh, but yeah. but it, it at the end of the day, it's like. Does will will my little mind allow me to deal with an inch and a sixteenth steel ball bouncing around plastic and wood, <laughs> tearing everything up as it goes? You know? Yeah, yeah, I know. So yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, so 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 man, so I've been uh, just going through and and in doing all these cap kits and everything. I, my goal is to is to you know get in and and get all of the like type of work done within uh, as close of a time as I can. And that way, I you know that way I'm I'm refreshing each one of the chassis uh, with with parts that are all the same age and just really kind of running through while, while I'm in kind of like assembly line mode and just kind of taking care of all of them. Here's a here's a little tip for you when you go yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, whenever I cap a chassis, whenever I do a power supply, if I change an edge connector. Yeah. Um, get some masking tape uh-huh. not the painter's tape because I mean it's good stuff but it'll come off yeah. just get you some good old fashioned masking tape stick yeah. it on the side of the frame and write what you did and when you did it write what you did and when you yeah. did it yeah that, you know something um, I will take that because that's that's good because you can just get a, a nice you know a nice sharpie and it, you know it'll be nice and bold and you'll be able to see it when you take the, the back door off and everything yep. like that you know one thing that's interesting is I've ordered some cap kits from Bob Roberts recently and he has started including a little sticker I've noticed that yeah that, that says you know this this chassis was last capped on you know or last repaired on so I, so that's pretty nice but you know for the, but for all the ones that I don't have that, that's a very good tip. Yep. So yeah, I, that's, I noticed that's that. I don't. Um, I've had a few folks ask me. It's like, what? Do you still buy kits? And yeah, for the most part, I do. It's just easier for it's, me. It's just it's a convenience yeah. factor, man. I it is. A, I keep a fair stock of caps. Yes. But yes. It As is, do I. If it came down to it, most of your major manufacturers, I could probably cap with what I've got on hand. Yeah. But it. Yeah, I'm paying bob a little premium or whoever but, but that's okay in, in my mind it's all good because what you're doing is you're helping somebody else that helps you mm-hmm. and helps other people as well so when i look at buying from bob roberts uh, you know or or some of the smaller vendors okay i look at it as it's a way to help ensure that these vendors are here a year from now or two years from now because i could just go to mauser and get everything from mauser okay or digikey all right and yeah. and i buy a lot from digikey and i buy a lot from mauser okay there's there's no doubt about it but the time that it takes to put together like a to put together like a top shelf uh, Sanyo 20 Easy cap kit uh, cart or a project on the Mauser site and then put together a a budget cap kit 
co- uh, project on mm-hmm. the Mauser site. You could spend hours and hours yep. on Mauser's site putting together. Okay, I need one for you know. I need one for a Geo Seven. Well, I need one for a forty six hundred. I, I, you know, I need you know. I, I need one for an Ample phone. I need one for you know a sixty one hundred. It does. You could spend hours. A couple doing years that. ago, you just go to Bob's site and get it. Yeah. A couple years ago, uh, some of the folks on Claw were sharing their their Mauser projects out. Hey, yeah. I'm doing a cap. Yeah, for, yeah, and I, that's awesome. Other than other than uh, it, you, you think well, it's a such and such mic, such and such voltage cap. I mean, yeah. they're always going. Well, they don't always make it. No, they don't. Whoever it, they'll do something, and the part number will change by one, and yes. they'll go and open it. Yeah, and, and then, half the caps are no longer available. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, they're available by yeah. value, but, but that they're not. Cap but isn't available. That cap is not available, and so your project gets out of date pretty exactly. quickly. So I, I found it to be a good I found it to be good for the things that you you feel like you will need, you know, from time to time, but it's almost better to pay Bob the couple dollars premium and it just comes in a bag and, yeah, and you know done. you know you're good. But the secret the secret to being successful with working with someone like Bob Roberts or some of the smaller vendors is understanding everything that you need to cap a chassis and understanding what they don't supply you so that mm-hmm. you do go to Mauser DigiKey and, and you stock up on the balance, okay? If there's something else you want to do. That's exactly right. I, and, and you know, I'm sorry. That, I see that feeds into, uh, the here's here's Brent's cap kit, cap kit tip. Yeah. Got to be careful how you say that. It is. Um, I, you know, you get the sheet from bob or whatever vendor yeah you know that's it it you know there's we could discuss in you know infinitum uh, uh well this cap kit has this in this position this in this position da, da, da. right what i do is when i get one i'll take this sheet and i'll copy it okay and then i'll set it aside and i'll use that sheet as my guide you know so i can mark it up and do whatever mm-hmm. if i've got any issues with it something doesn't line up something doesn't match something's missing yeah I can note that on the copy that I kept. Yep. And then I keep a a binder with my with my common all my common use monitor manuals in it and yeah. I also keep those cap kit lists in it. So if That's I need good. to make one myself or refer back, yeah. or next time I'm ordering at Mauser or something. You got something to refer I've back to. I've got something to refer back to. Yeah, and that and that's good advice. I mean, I've done the same thing. I, I go through and I, I scan the copy that's I scan all the, the, the cap maps that or the cap listing that, that Bob sends out every time you order one, I've scanned those in to PDF and I keep them on, on my machine as like master copies. And then I'll just print one out whenever I need it and then mark it all up. And then <laughs> is there, everyone's like, route. why is Brent laughing in the background? Well, the funny thing is, is that, you know, Whitney, I think we mentioned this prior episodes, both Whitney and I are, are from a career perspective, we're, we're technical folks, we're yeah. IT folks. Yep. And, uh, um, um, I still do a lot of things on paper. <laughs> it, you know, Whitney st- Whitney is like all digital. Yeah, I try so, to be as much as know, I can. He's got and it's hard, man. I know. It's not easy. He, he, he's got his his tab his touch tablet over there, and I literally have a spiral <laughs> notebook and a pen. But you know, dude, it all works out, so it's all good. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean you want me to update something online? <laughs> do you want me to? Uh, I, and I almost last when we had this first conversation, I almost took a picture of my notebook on my phone and. 
texted it to him. Wait, you know what, dude? We need to do that for the blog post. And oh, it, this is the brainchild of the podcast, and it's Brent's Mead Notebook. It's, it's literally a Mead yeah. Notebook with a sharp written on the front, high school style. It says "Broken Token Podcast" oh, yeah, in dude. Sharpie. It, it, yeah, it's 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 awesome, man. Oh. So no, it's it's all good. But yeah, dude. So I keep those lists as well, and, and you have to because you've got to keep yourself up to date on on what you're doing and everything. But yeah, dude. So. I've been doing all these. I've been doing all these chassis repairs, and uh, you know, in a perfect world, every single one of them would fire up the very first time. But I've got a couple that are in high voltage shutdown right now, and I've got to fix those. And you know, just this and that. I've learned. Uh, I've learned a few things about the Sanyo chassis as we go, and uh, you know, it's one of those things, man. You you don't truly understand understand how how intricate and how almost brilliant these machines were for their day until you're sitting there with a you know a monitor chassis flipped up in your face and you're you're testing continuity with your meter on you know going following all these traces on the chassis to say where did i mess up where do i have a solder bridge what's going on i looked you at know, those sanyos it's amazing i looked at those sanyos next to gl7 and i'm like oh Jeez. Well, and, you know, I'm not an engineer from that regard. No, but they're but always, they're so overly complex I, I, for what they, they are. But they do the same thing. I know. Te- I, I know. Mean, yeah, there's some niceties built into the circuit. There is. Of the Sanyo. Sure. But at the end of the day, I'm sitting there thinking, why? Yeah, and, and and for anybody who, who's who may not be into it at this level yet, the Sanyo that we're talking about, uh, it's the Sanyo Twenty EZ. This is the monitor that Nintendo uses in or used in the bulk, if not all. Atari of their, used them too. Uh, that's true. That's true. Atari did use them as well. Uh, and you know, Atari would actually uh, relicense a lot of Nintendo games, dude. My my Versus cabinet, uh, my Nintendo Versus cabinet is actually a uh, is actually a Sunnyvale Atari relicensed cabinet oh yeah yeah so it's got atari stickers you know, they on did it atari. too yes they did yeah. that's where yeah. um that's why I like a lot of those custom chips that are like in a in a galaga mm-hmm. it's the same series of chips it's in a pole position it's in a dig dug <laughs> isn't that something yeah if you pull a dig dug out you'll find those customs it, it's it's amazing for as proprietary as the different companies were how at least they did use you know at least they did you know share to some degree and, and i'm sure that the, the semiconductor manufacturers forced that on them you know as far as there's only so many packages out there that will do what mm-hmm. you know what they wanted it to do but nonetheless yeah so so the 20 ez uh, primarily used in in all Nintendo games. Uh, I, I don't, to be very honest, I'm, I can't really think of one a, a Nintendo title off the top of my head that doesn't use a twenty or some flavor or some, or some flavor of that chassis. So, and and, uh, and for everybody out there as well, you know, if you've worked on twenty EZs, you know that they're probably the mo- one of the most intricate chassis to work on. They've got a lot going on. They're they're fairly uh, they can be pretty brittle and and they can they're they're big and they're like flopsy I guess is a good way to say it because they're so heavily laden with components you have to be careful when you hold them you have to support them right because you can break traces on the chassis just by improper holding you know improper handling and everything but uh, like I say, you know, once you once you muscle your way through the Sanyos, you I, I feel like you've at least from a raster, you know, from a, a non-vector perspective, you've probably worked on the worst of them. I, no, I would getting think, them out of the, the most get, getting out of the frame is enough for me. I mean, <laughs> I, I, yes, I, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like 
how did they get that in yeah. there? They built the frame around it, but yeah, they they did. It, it's it's a struggle, but it, but you know, Brent, I've like I say, I've been working on Sanyo chassis, and everybody out there may say, well, Whitney, how long does it take you to cap ch- monitor chassis? And it's like it takes me a while. I'm pretty slow. I, I am. I'm very slow, very methodical, and especially when I've gotten something wrong, I I double down on it to try to figure out what's going on. So yes, it, it takes Whitney a while to work on his games, but uh, you know, it's fun. I love it, and it's it's one of the more rewarding parts of the hobby. One of the things that I have been doing, though, Brent, is uh, in in going through and, and looking through all the things that I've all, all the things that I've either created wrong on on the chassis after working on them, or just in you know just in uh, natural course of, of working on you know the different monitors that I have. One thing that I've that I've noticed, and I don't know if if the you know everybody out there listening is aware of this, but all of the Randy Fromm videos, okay, his entire video series is available on YouTube. No, I did not know. Yes, that. sir, buddy, it is, and I've got the link, and I'll put it in the show notes, and it'll be part of the uh, part of the post. Okay, the blog post for this episode, but everything that Randy Fromm has done is available on YouTube, and has been for about a year and a half to so, two years now. now. I'm, I'm looking over at, at our notes that you know that I don't have scribbled on paper, but Whitney has online. Yes, sir. And, and I was going to ask it. It actually has Randy Fromm in the URL. So oh, I'm yeah. assuming it, he it, posted. Oh, it, it's it's all his channel. It, it, huh. Now I can't tell you that it's Randy Fromm who did it but it surely looks like randy well, from who owns it who i remember owns the channel i remember when i started messing with videos yes and, you know there's the the famous randy from flow charts yeah and and rightfully so uh if he's, some, got, he's got a lot of yeah. intellectual property yeah, exactly up in that. rightfully yes. so if someone would post them he would kindly ask them to hey take them down I mean, it's a lot of work it's a lot of work that he put into those so uh at least I don't know, seven, eight years ago, he was actively policing that, yes, which I understand. Yes. And then there was a whole series of, of uh, I guess the best way to put it is quote unquote, clean flow charts. Yes. And basically it was Randy's flow chart, but it, it had the little caricature of him that was in the middle yeah. removed. Yes. You know, yeah. so, uh, um, yeah, that's just kind of interesting. I did not realize those yeah. were out right there. Well, and here's the thing. I cannot... I can. Are they like copies from the VHS oh, tapes? Oh, yes. Because I, yeah, I haven't yeah, seen... That, it. Well, and that's where I was going to go. I can neither confirm nor deny that it is his entire catalog, okay? I, I probably mistakenly said in my excitement a few seconds ago, or a, few, a minute or so ago, oh, hey, Brent, it's all out there. Well, it, it may not be all of it because I have not purchased the Randy Fromm set or nor have I ever seen a complete Randy Fromm set to know whether what's on there is what's on his channel is all of it but brent go out and take and, and everybody listening if you've got a passing interest in monitor repair classic you know classic arcade power supply repair what, what's considered like the linear power supplies the mm-hmm. older style power supplies or uh, well i, I want to say older style the original power mm-hmm. supplies for for a lot of the classic games um and uh and even you know and even beginning pcb repair you know the 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 circuit the printed circuit board repair or the the logic boards or the motherboards that are inside each one one of these games randy is randy is um is widely considered as someone who who has a lot of knowledge in that area and has shared a lot of it with a lot of people as well oh, absolutely i'm yes. have to go check that out I'm, yeah i'm but this is complete assumption on my part but um i'm wondering i, I want to say that the last i'd followed he where he was still teaching classes was basically at casinos. Mm-hmm. And, and you could actually enroll in those classes, yes. oh, fly yeah. out, could. and sit the classes. Oh, yeah, you could sit yeah. the class. But yeah. the, the, the majority of the classes that were that were occurring a few years ago were casinos because that was, and that may even still be the case. It's not like I travel casinos a lot. And I mean, I, I don't have the opportunity per se. But yeah. um, um, 
the last one I was, I'm trying to think, oh, geez, maybe a couple years ago down North Carolina around Pigeon Forge area. Okay. Not North Carolina. Um, Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. I got, I got my, the, the group I was with versus where I was going confused. <laughs> yeah, there's a, um, um, there's a, um, I was around Tennessee, Pigeon Forge. Um, there's an Indian reservation, visited a casino. They still had some video stuff, some tube stuff. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's just got to the point where Randy's moved on to more modern technology and said, Hey, look, I'm going to go ahead and kick the, you know, the, the, the kick it loose for the hobby out there because yeah. th- these folks, you know, the price point just isn't there. So I'm just oh, going to make it available. Randy. Uh, yes. And you bring up a very good point. I mean, for anyone who has looked into the Randy from series, one of the things that you immediately note is the amount of investment that it's going to take from you to get Randy's material. So, yeah. And it's, I mean, in the day and even today, I mean, it's, it's from what, just from what I've seen of it, it's worth it. But. It is, and I'm, I'm not. I'm not calling question to the value, of the content, or anything, because Randy has done a lot of work to produce that content, uh, and and to address such a wide variety of topics. So, you know, credit credit needs to be given where credit is due. But what's interesting is you go out on on, on that on Randy's YouTube channel, and the videos are which may or not, may or may not be associated with Randy Fromm. It may may or may not be, <laughs> but it is the Randy Fromm YouTube channel. So, but nonetheless, all of the videos are of VHS quality. So, so it looks like they are rips. You know, they they're just trans trans transfer recordings of what's on the VHS tapes into uh, digitized and then uploaded to YouTube because I was going through and watching a few of his videos just a, a couple of days ago and it's very hard to see the multimeter it's very hard to see what setting he puts it on it's very hard you know you, you can hear him talk and you you can follow based upon what you see but you're not getting the detail you know so it, the quality of them is pretty bad if you want to I mean let's, but probably still worth the view but, I'm prob- check but definitely out. worth the view there's no doubt just because the sheer quantity of videos that are out there and the breadth of topics that they cover mm-hmm. you you will invariably learn something and i would be surprised if anybody says that that they did not after watching it but but yeah brent so i thought that was interesting i just wanted to make note of it for the for the listenership and everybody uh, everybody out there that uh, yeah you can get access to that content outside of that man brent i've uh, you know i've been just been working on you know, compiling a lot of, you know, parts lists and, and things like that, that I, you know, if there's interest uh, from everybody out there, I, yeah, I'd be happy to, you know, upload some of those parts lists and where, you know, uh, monitor repair parts lists and, and, you know, vendors to order from up on the website. And, uh, and then on the pinball side, something that, uh, that I'm, I'm really pretty stoked about, man, is I, I just a, a week or so ago, I got in a really nice box from, uh, from Michael, uh, Michael Popo from Flipper Fidelity. Uh, and I hope that's how you say his last name. I'm, I'm basing it, uh, on, on how I read it, you know, phonetically, but, but Michael, uh, from Flipper Fidelity, uh, he, re- he sells, uh, speaker upgrade kits for pinball machines. And so I've, uh, I, I went in and, uh, purchased a, uh, a set a, sp- uh, a stern upgrade kit for my Tron as well as for my ACDC and I've not gotten an opportunity to install them yet but uh, I just wanted to go ahead and grab them and have them because Brent I don't know if 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 you're like me in this regard or people out there listening are like me in this regard I can't plan when I'm going to do a mod or I can't plan when I'm going to work on something so I want it there and and ready for me because if I get the urge to do something on a Friday night at 11 o'clock or 
or uh, you know a Sunday afternoon after things are kind of winding down. I mean, dude, I you know I want I, you know I want my inventory to be flush so that I can do anything I want to whenever I want to do I get it. A, I get a new toy like that, and you know I'd be lying to you if I told you I'd no, I'd not come home on a wor- on a work day weekday. You know, got to have to be up early for work the next morning, and I'm, yeah. I'm like. I just got, I've got to put that in. I've got you know, to put I've it, got no, to see what it does. I understand. But my thing is, is I've got monitors tore apart right now. Yeah. So I don't want to start something before I finished, before I finish something oh, else. Absolutely. So, and I'm bad enough about that as it is. And I freely admit it. So I'm, I'm having to police myself, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to get a couple things lined up. So, yeah. So my goal with the flipper fidelity systems is, uh, I'm going to take the, the, uh, the mobile version of the broken token podcasting studio set it up by one of the pinball machines either tron or acdc and you know if i get a you know if i kind of get a hair in the time i'll do them both but what i want to do is record and sample what the machine sounds like before the system is installed and like in my acdc right now i've got a powered sub in it so i'll so I'll record ACDC just stock, okay, as Stern delivered it, then with the powered sub turned on, and then I will then I want to install the flipper fidelity kit and then you know record the same gameplay or the same game segment and then I'll turn and then uh, potentially even hook the powered sub back up to the game and then get it with everything running. So that'd be like four K you know, four different scenarios where I capture that audio and then let everybody hear what the difference is because um you know acdc doesn't sound bad stock okay it doesn't the back box speakers stern's back box speakers i think are the weakest point of those machines at least from my perspective because yes i hear the game but i don't get but i but it doesn't have the fullness that i'm after okay and i'm admittedly i am an audiophile i and i and i will spend good money to get good sound i mean I, my home theater's that way you know i'm you know you're i'm investing in these you know sound systems for the pinball machines i want that i want that that aural experience when i'm playing okay i want it to sound as good and full and does do the stern games have loud as it can be do the stern games have headphone jacks on the my my two do not okay they they do not i know they they can be added with a kit okay like a stern kit or uh no a third a third party, a third party, a third kit. party okay. kit yeah but like uh like wizard of oz from jersey jack that's it has, what i'm thinking it of. has a headphone jack stock it's it's in the coin door okay where, where i was going was if you if you could put a set of headphones in it and listen to something that's not been routed through whatever an inexpensive yes, you know yes. arcade quality amp and speaker set is is the source material there well and and i'll tell you what when we get into the deep dive segment here coming up brent uh i've got a um I, i've got a uh, thread on Pinside that I want to talk about uh, about dissecting some of the ROMs from uh, from Stern, and so the quality uh, the quality appears to be there on the source material. Yeah, but we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, hey, I think a few space minutes. for I think space for audio is not near the problem that it was even no, no, five, no, no. ten years, no, it, ten, it, let alone five years ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, 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 yeah, Brent, so I've got those and I'm, I'm anxious to get those installed. It may be a month or two before I've got, you know, a finished product that, that we can, that we can refer back to here on the podcast. But uh, that is the goal. I, I want to make, I want to do the install. Yes. But I also want to be able to tell a story by doing the install as well and, and realize the value of, of, you know, where it started versus, versus is what it what it has produced have so. they uh, um i haven't looked at this I, i'm aware of flipper fidelity yeah 
There's um, also Pinball Pro as well. That's that's oh, another yeah. vendor that that sells the, the ready-to-made kits, or I'm sorry, ready-made kits that are that are just straight straight ready for install as soon as you pull them out of the box. Plan on spending about $150 per kit. From the price, either, from the price vendor. doesn't seem to. And yeah, from pictures that I've seen, and this kind of even goes back to how the audio comes off of the game board yeah the the flipper fidelity guys you'll see little satellite boards off of like they, they the have, bottom ca- they, which they is have, they a have crossover cross, they have crossovers assume. yes they have crossovers uh added to the added to the sound circuit and it's right there on like the sub you know the, so, so you're optimizing the speaker for you're optimizing the sound rather for this for the speaker you know? yes yes exactly so so you're ensuring that the proper frequencies are getting to the proper speaker right yeah so it, so in effect you should have a better sounding game because should, of that i'm wanting to say no the, the, i'm not an audiophile but like in, well, in a lot of games I, I i think i am my ears tell yeah. me i am <laughs> and i certainly pay for stuff like i am but who knows if i really am or not well, and, you know a lot of the um in a lot of the multi-speaker games, you know, you'll see caps that are on the back of the speakers, which is kind of the poor man's uh, crossover, if you will. Yes, it's basically yeah. like a bandpass type of a deal. Yes, exactly. I think I want to say, and this is the, no hate mail, please. <laughs> um, but feel free to correct and feel free to oh, you yeah. know, offer, offer material. Yes, you know, yeah. you're you're talking. You, we, it's impossible for us to be even halfway right about yeah everything. About everything. Yes. So you're talking. You're. I think they want to call that a passive crossover or situation where basically you're using the value of the cap to cut the uh cut the the portion of the signal that gets to the speaker so that basically if you got a tweeter you're not sending it full range exactly but in this case they've got active crossovers yes you know the a lot of games all the full the full sound the full spectrum goes to all speakers yeah so you know they've got a crossover on the speaker and then it it deals with cutting out exactly what works best for that speaker yeah, so, I mean, so, so that the sub is only getting the very the very low end of the mm-hmm. frequency range and the back box speakers are are well i've not i mean i'm not put a meter on it or anything but i think it's safe to assume the back box speakers are getting the mids and the highs you yep. know because there, there's no center channel or like in a home theater setup where you have a dedicated you know a dedicated center channel that is used for all of your 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 mid-range and like the vocals and everything like that i think all that stuff's routed through the back box i have to look at their site you know i know they do stern and i think they do wpc games yeah i'm not sure i i'm gonna assume do you know if they do data east since data east is kind I, of a you common know, it, you know I've, I've looked and i did not see data east okay. on the site when when i made my order okay now that's not to say that that it's not well, that's there, not what you were but, looking for yeah but it wasn't what i was looking for either but but michael on flipper fidelity's website he covers a lot of stern games and like you say the wc the wpc games as well now pin Ball Pro, I don't, I, I don't know because I did not order from them. I, you know, I looked at their, I looked at their, their, um, their product. It looked good. I think it was really kind of a coin toss between which one, you know, which one got my business. And you know, I just went with Flipper Fidelity based upon some other reviews that I'd heard on some other podcasts. Actually, I'd yeah. like to hear how they sound. Yeah, how they turn out. Yeah, so so it it should be fun when it's all said and done. But yeah, Brent, that's that's what I've had going on this month, and uh, you know, hopefully, I'm not repairing monitors next month, but I probably will be. <laughs> well, I'm going to be repairing some this month myself. Yeah, so. right on. All right, well, that sounds good, Brent. How about uh, how about let's go ahead and uh, move on with the show and hop into the deep dives. All right, sounds good. All right. All right, Whitney. So, 
let's take a little time here to kind of do one of our hopefully soon to be world famous deep dive segments. Yes, man, they're fun, dude. I what I I mean, I hope everybody has a good time listening to them. I have a good time preparing for them because I, I think it's I think it's neat just to kind of delve into uh, delve into a topic that's you know that's relevant to the hobby and cover both vi- you know video and pinball at the same time. Well, after you said that, here's where I'm going to completely throw that. Com- right off the rails. All right. Dude, we, need, we need like a monkey wrench sound effect. So hopefully, hopefully something like that'll show up. And, and the reason being is, is I actually reached out to the person that, that, that owns the company that I wanted to at least bring to everyone's attention uh-huh. and time and, and just, you know, everyday life and all that kind of commitments, and, the, commitments and everything oh, yeah. kind of got in the way so i wasn't able to fully gather all the information that i would like to have gathered but okay. it, it is what it is i've, I've kind of got enough going uh, going for me right now to at least talk a little bit about uh the spooky pinball company and that's cool because if if you're going to go uh if you're going to go with this where i think you're going to go with this there is a very interesting story behind uh, behind charlie and what he does and how he does oh it. Yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah so uh charlie and his wife kt yes. run a spooky pinball you can yeah. find them at spooky pinball.com yeah uh they also have a uh, a nice podcast in their oh, own it's, right it's, it's a great podcast. it's a great podcast it's a great podcast you almost you really need to grab the entire back catalog of their podcast and start it start it episode one if you can get it and work your work your entire way through because it, it weaves almost like a story. You yeah. know, it really does. With with the people that they know and that they work with and you know, the events they go to, it's it, it's got it, it's nice. It's got a little bit of a soap opera type of, of effect going yep. on because you they can, have some reoccurring type it, segments, some reoccurring and segments and stuff. Some it reoccurring is. personalities. Uh, it, it's a family endeavor. They've got a, yes. a a couple kiddos, and they get those, they get them involved in the podcast, and yeah. um, you, they keep you, it clean. They keep it clean and, and, and very enjoyable at the same time. Uh, I know you'd you'd uh, in this episode you've spoken about Flipper Fidelity. Mm-hmm. They do they do some work with Flipper Fidelity, and I want to okay. say that one of the recent episodes the kids wrote and produced their own commercial for yep. Flipper Fidelity. Yep. So uh, yeah, um, bug and squirrel. Yeah, bug and squirrel. Yeah, bug and squirrel. Yep. So Charlie, okay, and and I admit I haven't gone through the entire back catalog. So okay. you know I've listened to him through the course of the summer. I've caught, okay. I've caught probably just just under a year's worth of episodes. So okay. kind of see what they're all about, get yeah. get to know them. And Charlie originally was a printer by trade, uh-huh. and I was kind of trying to figure out what he did. You know, did you print um, signs? Did you print some kind of you know? Did you specialize somewhere? You know, what what did you do? Something industrial? What? Yeah. Regardless, he was a printer by trade, and kind of in his own words, he turned around and said, "Hey, look, I'm going to quit my day job and I'm going to start a pinball company." Okay, and that's what he's done. It's American dream. American dream. That's right. And whether it's duck calls or pinballs, <laughs> man, it, it, pinball machines, it's American duck dream. Duck calls or pinballs. Uh huh. That's right. So one of the interesting things that he's done with this is and i'm a little unsure on the timing so you know i apologize if i get some of the things off but the you know i think i got my facts down in that uh charlie and his company spooky pinball uh they're the company that that printed the play fields for jersey jack and wizard of oz and the cabinets from what i understand as well and that, that was one of the things i was trying to nail down um yeah. in, in my questions i wasn't sure if if he just did the play fields or if he also you know did some additional artwork as so, i understand it the, it's it's the cabinet and the play he field. did the cabinet and the play field yes so if anything, you know Charlie's looking to produce his own pinballs, and okay. I, and, and I've kind of got a little of the background on that stuff that I picked up from the site and listened to podcast, and 
Um, he, if anything, that tells me, you know, I've played Wizard of Oz a few times. I've seen them. Yep. I, I haven't studied the cabinet under good light. You know, it's it's been in an expo or somewhere yeah. where I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, well, we don't have access. To you don't one. have access to it, one. We yeah. just don't have access to one. Yeah, right I've, I've seen. I saw the. Yeah. I've seen one in March. Last one I saw was in March. Uh huh. At the, at the probably same one. Little arcade expo. Yes. And when we do the expo here, we you know we he, they turn the lights down and it's like an arcade. It so is. you know I I couldn't I didn't have the opportunity to go over and study it under full the full bore lights, but it was beautiful. It's, it's pretty. beautiful. Yes, the play field is pretty. Yes, and you know he, he that doing what he has done with Wizard of Oz and, and the work that has gone into to producing that game. Uh-huh. And, and first thing I think the first thing honestly the first thing I thought of. Uh, knowing of Stern and then hearing Jersey Jack come up and um, I, I, I've been around long enough to remember the first hints of someone's got the Wizard of Oz mm-hmm. license and then the first released pictures of what the artwork is going to start to look like Yeah, and then I, I'm thinking how is that going to work in terms of you've got some companies that have all of this experience how to make that wooden plank last in this environment mm-hmm. And then you've got someone that, you know, go, go for it. If you want to, that's the American dream. If you want a business, you want to do it, you can do it, do mm-hmm. it. Yes. But I was just thinking how, how in the world, cause you, you know, you don't have that much experience, quote unquote, to draw on. Yeah. Um, but apparently they figured it out. Yeah. You know, they, and, what they, and what they figured out looks amazing. It looks amazing. And I, yes. I've seen, I've seen the bare play fields, um, you know, modern technology with clear coding and the like, it's. It's, it's it's a far cry from the way it, well, back in the day when you know there was a couple Williams games. Uh, um, I'm trying to think, what was the dirt bike game that had the vertical play field on the back? Bonsai Run. Mm. I think there's some bonsai there's some bonsai runs out there that you know you tilt the play field up and there's su- such and such written on it, and that was a sample play field where they were testing new new technology oh, to, wow. to steal the play field you okay. know right. and and don't hold me to this but you know did they th- make that did they make them out did they make it out the door i mean were yeah, they yes okay. yes and it All was right. like and, and i can't remember the specifics and what ended up where if it was early production run or what but okay. you know it was kind of like the evolution of my guess is what eventually become the diamond plate trademark you yeah know? okay we, we've got this new material or this material that's new to us and mm-hmm. we're going to try it in our environment okay so i know bonds i run they're that was one i think there was a few other games out there where uh it's a quote-unquote deal you know oh i want that play field versus this one and you yeah. have to lift it and look for the mark that's the definite way to tell which cover coatings on it so anyway yeah. okay you know far cry from from then you know we've got some proven stuff and some new stuff out there but so anyway yeah he pro he uh charlie printed charlie's company printed the wizard of oz play field and it sounds like perhaps the cabinet as well mm-hmm. so yeah um and he's looking to do his own games. Okay. So he's working a game of his own, and I believe it's called Pinball Zombies from Beyond the Grave. Okay. And if you if you listen to Charlie's pin, uh, podcast, and of course, Spooky Pinball, uh-huh. he he uh, he's kind of one of, I don't know what you'd call the genre, but he likes the old horror films, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it that That's just one of his, one of the things that he enjoys, and so it like the video games or whatever that that's our hobby or it permeates through other things that he does in life. So yeah. his, his direction with his game was a little different than some of the other direction, the direction that some of the other folks take he's developing at his own pace. Uh-huh. He's doing his own thing. 
he's doing it with his own money. Okay. He's not taking any down payments. Okay. Uh, as such, he's also not really releasing a lot of info and, um, he's not giving any deadlines. Okay. So, you know, he's not, um, he's not trying to, uh, over promise or, or compete or sounds to me like, or compete at the same level and against the same set of rules as a Stern or a Jersey Jackwood or something like that. So it sounds like the same business, but done in a different manner. In a different manner. Yes. Well, Stern, you know, they've got the, they've got the, the, the capital to produce a game. You know, they can say, here comes Star Trek and they can start showing, they can produce a a video even and put it online. And, you know, they've got it down to a degree where they know what roughly it's going to take to put it in production, get it out the door, do their, you know, even do their white woods. And, you know, I've got guys here to do the mechanics and I've got a, a, a shelf full of parts that I can pick from and maybe only have to make two or three unique parts per game under the play field. You know, Stern's got that. Now, one thing, Brent, before you go on, I, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but I'm going to, when you mentioned Whitewoods, could you kind of explain what you mean by that? Well, white for, for anybody who might not know kind of how, how pinball machines are designed, what, what is the Whitewood? The Whitewood is a physical mock-up of the play field. Okay. So the designer lays the game out, you know, uh, 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 however they do it, I assume old school it was paper. You know, okay. modern schools probably. Uh, I do paper. I'd probably still do paper in <laughs> 2013. Um, but at some point in time, you have it's to a tra- handy me notebook, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> at some point in time, you have to transition that yeah. to the physical world. Yeah. So the Whitewood is a blank playfield with with things laid out on it to represent what you have drawn to see how they to see how they work yeah from what i understand it's shot complete though correct i mean you you can go through you can play the whitewood as as you would play the the actual play field itself it, it's 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 design it's it's used for design complete work and and they're seeing how you know they're seeing how the shots flow and everything yeah. like that because i've seen videos from stern where where they are obviously playing the whitewood you know now, it, now, the whitewoods i would presume would change if mm-hmm. once you get it on paper once you get it from paper to physical medium yeah and it well this doesn't work like i like i exactly, thought it would exactly. work exactly then, then you've got something for yeah. reference to go back to yeah. the drawing board yeah, yeah. but the okay. intention is is it's physical representation so you can actually play the game okay, instead cool. just visualize yeah okay excellent thank you so um hand in hand with this there's a gentleman out there by the name of ben heckendorn everyone knows him as ben heck yeah and ben heck is kind of uh like an everyday kind of hacker guy okay he 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 likes to modify he likes to change things he likes to make his own things and he in my opinion has a a tilt toward uh gaming okay so ben has a lot of stuff out uh quick google search youtube search you know out there he's got youtube channels and his own website and um he's known for taking classic classic home console games and making portable versions of them yeah like the atari 2600 atari 2600 and he he's a big modder notoriety for that yeah he's a big a big modder okay and he and he and he does original stuff you know but then he'll take he'll take his talents of being able to uh design from electronic perspective and his mods will go the next hot, next level higher, okay. you know, because he's he's got the ability. So, what Ben did several years ago is, my understanding is, he wanted to see if he could make a pinball machine. Okay. So he started making a pinball machine, and of all things, the theme is Bill Paxton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
uh, I'm sure we'll dig up a link to it and put it in the show notes, but the bill, <laughs> the bill Paxton pinball, uh, bill Paxton pinball. Yep. And it's, it's little bits and pieces from bill Paxton movies. And, um, like one side of it is, uh, uh, him and the Corvette from, uh, uh, what was the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where they were the spy, to, um, Oh, oh I just went I blank know. on I'm that one. Blank. So, you know, there's, there's, there's the, the game is peppered with Bill Paxton references and okay. he, he, he built the game just to see if he could do the game. Okay. And that's what he did. So he starts to design another game and it, it, it has had various names and the name that it's settled on now is America's most haunted. Okay. So it was Spooky's rolling along and Ben's game is farther along than Charlie's. So as it sits now, they're going to produce Ben's game first while Charlie's continuing to work on his. Okay. So, um, and I, I've seen videos of the game. They they were working on some programming here recently. They've they put some uh, put some more videos up as they were working on the wizard mode. They were getting it ready to go to the Pinball Expo in Chicago, which uh, occurred recently okay. in relation to the this recording. So, I mean, the gist of the game is is uh, uh, you've got a ghost that's kind of in the center, the centerpiece toy of the game. And there's a, a what looks to be a staircase, which is a, a kind of a tall ramp, and what looks to be like an elevator, which is a ramp on the other side of the game. Um, and you have to... True Lies was the name of the movie. Yeah, True Lies. So, that, that's what he was in. I didn't realize he was in True Lies. Yeah, he was... I only remember Jamie Lee Curtis. Well, he was the guy that Jamie Lee Curtis worked with, and he had her thinking he was a spy. Oh, I see. And all he was like a busboy. Okay, I, I probably and I all this, obviously need to go yeah, watch True yeah. Lies again. And, and all this time, you know, she's married to the real spy, exactly. which is Schwarzenegger. Yeah, but okay, got it. Okay, got it. Thank you. Yep. So, uh, um, so I mean, from what I can see, the game it's pretty cool. Um, uh, the, the gist of the game is is there's a couple settings. They've got voices recorded to match the settings. Like one of them is a bar. I think one is an old house. Uh, there's four or five quote unquote settings and each are haunted by a ghost. So okay. you have to complete a series of whatever shots to defeat the ghost that's in that particular setting. Okay. And then that puts you into the wizard mode where all heck breaks loose. And the idea is, is there's a, there's a, if memory serves, like a horseshoe shaped target under the pedestal that the ghost is in and um to get basically the wizard mode to pay out you've got to hit within that target so many times within you know a, a given period of time so there's a countdown okay so um so they're working through the game that okay. looks like the game that they're going to end up producing okay yeah because i from what i understand i, I was uh I was watching Twitter and everything leading up to the Chicago Pinball Expo, and I saw, I even saw Ben Ben Heck, you know, tweeting where he was working on the code as he was traveling, you know, to the Pinball Expo. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm, I'm sure that, from what I understand, there was a lot of boutique pinballs, uh, pinball yep. machines that were that were shown at the expo. I wish we could have gone, but this year just didn't work. Yeah, I did get word from some folks that went that a lot of your, you know, it's attended by a lot of your known designers. Richie, mm-hmm. I think Richie was there this year. And I did see George Gomez there. I Gomez. Saw a picture of Gomez there. Yes, was he? Yeah. And um, apparently, um, Spooky slash Heck came uh-huh. up quite often. Okay. Well, good. So, good for them. I'm glad to hear um, that. I know they've got a, a, a association with a couple of the, of the the designers that were you know deep in deep in the industry back in the day. Yeah. So. 
Um, seems like they've got a good direction. They've already got some experience under their under their belt. They, you yeah. know, they've got facility to uh, obviously take care of the artwork, and it's looking like to take care of the mechanics. Yeah. Um, from what I can see, the game. Uh, don't hold me to this. I think they're going to do full LED. Could okay. be wrong. I know yeah. they're doing like in the ghost ghost toy on American America's Most Haunted. They're doing a um, and I always get this wrong. A R gb uh-huh. i always want to say it wrong they, they've got you know they're doing rgb led so they could do multicolor. i think they're doing change, yeah they change, can change color change colors, they can change color, color changing LEDs, and it, you know yeah. it fits the mode in the yeah. case of this game they're doing uh like some cabinet gi type lighting with led um i want to say when you were talking about flipper fidelity earlier mm-hmm. um spooky has a relationship with flipper fidelity they sponsor their podcast uh, the Broken Token podcast is not associated with Flipper Fidelity. No. <laughs> or Spooky Pinball. Or Spooky Pinball. Yeah. Um, but it, it, they're interesting topics, so we'll talk yeah. about them. Yeah. So um, I believe that they're even going to do Flipper Fidelity speakers right out of the box oh, in their man, games. That's what awesome. they're looking at doing. Yeah, you know, they're going to awesome. They're going to hit it. They're going to try to hit it uh, uh, right. Yeah. Now, uh, they haven't talked about price. Okay. Um, there's no lists for, or it's not not like a pre-purchase list. They okay. do maintain a list of, hey, I want I, I want to be notified. I'm interested. Okay. Uh, you're not committed to buy. Uh huh. It's just an email, you know, uh, to Spooky Pinball, and they'll throw you on the list and kind of keep you a little tighter in the loop. Was there any indication on how many they're going to produce? They have not indicated price or volume. Okay, I understood. Now, I I want to say that in one of the the podcasts. They have they have stressed that they want to stay really affordable. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, what are you at a was? You're eight and a half, probably. Yeah, I and mean, what's Stern? Stern e- easy, easy eight anyway. Yeah, Stern just went up a hundred to two hundred with Star Trek, didn't they? So they're still yes. in the what upper sevens? Yeah, for for the LE models. Yes. So. Yep. Um, now I don't. The, the, like anything else, you know, definitions vary. So I'm not sure what their price point's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, nonetheless, I, I really, I, I've, I've really, they've caught my interest, and yeah. I've kind of kept an eye on 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 what they've kind of got going on. I've asked to be on the list. I'm going to see what's you know, yeah, as it gets closer to release. Yeah, um, we'll touch on this on the aspect of this. I think a little later in the podcast, but I do know they're doing. Uh, um, at least from the stuff they got on their Facebook page, they're doing full wire harness under Playfield. Okay. Um, now, what I don't know is I'd kind of like to know what their mechanics are based on. Okay. You know, are they are they based on old William stuff? Are they? Um, I think was there's some rights in there for at, for the Williams for the Williams equipment. That is correct. Yes. So that may be something they've been able to. This is pure pure conjecture. They may be able to gain that from part of their relationship with Jersey Jack, but. Yeah. You know, I think down the road, yeah, it's brand new today. That's cool. But um, in two or three years, when when I want to rebuild the flippers or I want to do something, am, am I kind of am I going to be able in a, to buy the parts? Yeah, I got to be able to buy the parts. That's right. And if they produced, you know, five hundred of this game and five hundred of that game, and then for whatever reason they're not producing anymore or whatever, you know, you're kind of in a lurch. So. I kind of, kind of like to keep an eye. There's a tip. There, there's a tip for you. Keep yeah. an eye out for replacement parts. Yes, always, and, and maintain some type of inventory. Of yeah, them maintain as well. some kind of inventory. Because, so, like I was saying earlier in the podcast, uh, you know, on a Sunday afternoon, you don't want to. If you've got to fix a game or something, something goes down, you don't want to have to wait another week on on an order to come in. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so that, go ahead. Wayne. I was just going to say it'd be it'd be great to get Charlie on the show. Uh, in in some of the correspondence I've had with Charlie, he's asked about, hey, look, can we just come on and do an interview? And oh, cool. Um, so he's definitely open to it. Okay. And uh, I, I don't know when we could work that out. I'm thinking it's probably going to be sometime after the holidays. Oh, awesome. But uh, um, uh, I'm real. I'm thinking that we could do. <clears throat> pardon me. I'm thinking that we could do that. I'd I'd like to have him on, talk to him. You know. Uh, uh, see see where he's sitting right now. Yeah. Maybe get a better idea of their plan. Um, I, I think that they're going to get close to giving p- folks an idea of the price. When I asked to be put on their contact list, I, I, I said, hey, you know, I, I'm not 100% able to keep up with everything every, you know, every moment of the day. And I, yeah. I said, if you all release price yet, and the word I got back, I, I'll get the wording inc- incorrect. But the wording I got back was we we're very close, basically. So. Oh, well, Hopefully that'll come out soon. Well, it gives us something good to look forward to, and and I'm sure, uh, I'm sure you know, all of our listeners would love to hear, love to hear from Charlie and hear you know what what he and Ben are working on. So yeah. I'm sure he's tied up because I'm I'm uh, he's doing the Hobbit as well. You know, I've heard him talk about in the podcast. Yep. You know, we've seen some of the art, the art showing up. Yep. You know, I think Jack's going to you know put put the next iteration of the art out on the internet so folks can see what it's going to look like oh, so. and, and i'm sure it's going to look good the, the only thing that i wanted uh you know to add on to this brent is there is a uh, if you're interested in seeing some of the artwork on the wizard of oz up close there is a unboxing video of a of a brand new was uh on youtube and it's uh uh, a fellow podcaster, uh, John Jacobson, Black Dog Seven, uh, on his YouTube channel, he has a, a friend of his who um, who had purchased a was as part of the pre-order. Okay, from, from probably back in I guess maybe 2011, which is when you know which is when um, the, the pre-order was announced for you know for Wizard of Oz. I didn't realize it was that long. Ago. Yeah, yeah, I think it is 2011. If if memory if my memory uh, serves me correctly, but uh, nonetheless, uh, John's friend had um had gotten in uh one of the uh the emerald city limited edition uh wizard of oz's and uh john did a real good job of you know of filming the unboxing in the setup and one thing that i thought was really interesting about that video is that they uh john's camera work caught the finish of the cabinet very well oh did it yes it did and and it highlighted um just how just how tough the finish of the cabinet is uh brent it looks like that cabinet has got three layers of automotive clear coat on the cabinet is not it, just the play field but the cabinet itself it looked like it could take a hammer hit from a ball peen and uh, of course it would damage it okay there's there's, there's, there's i'm not going to say <laughs> it, it looks wouldn't. stout it looks stout i'm not going to say it wouldn't all i'm all i'm getting at it, the euphemism in this is it looks pretty it looks pretty strong buddy yeah it looks good so Charlie, uh, you know, <laughs> good work. Yeah, <laughs> good work. Yeah, it looks awesome. So you know, I, I'm I'm kind of keeping tabs on on Spooky and awesome. Uh, I look forward to hearing your I, updates. I would suggest folks out there check them out. Check out their podcast. They're just good people. Yeah, they're man. great people. They're just good people, and that's one thing that I've been able to to ascertain from listening to the podcast. I mean, it's family. You know, family owned, family run. Just uh, you know, just the, the kind of people you'd like to be associated with. Man, we're rolling. We're rolling pinball heavy on this episode, it's, aren't we? It's awesome, man. And, and and on my part, we're of video guys. guys. I've got all kinds of pinball to we're, talk about. We're video guys 
podcast too. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. we promise we are. Don't don't get us wrong. You know, <laughs> once I get once I get the the pinball out of my shop and I go back to video, then that that'll be my Mead notebook. Will be the infamous Mead notebook. Will yes. be uh, in the shop with me, and I will be writing notes and ideas down about what video game thing that I dislike this week. Man, so. dude, I'm going to get a picture of the Mead Notebook and use it as like the <laughs> banner for the blog post for the episode. It'll, it'll be awesome. It'll, 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 it'll take on a life of it, its own. It Don't worry about that. It's an infamy, infamy in the digital yes, world. That's so, right. Now, I, look, looking forward to hearing hearing what, uh, what, what we dig up about, you know, about the guys over at Spooky Pinball because they're doing something that I think is uh, unique and it's commendable in today in, in today's age is that they're striking out they're they're taking a little bit of the road less traveled mm-hmm. they're following the american dream but they're also doing what they love to do absolutely and, and that's you know something that's props I, in my they, book. I, I agree i mean they love what they do you know yeah. so the next thing i wanted to talk about is uh, uh speaking of pinball but this you know this translates over the video game world I've used a new tool as part of the work I've been doing on the uh, the uh, Dirty Harry that's sitting here in the shop behind me, which okay. is a media tumbler. All right. And, you know, if you you see folks out there on Pinside and some of the other forums and probably on or Cloth. DVAs. Oh, yeah, I've seen Cloth. it on Cloth as well. You know, they, the, you know, we'll talk about media tumblers. It doesn't yep. seem to come up as often as a lot of stuff, but... It's a good tool to have. I love mine. Well, yeah, I've, I've discovered that you've got one as yes, well. Yes, sir, so buddy. What I ended up doing... I. I think we hit Harbor Freight pretty hard on the last episode. And, Love yeah, me some Harbor Freight, you know, man. The Broken Token Podcast is not associated with Harbor Freight. <laughs> <laughs> I think, but I will work for 20% off I, coupons. I, I <laughs> so I said, look, I'm going to give this thing a shot. I'm going to see, see if it's worth see if it's worth the trouble and the time. Okay. And, you know, because I, I tend to just take the hardware that, that really needs it and i'll go out and i'll i've got a wire wheel on a bench grinder and i'll spin it and you know zip 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 clean clean stuff off so and and i've been i'll I'll admit i've been pretty fortunate in at least the pins that i've done uh you know you in videos you've got a fair amount of bolts Mm -hmm. but i mean yeah you around the coin door if you've got any exposed on the control panel you got to zip them off or i tell you what i do here's a tip sandpaper works good too here's a tip for a lot of people take a cordless drill Mm mm-hmm chuck up uh your carriage bolt in the drill yeah put sandpaper in the palm of your hand and just run it <laughs> right in the palm of your hand and it'll zip, it'll zip the rust it, it, right it off does of all it. the work for you it does it, all the work it, for it, you and just just go with like a, a good heavy grit sandpaper like a 60 or an 80 or something like that i mean you can clean up some serious stuff yeah, really oh yeah. quick I, I, yep. i've done it a, a blue million times <laughs> oh I, I did it for um I've got a I've got a um, an HUO what's called a, a home use only super pack man, and so I was uh, redoing all the all the bolts in the um, coin door and for the control panel and the uh, in, in the kick plate and everything on it and man dude I did exactly what you're mm-hmm. talking about I zipped them all with uh, with the drill on sandpaper got yep. them all nice and shiny then primed them and painted them and man I, nothing makes a game look good like black bolts you yeah. know like the proper colored bolts I, I tell you what i like to you know uh but here we're gonna fork off yeah but i like to sorry use that's too. my fault yeah in terms of paint here's a here's a little tip yeah. um it, you know my history is i'm kind of a car guy I, yeah. i've i've messed with cars shown cars since i was 17 years old so turn my own wrenches as much as possible i like to use it's a little bit more expensive but i go into an auto parts store and i will get high heat engine paint Okay. And in my experience, it it 
covers better okay. and it, it's much more durable mm-hmm. than even a quality, you know, normal Rust-Oleum every, or, Rust-Oleum or type whatever. Paint. Yeah. That's what I I like to use is high heat engine paint. Well, one thing I'll add to that, Brent, is I've not gone down the road of using the high heat engine paint, but I have found that a lot of my success is in how it's primed. Prepped and primed. And prepped and primed. Now, I've seen YouTube videos where people use a uh, primer plus a paint all in one. I have never been able to make that work out to my satisfaction. Okay, it still captures bubbles. It, it just it doesn't. For me, it, it's I've just not been able to get the finish that I'm after with mm-hmm. that. But I did have um, a, a friend of mine uh, from several years back introduce me to a primer called UPOL, just U-P-O-L. And I'll, I'll find it and I'll stick it in the show notes. And UPOL is what's called an acid etching primer. And what it does is if you can rough the surface of, of your metal up, then UPOL will fill in all the gaps. And when it dries... It actually bonds to the metal and the roughness of the metal, and then it dries as like a candy shell. Now, it doesn't have the sheen to it, okay, but it's hard... And and it and it has that that it has a little bit of a matte finish to it, but you can feel of it, and it's as smooth as glass. It's almost like that primer. Uh, it, it almost goes down as like a, when, once it huh. dries, it's almost like its own substrate on top of the metal mm-hmm. itself. Not a coating, but but something that actually bonds into the metal. And I, I use it for all of my bolt work and uh, like bracket work and everything like that. And, and man, I'll tell you what, it's it's really good stuff, dude. Well, I have so to look it, at that. Did, didn't mean to segue, but, well, usually, but it has worked so well for me. I'm a big believer you, in it. Usually what I do is uh, um, I will use the primer from the same manufacturer. Okay. So, you know, it's plastic coat is one or uh, um, uh, is one of the manufacturers of uh, common manufacturers of high heat engine paint. So I'll use plastic coat primer. Okay. Or, you know, whoever whoever's paint I'm using. That's what I tend to do. Okay. I've not heard of the UPOL stuff. Yeah, so. yeah no, I'll, like I say, I'll definitely include a link in, in the show notes and uh, on the blog post because it's really good stuff. I'll take a picture of the can so that everybody can see exactly what to go get. It's a little expensive. I, fi- I find it at CarQuest. If you have a CarQuest local to you, that's where I've okay. always been able to find it. Uh, it is it is worth every penny that well, it costs. I'll have to try that. Yes, sir. It's good stuff. So anyway. Yeah. Media Tumblr. Yeah. So I decided to uh, venture off to Harbor Freight and okay. pick up a media tumbler. All right. Uh, local Harbor Freight didn't was was out of stock. So in looking around online, I was looking for the quote unquote five five pound model, which is kind of your. I, I'm sure you can get them smaller. Yeah. But you it's know, kinda it's like your standard. It's kind of like your standard size. It's and what size it, I have as and, well. And when I'm saying tumbler, I'm not talking like uh, like a rock tumbler where it looks more like a barrel mm-hmm. and it literally just rolls. Mm-hmm. The media tumblers um, are, are, vibra- are like an, vibratory yeah, tumblers. Vibratory, it's like an agitator. Exactly. Yeah. It, the the shape of it is like a mushroom. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we'll put a link in the show notes to yeah. the to like the Harbor Freight model. So. Yeah. I decided I'll give the Harbor Freight one a, a swing and, and yeah. looking around and doing some research, um, everything kind of in that class for the most part tended to be in the same price range and based on picture online, they all seemed to be, if they weren't the exact same thing with a different name on them, okay. they looked of a similar build quality. Okay. So I thought, you know, Harbor Freight. I'll, I'll give it a swing, and uh, if if I have a problem with it here in in the warranty period, I'll take it back, and it'll be a lesson learned. Okay. Or maybe I'll step up. So one thing I will say while I'm thinking of it, some of the tumblers out there, and probably um, 
probably more for on the reloader, the ammunition reloader side. The lids on the tumblers aren't solid. There's just kind of a, it's just almost like a open slatted type of a deal to keep something from hopping out per se. Okay. For what we're doing, you don't want that. No, you have to have a solid top. You have to have a solid with, top. With a rubber gasket. Yeah, with a gasket. <laughs> because yes. it will, when you get media in there and you get uh, the fine media that we will be using and the mm-hmm. run times that we would typically run to clean yeah. bolts, whether it's control panel bolts or coin door bolts or coin door parts yeah. or um, the whole myriad of pinball machine parts. Yeah the the media will will powder and you'll yeah. it'll fill the room with dust well and, and i made the cardinal mistake of running my media tumbler downstairs in my workroom for like the first three or four days that i had it and i put a fine layer of dust over my computer over over lots of things that i that i didn't really intend i didn't expect that to happen you know Does your, is yours kind of open style top or no, is it? no it doesn't but where i was running it i was running it on on like a foam pad and mm-hmm. it was because i was running it fairly close to to what i noticed the <laughs> what i noticed the dust on you know so it, it's it's one of those things um i i run mine out in my garage now mm-hmm. and so i've i've got it set up in the corner of my garage on a foam pad and I can just let it run for 24 hours a day and and it doesn't doesn't hurt a thing so yeah well, just a, a quick tip there you will get you will get dust wherever this thing is sitting you know, that's at. kind of interesting what Whitney and I, I when I first brought this up to what he said do you have a tumbler and we've come into this a couple times where we can't talk about anything because we want to talk about it here yes you yes. know so we we don't want to spoil it, so to speak. Exactly. You know, it keeps, yeah. It keeps it real. It keeps it real. I, I run mine in the laundry room, literally feet from where I'm at. Okay. And the the particular one that I've got, and I I was fearful of that. So the first time I did it, I let it run for a little bit, and I come down and checked. Okay. I haven't had a dusting problem. Well, see, in, in mine. Okay. Now I bought mine. From, I, I bought mine from Eastwood. Okay. So I, I've got an Eastwood tumbler, and I don't think you know dollar for dollar we've really got that big of a difference between our tumblers for what we probably paid. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it's not like I bought a top of the line unit or anything. You know, I, I just had to get my feet wet. You know, with this. <laughs> and that's and kinda, what I was. Look, that's why I thought kinda Harbor Freight. Hard, yeah, exactly. And, and see where this goes. So um, I think with mine, probably didn't have the lid on tight enough, and uh, and in just kind of learning how to use it a little mm-hmm. bit, I was probably a little. Um, I did start mine in the garage. Yes, I was probably a little sloppy with the media to start out with, mm-hmm. not realizing the extent of what it will turn into after usage. I actually read the manual to see yeah. how much to put in it. Yeah, good. You no, know. it's good because you, you do need to because the media will beat itself apart over Absolutely. time. Yes. So the media I went with, it's, it seemed like the, the general consensus for what I was doing, which was pinball machine parts, mm-hmm. nuts, bolts, screws, um, uh, small pieces of playfield machinery, small pieces of stainless, uh, plungers, armatures. The the media of choice was one of two things, crushed corn cob or okay. crushed walnut. Okay. Um, I know the walnut is available at pretty much any pet store because it's it's common for uh, to line cages for reptiles. Okay. And I believe that the corn cob is common as well, perhaps for birds. Okay. Regardless, I'm I'm fairly certain you can get the corn cob at a pet store as well. So, walked into the local pet store, uh, went over the reptile area, got a bag of crushed walnut shell. Yeah. Problem solved. Okay. So I ran walnut shell. Uh, instructions on for that tumbler, I believe it was three quarters full. Uh huh. Put my parts in it, and I let it run for a little while. So, 
I probably shouldn't have experimented right off, but a lot of folks were were adding something. Okay. Flitz, which is a me- type of a metal polish. All right. Uh, I saw someone that was using a metal polish from Kit. You know, and Kit kind of makes your your department store or automotive store grade type waxes and, and car care products, KIT. Okay. Kit wax, if anyone's ever heard that term, kit wax. So do you add the wax? Do you pour the wax just right well, into the media? Well, the kit made a, uh, makes a metal polish. And okay. a lot of people will use uh, Novus 3. Mm-hmm. And I've read, where, well, I use Novus and I use this, but Novus, and a, Novus t- takes longer, doesn't do as well. And I'm thinking, well, Novus is kind of designed from for plastics. So yes. if it's even 3, which is their heavy grit, isn't going to be much for metal. So I actually just went out and got some turtle wax metal polish. And what I should have done is I should have run, and I'm interested to hear what you've done. What I should have done is ran a a test through natural and then Uh test through with the polish in it. But yeah, I literally just took the metal polish and I just, I ran around the bowl, squirted it in, not like an overload. Okay. Put the lid back on it, fired it up. So a couple things on the lid real quick. You're talking about holding it down. At least on the model I've got, it comes with a, a, a wing nut. Yeah, mine does as well. I double nutted it. Yes, that's, <laughs> I put, what, I, that's what I did not do. Yeah. And I, put, I do that now. I make sure there's a stop for the lid, but yes. the lid has some space in I push the lid all the way to the stop, run a regular nut down on it, and then I'll run the uh, uh, wing nut down on it Yeah, and let it go. And I also mentioned, throw this out here before I forget, started it out in the garage till I got an idea of how, how it would run. Uh-huh. Um, the model I've got, the bottom of it's got mesh, and it looks like it's an air intake okay so i didn't want to put it on carpet or anything where it would where it would not be able to close that up exactly exactly and uh i do have a smoke detector in my laundry room okay so you know when you're doing this you're talking running on the low side based on what i had read and then what i'd experienced in actually using it you're on the low side a good 20, 24 hours. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, my experience has led me to see that for all the parts that I that I use to polish, uh, or for all, for all the parts that I use the Tumbler for to polish, okay, uh, nothing I would paint, okay? I, I, don't, I don't put anything in the Tumbler that I would paint. I, I, I put in the Tumbler what would be, what would need to be a polished metal part, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, easily. 24 hours at the minimum right. is, is what that tumbler runs. And so you, it needs to be well ventilated and it needs to be well supported and ideally not sitting on a table or on something that it can fall because I made that, I made it that, could that, walk. It, it will walk. And, and I've made that, uh, I made that mistake the very first time I had mine. Just sitting have on rubber feet bench. on it. It does have rubber feet on it and it, and it walked. I have it. I had it sitting on a countertop in, in my workroom downstairs. I've got a set of, ben- I've got a workbench made up. Where I the 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 work surface of the workbench is countertop material. Mm-hmm. Okay, just went to Lowe's and, uh, and and you know and bought some some seconds or thirds you know return countertops and then cut them to size and you know got everything the you know the the same pattern and everything so it all same pattern same color so it's like one nice long row. Mm-hmm. But all that being said, the tumbler still walked itself off of that yeah. bench. And so I came downstairs uh, the next morning and the tumbler was sitting there running, laying on its side, 
Uh, still capped, fortunately. The top did not come off of it, but it's sitting there just laying on the floor, and it was making the most oh, awful imagine. racket you've ever heard. It, it it actually startled me because I because I did not expect the tumbler to do that. So what I do now is I running the tumbler. I just sit it on the floor of my garage on on a rubber pad, and it just sits there and it runs and it runs and it runs and I don't have a problem. It doesn't walk because it's sitting on the pad, and so it's like rubber on rubber. So so it gives it some friction to kind of hold it in place, and uh, and it doesn't beat itself up against the concrete either at the floor. So now, when, it, I, when I ran it, it out, good. when I ran mine out in the garage, I did start it on a workbench, but it was a metal topped workbench. Okay, it wasn't because uh, the other workbench is countertop. So yeah, I what you yeah, got. so it's smooth it's, and it's hard to get any yeah. traction on. This that. is an older kind of well used metal top, and okay. it didn't run very long out there. Running here, it's on a concrete floor in my in my laundry room. You're solid gold, and yeah, and, and if it's moved it's moved so little that i haven't been able to realize it mine so. has mine has not moved since relocating mine to the garage and putting it on the floor and i've ran mine uh at times upwards of two days 48 hours solid just turn it on and walk away and let it run now i've done that over the weekend mm-hmm. since i've had this one because yeah. i'm here mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw this out there I don't leave the house with well, any no. appliances running. No, 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 no. I don't. No, no. A dishwasher, washing machine, dryer. No, no, nothing. And I and I would not trust my house to a vibratory tumbler. But uh, you know, while I'm there, yeah. okay, and and I'll check on it before I go to bed. It's good. I've got a smoke detector out there as well. So. It just sits after I've gained some trust with it, and that's what I—that's what I, process I went through. Yes, I gained some trust with it to know that it's not going to burst into a ball of flames or anything like that because it mm-hmm. does pull some amperage while it runs. Man, I've—I've I've put I put a clamp on meter around it, and uh, it, and it it pulls it pulls several amps while it while it, it its flash load is uh, at least on the one that I have the flash load is almost fifteen amps while oh, it starts. Yeah, I mean it's just like bam, and then it then it settles in. And, I have to uh, put a meter on mine. And you see. should. I would be curious. I've to got see a kilowatt. I have to put on. Yeah, it. I'm curious if yours pulls what mine pulls. But it's just that initial flash startup of the mm-hmm. motor, and then it then it, it drops it drops like a little under seven while it runs. So uh, it, it it does pull some juice. Does it? Yeah, mine so, does anyway. So what media have you used? I have mine came with two types of media, uh, a fine silica like like a, a silica gel media, okay, which is for the polishing, and uh, and then it came with a a, a hard uh, abrasive media. It's kind of like a green. It was like a green. Um, they look like kind of like tri- or, uh, triangles or, or uh, uh, pyramids. Yes, yes, pyramids. Thank you. Harbor Thank Freight you. has that as well. Yes, yes, and that's for like rust cutting and and for and for large scale. Uh, cleanup, okay, for mm-hmm. for bigger parts and things like that. Yeah, you're not going to get those the, those triangle pieces of media in the threads of a of a screw. No, 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 no. no. The silica gel, I have to use a little pick to clean out the screw the screw heads and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of aggravating from that regard, but it does do a good job. Uh, so that's the two types of media that I have. Those uh, my my particular tumbler came with both of those. Okay, and so uh, it came with two bowls, and so I can swap the bowl. Uh, I've got you know each media poured into into one of each bowls, and then I can swap the 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 bowl off the off the vibrating stand fairly quickly, and so then I can transfer the parts, swap the bowls, and, and go from rust cutting to fine polishing. Now the thing that I have not tried though is I have not ever added any polishing agent. I don't uh, think I'm going to do it again. Okay, and here's why. Why, why is that? One, I'm not sure what it buys me in terms of time, but uh, I have noticed that 
uh, once it runs for a while, it's gonna it, it gets a little warm. I'm not okay. talking. Uh, you just it just does it get gummy as well? It doesn't get gummy. The and I don't know if the the warmth I'm I'm going to assume comes from all of the friction yes. of the media. Yes, it's yes. not like the motor heating up. No, it, it might. And it's just it's just it's warm as well. It's just slightly warm. Yeah, you know. I mean, I've had cell phones that got hotter. Yeah. Oh yeah. But when I open the lid. There's a residue on the bottom of the lid, almost uh-huh. like a mud. Uh-huh. And my assumption is, is that any moisture, any water, any whatever that was in that polishing compound in the heat has evaporated and then the dust and all has collected wherever it can. Yeah. Okay. So I'd get that on the inner lip and I get that on the top, you know, on, on the bottom side of the lid. And I, like I said, I'm not hundred percent sure what I'm gaining. So I should have run a control first. I guess I'm going to, you know, call this the control and do the inverse next time around. <laughs> well, w- one thing that I think is interesting is when you look on DIY forums where and, and vibratory tumblers are used for such a, a myriad of hobbies. I mean, you mentioned like reloading and firearms mm-hmm. and things like that. Uh, you know, anywhere small parts polishing comes into play, especially on like arcade games and pinballs. I mean, th- these are the perfect tools to have. All that being said, I have seen a lot of people talk about adding a polishing agent mm-hmm. to to the fine media, and then uh, I've seen where other people say, "No, nah, it's it's not necessary." I've not done it. Um, now, one thing I will say is that I feel that my media, the silica gel media that I'm running right now, is probably beat up pretty pretty hard. It's starting to turn more into a talcum like type it? of media than it is anything else. Um, so I, I think it's about time for me to replace mine, but I've ran a lot of parts through mine, like, uh, working on, uh, on my Donkey Kong, I've gone through and, pub- and, and polished like all the control panel bolts, uh, the hinges, you know, anything where there's exposed metal, uh, that, that wasn't painted. Okay. Uh, any type of polished or, you know, kind of quote unquote chrome, you know, looking part, uh, either inside or outside. I said exposed, but I did it for both inside and outside. And it's you know, just the OCD yeah. <laughs> again. You know, Whitney, why do you polish parts on the inside, inside of the cabinet? It's like, I really don't know. I just like to do it, you know? <laughs> so, uh, so nonetheless, uh, you know, I've, I've gone through several Nintendo cabinets worth of parts, uh, in 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 my in my tumbler and it's I've never felt you like replaced I replaced the media yet. I've not replaced the media yet, but I'm due, and I have not felt like I missed anything by not adding a polishing agent because the, and like said, everything comes try, out looking pretty good. I'm gonna try the opposite next yeah, time. You yeah. know, uh, the media I've got still got some has got life in it. Okay, and I, I I've got the bag in the laundry room. I should should walk in there in a second and see what the size is, but it was a large bag. Okay, and I've filled the tumbler. Some of it has dusted out, and some of it I've lost as I've pulled parts out. Okay. So, um, and I've so I've topped the tumbler back off, and the bag looks like I've barely gotten anything out of it. And the bag was like twelve bucks. Okay. You know, well, so that, that's, it's that's it's good. available and it's inexpensive. Yes, and har- so, harbor freights are everywhere, and you can go. Well, you can go pick the stuff up. The meat, no, the media came from a pet store. Oh, it did. Yeah, oh, I go, my apologies. I go, yeah, my apologies. I, uh, the it come. There's a there's a chain pet store. And there's uh, a local pet store that has several locations. Okay. Um, here in Louisville, there's the chain pet store, and one of the locations, of the other pet store, is minutes from the house. Okay, I got mixed up, dude, yeah. because we were talking about it, it's the Pyramid Media yeah. that that's for, you can, gets at Harbor Freight. You can get the okay. Pyramid Media yeah, at Harbor apologies. Freight. So, got it. So anyway, the the tumbler at Harbor Freight's are five pound tumbler, 
and anyone that that knows Harbor Freight knows everything's always on sale. It's kind of like it's kind of like a mattress. It's always on sale. A mattress and furniture. It's always on sale. Exactly. Yeah. So the normal on is ninety nine dollars. Okay. Do not pay ninety nine dollars for this yes. tumbler. Yeah. Get a coupon. The sale price tends to be fifty four, fifty three. Okay. And here, uh, I think this month, and you know, uh, check local listings for the month. Um, thing uh, Harbor Freight has the thing on sale like forty nine ninety nine. Oh, so, see that's that's great. That's so, great. You got a better deal on yours than I did on mine. Well, I got even better than that. Oh, okay. So Good I get deal. up to the register, and here's you know I didn't this I didn't know the the, the girl behind the the register offers me the the extended warranty because okay. it's got ninety days on it, and I don't ever buy those extended warranties. And neither do I. Fifty dollars is fifty dollars, but I'm thinking, is it what's the extended warranty on this thing? And you know. If it if it goes south, it goes south. Yeah. All right. So hate to throw away fifty dollars, but if I'm gonna know, I'm throwing away more for less. Yeah. I'll say that. I'm I'm gonna know in a couple days if if it's gonna last the ninety because right. I'm about ready to put it through its paces. Yeah. So, um, she uh, she says, "Well, do you want the warranty on it?" I say, "No, I don't ever do any of that stuff." She said, "Well, it's like twelve ninety nine for the warranty, and even though it's on sale, they can you you could use a twenty percent off coupon on it." Oh wow! I didn't realize that. You know, at Harbor Freight, I, I pre- was pretty sure the coupon was, um, um, you know, only on regularly priced items. So apparently, you can't. So if you walk in there, the thing's on sale. The twenty percent coupons are in all the papers, and you walk in. There's a paper right there in front of the store. Yeah, pick it up. Yeah, and ask them. I walked out of the door. I walked out of the door. I'd have to go look back at the receipt. So I mean, it. it it I I came out about fifty bucks. I think yeah. it was like fifty two, fifty three dollars. You know, what, yeah, and good deal. Ran up the street, got the media, and in a way, I went. So. Yeah, good for you. I mean, it sounds like a it sounds like a good deal. So I think what we ought to do is you know post a link in in the you know on the website of the tumbler that you've got. Mm-hmm. I'll grab mine in the tumbler that I've got, and then you know we can. You know, let uh, you know, let everybody listen, kind of compare and contrast. But at least I'll have a couple sources for for two that they know are good. How do you get all the parts out? <laughs> I'll tell you what I did. Uh, it's 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 harder than you think it is. Okay? No, it's not. Well, <laughs> well, what I've got is it could uh, be the media you're using. Yeah, yeah, it is. What I've got is uh, I use a bucket, okay, and uh, and a big colander, and then I just pour everything through the colander. Let it capture, and then and then if you know, all the media falls into the bucket, and then I just take the bucket and pour it back into. That's the, pretty much the, what I do. Back into yeah. the bowl. I mean, it, it takes just a few minutes to do it, but you know, just just uh, you know, grab a five gallon bucket that you don't use for anything else, and you know, I'll go to Lowe's or Home Depot, and you know, people ask, well, why do you buy buckets there? And it's like, well, because they're clean, and because they're 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 pretty sturdy, and you know, me growing up on a farm, I've seen a lot of dirty five gallon buckets that yeah. I would use for anything so if you're going to use the buckets and and kind of dedicate it spend three bucks and buy a five gallon bucket yeah. and it's clean and will not and will not contaminate what you're working on that's the bit that's the biggest thing i've ran into walmart got a, a two dollar plastic colander with the smallest holes you that i could it. find that's exactly right boss and uh right at the end of the aisle like in that general like rubber made kind of storagey type section they had <laughs> yes the section gives me nightmares yes yes they had um um just containers yeah you know they were just they were um um I, i'm not sure how to describe them, but think of a small rubber made container like a couple gallon container gallon container with no top on it yeah typically uh, you would use them 
like a bus boys, like yeah. a bus person's yes. uh, thing that they go table to table with, but yeah. much smaller. Yeah. I just, they were like a dollar something a piece. I bought a couple of them yeah. so that I, I could, I had two, two places where I could sift it twice to make sure, you know, if anything got through the little hole, like any small screws or anything, yeah. I could catch it. Okay. Well, so good. I was, I was at like six bucks, seven okay. bucks. No, that's cool. And so that's what I do to get all the parts out. And, and you've got to have something. Otherwise you're going to spend 15 minutes fishing around there by your hands. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. Chances are you're not going to find everything. So where I've used it, I've been very, very happy. I'm mm-hmm. actually, when you came over, um, that, annoying noise you heard running as we were setting up was the tumbler fair enough and i was I'm, wondering what that was yeah i'm okay. on my i'm on my third run through uh not of the same parts you know i, I put a, a bunch of parts in it and upper playfield type parts and i had neglected to tear apart some of the things on the ramps and um i had a few other pieces i was like well that turned out so well yeah you know and i'm gonna run Did you find other things to use yeah, it on <laughs> yeah I, i'm polishing other things i know things. i do yeah. So uh, uh, I'm I'm actually on my third go on my, on my third you know group of parts. I, I'm I'm really happy with it. That's I'm good. Very happy with well, it. Well, you know what I'll even do is uh, just take a, a couple minute. Uh, I'll use my I'll use my phone or something. Just take a, a quick video of of my tumbler running because I think it'd be interesting to compare. Yeah, I was hoping you weren't <laughs> suggesting that you go in my laundry room. No, 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 no. Brent, we're only on episode three, man. Come on. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, it'd be neat to compare the tumblers kind of side by side so people can well, see. Well, t- we can bring it out here. I can set it right over there by the door and we can take a nice picture of it. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, it's, that sounds good. No, no the, the the whole tumbler scenario is something that uh, I think if you're going to do any amount of work for any, you know, for any time, uh, you know, clean, you know, cleaning up cabinets, cleaning up pinball machines or parts, you've, you've just got to make the investment and have one because you need it to do things for you while you're working on other things. And it just... You, you after can, you, the after the first run through, uh-huh. I, I and I said, okay, I know I had a couple things in, in my hand that that I th- man, I should have thrown these in the tumbler, and then I started changing my what I was going to work on in what order so that I could put literally optimize the tumbler yeah i put a bunch of parts in there optimize it and then i had plenty to do while it was running and doing its thing yeah no the the, the tumblers are king man so no i'm glad i'm glad you've had good experience with it i I think uh you know i think what we ought to do is just you know kind of get uh kind of get a little more info on on you know what we've got and everything and then we can revisit them because it's it it's a necessary necessary tool let me throw a couple lessons learned out and then uh we'll move on to your stuff um, I did put lock nuts in them, you know, the nylon inserted nuts. Uh-huh. Didn't have a problem with it. Okay. Um, I So it didn't chew up the nope, nylon on the nope, inside? Nope, didn't chew okay. up the nylon. Now, again, I'm using, in this case, I'm using the walnut shell. Okay. I, I had some pretty rusted bolts that the rust was gone, but the nylon was still there. Yeah. And it, was, it looked fine. I mean, okay. I've, I've, re, I've used the bolts. I've reused the bolts, the nuts rather. And it's not like I spun them on and the nylon disintegrated or there was okay, no bite. Good, I mean, it, it felt to me like I would have expected it to felt, feel. Okay. So um, I did have some solid metal like spacers, like especially on this Dirty Harry that support the ramps. So, you know, three inch to four inch uh, metal cylinders, for lack of a better term. And, you know, one end has got a threaded uh, stud on it that goes through the play field and the other end is t- is drilled and tapped female for whatever bolts into the top of it yeah now with this media um the media would get had gotten inside that female cavity okay and it 
got it was embedded in the thread and uh-huh. what i ended up actually having to do is i just took each one of those pieces and i took carburetor cleaner with a with a straw and be careful because yeah. no matter what i do with carburetor cleaner it ends up in my face Man, and yeah. i Word had to i had that. to i had to go you know just run the whole run the the female portion of that spacer to clear them out yeah and and then i was golden yeah and uh when I got everything out, I thought, okay, well, everything is covered in a fine patina of dust. Uh-huh. And uh, the nuts, you know, I've got a little fine patina of dust. And, and even some full, full larger size granules that were stuck to it, probably from a little static electricity. Yeah. So once I sifted it out, what I did is I poured everything in a container uh, with like a screw top. I've got to you know, think of something like maybe a protein powder would come in or some kind of uh, dietary supplement mm-hmm. or kind of a semi-sturdy plastic container with, with, yeah, with a screw-on with, with, with lid. A screw, with a screw-on lid, yeah. I uh, filled it with water, shook it, yeah. You know, popped the top, poured the water off, did it a couple times, washed it out, yeah. drained all the excess water once it rained clear, poured it all out on a towel, uh-huh. folded the towel over, kind of patted it all out, and then spread it all out and let it air dry for, you know, about an hour. I bet you had some beautiful looking, yeah. some beautiful and, looking fasteners. And then I just left, uh, you know, I didn't leave them lay on the wet, damp portion of the towel. Mm-hmm. I left, I, you know, fold the towel back you know, so they're not laying in water. Mm-hmm. And then just as I started to assemble the machine, I just pulled everything off the towel. Yeah, it's great. So, yeah. No, that that took care of the dust. That took care of anything inside the nuts. That took care. Of, the only problem I had was with the uh, those spacers. Yeah. So. Well, that's good to know, man. I, it, yeah, I definitely want to see. I definitely want to kind of look at them side by side, and uh, I think uh, I think everybody listening would would benefit from that as well because, you know, take fifty bucks and, and get one, and <laughs> and and you can make you can make some some good looking games look great with very little work, and 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 I think it saves that, so much. It saves so much time. It saves so much much time and i think that's the operative thing here is you can kind of take your games to the next level man you know if, if you're looking at you know how can i make you know how can i make you know parts of the game stand out or just really have a little bit of that pop well in a you know a lot of the parts even you know even um you know, even like control panel overlay fasteners, like on Nintendo games that, that use like the the really small little stainless screws. I mean, you can just make them to where they catch the light, and when you look at it, you notice it. You notice it. You know, so it's for all the small stuff. I mean, you're not going to get pinball rails or anything like that. You know, and it, it's just impossible physically for them to fit. But for all the small stuff, it's awesome. Yeah, I'd be yeah. careful of chrome parts. Like if you got a small wire form, yes. I mean that you don't. I read somewhere someone had put a shooter rod in one of them, and the rod was too long, laid against the the, the inside of the plastic drum, and literally wore a hole in the drum. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't yeah. do any chrome parts because the chrome would. Pro- you may wear the chrome off. You may, but for zinc plated parts, for uh, stainless, stainless, stainless I, yeah, I, I've got a lot of little pieces of fence or whatever you want to call it that come off the play fields from various locations. I've put pop bumpers. Some I put something as heavy as an armature or a, a stainless ball guide in it right along with something as quote-unquote delicate as the springs that uh, uh, that come out of a pop bumper okay and, and even like uh springs from like uh, uh plungers from uh, vertical up kickers or even uh flipper springs they come out just fine it doesn't yeah. destroy them that's so not, they nice. all cohabitate yeah that's that's good that's good yeah a, a very very valuable tool so 
All right, Whitney. Okay. Talk to me about Tron. Oh man, we've got some uh, Brent, we've got some pinball loving going on in this uh, in this month's deep dive here on my side of the table. So there are some uh, there's some follow up that I want to do with uh, the uh, deep dive that I, I started uh, talking about last month. And so um, if you go back to episode episode number two, or if you haven't listened uh, if you haven't listened to it yet, just kind of a, a quick refresher. Um, uh, E. Kurtz, uh, Eli Curtis is um, is a um, developer on Pinside who has created this uh, this Tron uh, ramp light mod. Okay, fiber uh, fiber uh, ramp light mod. And so last month covered this uh, covered this mod uh, in 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 very good detail. The one thing, a couple things that I wanted to kind of highlight though is that uh new this month is that that mod has actually started shipping now okay and and the big thing about this is you say okay well what's so important or what's you know what's so noteworthy about a you know a particular mod out of all the thousands of mods arcade or pinball mods out there uh what what makes this one you know uh, noteworthy the big thing is is that uh you know this mod has been in development for you know well over a year uh eli's uh uh, has essentially single-handedly created this this in, in this entire uh, this entire this entire product, and he's done it without having the pinball machine in question available to him. Okay, so he's been doing it remotely with a group of beta testers, and you know, Brent, you go on Pinside and you look, and, and uh, that's some serious drive. Oh, it's some serious drive. I mean, it's one thing to have something that you right in front of you, and you're like this would be so much better if yeah yeah and you've got your own test bed yeah so and so he's done this for a machine amazing he doesn't, he doesn't even have so so like i say so this has started shipping and the thread on pin side goes on for pages and pages and pages i think the last time i looked at it yesterday it was like 30 30 some odd pages strong of people that have signed up for this and so now it's starting to ship and eli is working with a company called Pin bits, okay. www.pinbits.com, and uh, there is a representative from Pin Bits. Her name is Pam, and she's on Pin Side quite a bit. And so uh, you can get uh, with Pam at Pin Bits and uh, get on the waiting list for being able to order one of these kits for your Tron Pro. I'll include the link, okay, to the Pin Side thread in the uh, in, in the show notes for this uh, for this episode because you want to you want to go through that thread and read up on the mod to understand kind of you know what you're getting, what it does, and everything like that. Uh, you know, short and sweet. Uh, also check out uh, the blog post for episode two. I've I've posted a YouTube video that shows the mod in action. Yeah, it's actually the first time I'd seen the ramp light mod. Yeah, it's and, it's wonderful. Um, and, and it's uh, actually, I want to try it now. Yeah, and, and what's interesting is as as this has started to ship and people are getting it in the order that they got in line for it, okay, they're starting to do their installs and it looks even better finished than it did in the beta form of the video that, that I posted. It, it just it it it's more polished looking. Uh, it's it's fantastic. Now you're talking about the hardware itself or the software. No, how, no. How it the, well, the hardware itself it's been highly it's it's been highly refined. Okay, when you flip up the playfield and look at the control, you know the the, the fiber light control boxes they've been refined several times over. They don't use brackets for mounting any longer, anything 
like that, and also the software as well. Eli is uh, maintaining the code, okay, for these um, for these essentially Arduinos that are running in, that are running as these fiber light controllers. And so, what's neat about this, Brent, is you can upgrade the code uh, essentially by plugging the um, plugging the boxes, the you know the the light control boxes into your machine into your PC um, with a uh, a micro USB cable, and then you just copy over the code. code Well, it shows up as like a removable drive. You just you just delete one file and then replace that file with the new one uh, or the updated one that is hosted off of Pinbit site. Whenever Eli creates you know code updates for this, and it's very very easy to very easy to maintain. So 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 that's really cool and. And the thing is about you know getting in when I mentioned getting in line to order these because the wait has been so long on these um, they are uh, contacting uh, Pam at Pinbits is contacting people in the pin side thread in the order that they uh, that they expressed interest okay in the kit and they they make them by hand and so. Well, not all of it's made by hand, but they get it all packaged up by hand, uh, do the final assembly by hand, and then they test it as well. So every kit that goes out the door already has runtime on it to ensure that it's going to work properly. Okay, so they only they can only make so many of them on any given week, so they stay pretty much perpetually sold out right now. Um, I, I'm sure that at some point in the future they will they'll get themselves caught up, and you will be able to order it and have it shipped the day that you order it. But right now, that's just not the case okay you just have to get you just have to get in line now the, the other thing that i wanted to talk about this that i wanted to talk to on this is uh, uh also on pin side there are some walkthrough threads that show you how to do the installation and so uh, I'll, I'll also include that in the show notes uh so some people are doing some very good jobs on 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 the installation of this mod so the, the um sounds like the the, the control module mounts under the play field my mm-hmm. my assumption is correct me if i'm wrong since since this is fiber optic light that run runs the ramps that's where you have to take a little artistic license and to a degree figure out some routing and yeah and how to a good points for attachment it, it, there are you have to remove the ramps okay and you have to drill holes in the ramps and then attach them with uh most everybody's using like uh clear or uh clear or opaque semi-opaque um zip ties okay, okay. like white white or clear zip ties. has anyone talked about the drill bits to do that with uh it, it is covered in uh, some of the threads are they uh, suggesting the ac- acrylic type drill bit they're not they're made of acrylic but they're they're the tip angle is a little different so they it, work it, better in plastics it, it is and then and then other people uh have also suggested running the drill bit backwards much like what you would do for uh for plexiglass well, let okay me, here's a here's a tip from think something that i've learned doing uh, work with plexiglass like to make my own control panel overlays or not not artful like protectors mm-hmm. um if you go to a plastic store or plastic shop, if you've got one in your town, I'm sure you can find them online. There is a drill bit for plastics, acrylics. I, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a chemical engineer by any stretch of the imagination. So if I lump all those together and that's incorrect, I apologize. But there is a drill bit for plastics, and yeah. um, a lot of folks, yeah, take a standard drill bit, run it backwards, uh-huh. and then basically you're kind of friction heat cutting yourself through the plex. Yes, yeah. if you get a drill bit for plastics it looks like a regular drill bit until you look at the tip okay and the angle of the the tip is different okay and it's noticeable if you put it next to a, a, a an everyday general purpose wood metal slash metal drill bit okay and it works I'll have to look into that it, i've got some i'll show them to you okay cool they it it works just like 
a regular drill bit on wood would this works on plastic yeah and you don't have to worry about breaking it out it's shattering i, I would get you a piece of plex a scrap piece an old marquee or something yeah just just experiment a little bit before yeah. you go on your brand new tron ramps, yeah and, and that's and i think that's advisable but but at the at the end at the end of it all you do have to drill holes in your ramps because the fiber the fiber light uh the fiber light rope essentially mm-hmm. uh, or the tubes uh, attached to the attached to the um attached to the top of the ramps okay the, the the good thing about this though is that um the tron pro play fields and the tron le play fields have the same uh mounting holes on them and and uh routing holes uh drilled already drilled into the play field so you can run the 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 fiber tubes for this mod in the same way that stern ran the how are the how the how's fiber held on the le when they're done factory i that's a good question man i don't know i really don't know i've not seen i've not oh, well, i've I'm, not been able to is it the look same at ramp? an le the same way it, it, they are the same uh, i want to say they're the same ramps i think they are i wonder if they just save a machine step and and not drill the holes Rega- they, they, regardless they yeah they, they may that's a good question i mean i've only seen um I, i've played in le but that was right after tron came out and of course i just wasn't looking that close at it because it it, it just i was playing you know yeah. i was just playing it so i, I didn't you never really thought that you were going to be worried about drill you're going to well, drill holes in your ramps truthfully dude i never thought i'd own a tron if you want to know the truth yeah. of it and and then on top of that that i'd be popping the ramps out to drill holes in them yeah. you know it, it just it just <laughs> it didn't occur to me at that point but uh but like i say uh you know once you get this you do need to source uh some some clear zip ties for you know for mounting the tubes uh the fiber tubes to the ramps uh they they um it pin bits and then eli they also say you know allow you know an afternoon for the install and everything like that one thing that i do want to make note of is a tool Brent, I know working on pinball, you've probably come across this quite a bit. Is a a pusher tool, and so if you, if you do decide to order this uh, mod for yourself, uh, Pinbits will automatically throw in a twelve dollar what's called a pusher tool. Don't take that out of your cart. You need that pusher tool because what you're going to be doing is running some of the wiring, uh, some of the wiring uh, for the fiber light boxes that are on the bottom of the play field. You're going to be running those wires up into the back. Box, and then you're going to have to um, essentially kind of piggyback on to some of the harness connectors that are on the sandboard, okay, inside the back box so this on, is, on this the stern is, machine. This is to piggyback on some of the IDC connectors. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. right. So you need this. You real, need this pusher. Here you go, real to, quick to get the wire onto that IDC connector. Kind of, kind of like we talked about the Whitewood earlier. Here's yes. A, everyone's like, "What's an IDC?" Yes. Insulation displacement connector. That's I believe right. the exact acronym. So basically, open up pretty much any video game pinball machine and if you've got a header off of a board that's vertical Mm -hmm. and you've got uh, a connector that goes down on it most of your monitors like this everyone just generically calls them molex connectors yep your dot 156 is the most common size in most of your videos like on your you know on your on your monitor yeah on a molex you strip the wire just ever so slightly and the the pin crimps yeah, and then the pin inserts and, and locks into the into the actual connector housing, and IDC. That's the style where the wire kind of lays through a guide, if you mm-hmm. will. Yes, and then down in the hole that represents that pin location, you can see the blades uh, uh, that that connect to the pin of inside the, the housing of, of the, the connector. connector. That's right. And the idea is you take a pusher of some type 
and you push that wire down into those blades and the blades bite through the insulation uh-huh. and it displaces the insulation. That's right. Insulation, in, insula- insulation displacement. Yes. That's where the electrical connection is made. Yeah. And, and, and the nice thing is, is when it, when, when that, when that little metal tooth goes through the wire insulation, by the time that you get eight or nine or 10 or 12 wires uh, inside that IDC connector, they all, they, they, the, the the cumulative power of them all being held by those little pins make it almost impossible to pull the wires out. It's a very tough it's a very tough type of connection, okay, from that regard. But it's also something you're not going to be yeah, putting I, a lot of weight on either. I, I don't know? have the tool, and yeah. actually, uh, um, I I need to come across one. If you're doing a one-off, you can do it like one wire. Yeah. You can do it with a screwdriver, and it's ugly. It's ugly. And and, And it's not foolproof. And you'll probably bloody your fingers or a knuckle because of it. The idea of the tool is is even pressure Uh fits the connector head. it pops. Snaps in, done. Yeah, and and it's done. So so like I say, um, the pusher, it's it's just a tool with a small metal metal blade in the tip with usually a wooden or a plastic handle. I think it's like 12 bucks uh, in in definitely definitely get one you're talking about a 40 let's say give or take a $4,500 pinball machine and a $400 mod to a $4,500 pinball machine don't scrimp on a $12 pusher okay get it get it and use it and keep it because if you're going to be fixing other pinballs it's a good thing to have so so that's really the update that I had uh, for for that particular mod Brent I'm I'm waiting on mine to come in I'm I'm or you know I'm I'm in line I'm waiting to get mine so I'm hoping that uh, <laughs> I'm thinking I'm going to ask you to call pin bits and throw another $12 pusher on there. So, cause I fair, don't have, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll get you, dude, if you want to know when I, I'll because get you could, one to worry about because it. Cause I don't, I don't have, that's, I, I'm kind of a tool tool guide. I don't have one of those. Yeah, well, it's one of those things. You know, it's 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 interesting. I mean, it, it, just like a lawnmower, it really only serves one purpose. But you'd be hard pressed to do the job well without it. You know, and, and so that's where the pusher and, comes and in, folks. I'll tell you this right now, like. um like on this is pinball we're we're rolling pinball heavy this I week, love man. it man it's great you know, on your GI connectors on a lot of your machines they'll typically burn up because they're pulling so much so much current yes if, if I'm going to re- if I'm going to replace the entire connector I'm going to do it with a Molex yeah. I'll, I'll cut the wires I'll crimp it on I'll yeah. put good good pins on it I'll redo yeah. the header if I'm doing one uh, if I've had a wire pull loose I, I'll, I'll just recrimp it right back into the IDC yeah you know yeah so, so that's so that that's what that's what you got. So so that's it, Brent. So you know, hopefully, whenever my kit comes in, maybe in the next month or two, I'll be able to follow up and you know talk about the installation on my Tron. But I, I'm certainly looking forward to it. The other thing that I the other item that I wanted to discuss uh, is this application called the Pinball Browser. And I don't know if if uh, you've heard of this before or if any of the listeners out there have heard of this before. Uh, it, this is also another thread on pin side but this is a, this uh, is an application it's a windows app uh, and it it uh, it is written by a gentleman in France okay and this particular uh, this particular gentleman has created this app and what it does Brent is it allows you 
to essentially load up any of Stern's uh, any of Stern's firmware, okay, and this is this is essentially all all the machines that conform to their SAM standard, okay. Mm-hmm. So we're talking ACDC, Avatar, Avengers, Tron, X Men, you know, uh, Metallica, Star Trek, uh, you know, all, all of the, all of the current machines, Iron Man, so on down the line, and uh, even in it and recent versions have even started working for some of the older. Uh, stern games like family guy pirates of the caribbean or caribbean however, however that word is pronounced <laughs> i really don't know uh you know shrek world poker tour things like that uh the current the the most recent version of the application works with them as well but what's interesting about this app is that you can go in and you can change anything on the dot matrix display so you can pull images out of the firmware. You can create your own images, okay? And it will. And when you load it back in, this application takes care of the dithering and the conversions and everything like that. So if you want to change logos of the game, if you want to put your own custom logo on, you can. You can change animation sequences. I mean, it it it's almost like a ROM explorer, okay? So I you can, can see I can see where this could be dangerous. Oh yes, very much so. Is and, there actually a ROM? Now I've not heard of the software, but. Um, I thought modern the sand based firmware you flash with USB. You, you, I, I was you assuming flash, was, you flash the firmware. It, for, I'm saying ROM. It's it's firmware. Okay, I, so I, you're, pulling the, you're pulling the firmware. Okay, yeah, right. yeah. I, I'm, I'm my, I, botched, I botched a term. I, I, I apologize. My guess was there was going to be like a compact flash card or something in there. You, you do flash it with a USB thumb drive. And okay. So, so you, you can pull the firmware, you, you can pull the firmware off. Um, you, you can save your existing firmware through the firmware update process, or you can just download the firmware, the newest firmware off of Stern's website at, out of their code library, and then you can work with it. So, so like I say, it, I apologize. I did botch the term, but, oh no, no, it's okay. But, but, um, it's a firmware explorer, and so you can go in and you can change anything on the dot matrix display. Now, the the more recent versions, and this is kind of uh, looping back to discussion we had at the at the beginning of the show uh, when we were talking about sound, okay, and and you know whether the sound, uh, you know, with what Stern supplying is you know full featured sound or not. Uh, at this point, with the current version of the software, you can actually swap out songs, okay, and call outs and uh, in um, verbal cues within within the the firmware itself, so like on, on my ACDC, if I wanted to swap a song, okay, I didn't like uh, you know a particular song. I'll just pick like uh, one of the songs that's on like War Machine, okay, which I love War Machine. I would not swap it out, but I'm just that's just the first one that came to mind. So let's say you wanted to swap War Machine out with another song. This application gives you the ability to do that. It rewrites the firmware and then you just reflash it. You to your machine do you keep the keys in the head of your pinball i no i keep them on the inside of the coin door do you keep the keys in the coin door that's a mistake because <laughs> <laughs> i am so thinking that you know, i'm going to come to your house and i'm going to flash your yeah. your your tron to play nothing but the theme song from the crazy climber video game <laughs> <laughs> that would be cruel and unusual punishment but it would be justice in its own way it's okay it? it's okay because yeah. I, I can pick those locks yeah right on but uh, no that's where i've got all, i mean i keep you know the coin door key and then i just keep everything hanging inside the coin door for, right. for so, good or so bad. i need time all right so yeah I, i'd have to like catch one of your like bushes and your landscaping on fire something to give me some time okay. <laughs> to get out yeah. i'm on it i'm on it yeah so 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 what's really cool about this is if, if you 
you're, you know, if you have the time and you're of the mindset, you can customize your game and it opens the world. Uh, it opens the door and opens up a world that previously was untouchable with these later stern games or these more, you know, these more modern, more recent stern games to where you can customize the game to your, uh, you know, to your liking, swap things in and out. And even in, in uh, I'll include the, th- the, the link for the thread where this is all discussed, where you can download the software and, and essentially get some good tutorials on how to use this and how, and, and how not to kind of botch things up. But uh, you do have to, you know, you do have to encode the audio a certain way. Audac- you know, using Audacity is involved because you have to export it as a, as a certain type of wave file, a wave file that meets a certain criteria and, and, and things along those lines in order to get it back onto the, get it back onto the pinball machine where it will work properly. Okay. The biggest thing that people are seem to be doing with this though on top of just swapping out the sounds is modifying the callouts and fixing things like the fake knocker sound and, and, and oh, things like gosh. that which you know Brent, if you've never heard that on a stern the first time oh, you hear it oh gosh Brent, it, it, the, it hurts i was at an auction not too long ago and they had a playboy which that's uh, the stern playboy which actually uh, a side story it went for more than i thought it would because the, you know the I like the game, uh-huh. but there's there's such a limited space that you could you know yeah. I'd have a hard time even having it here. Well, uh, I, I couldn't have you it couldn't have house. it at no, your house, no, no. and I'd have a hard time with it because of uh, um, uh, in my situation if I had my my niece over here, yeah, you know it just it would and even it would just it just doesn't fit. It just doesn't fit. Yeah, you know my niece, my, other parts of my well actually more than my niece, almost all my family, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, uh, in the house, it's, it would be all right as it is here today, but you know that's a whole other story. Yeah. So anyway, uh, a, a friend of mine was with me, and he'd never heard anything like it. And when that when that squelch or whatever it is came through the the head, the speakers in the head, yeah, to to, to be the pseudo knocker. Yes. He jumped back. He thought he thought the game had gone down. He well, thought he broke the game. Uh, well, and you know something. Here's the thing. My daughter is young and she loves playing the pinball machines but when the when her game is done she will cover her ears and squint in 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 like you know in, in like you know squint your eyes and everything and make a face cuz she knows that fake knocker sound is coming can you not and, turn that off in the setup i have not seen you know something Brent? i've been through the service menu a few times and either i've missed it or i or it's there and i've just glossed over it or it's not there um i, I Actually, you know, you asking that question makes me kind of, you know, makes me kind of rethink that. And I need to go, <laughs> I need to go home and I need look. To look for it specifically. Yeah, I need to look for it specifically. But what I, but either turning it off or changing it out to another sound would be, would be key. Okay. Yeah. Because like crazy climber, like uh, you know, a water, waterlog crazy climber or exactly. something like that. That'd be awesome, dude. If we, if we could get that, it makes a real squishy sound when you're done. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh so with that you know this this uh, this application is just getting you know very high regards on what it allows uh, what it allows you to do and there there is also a thread on pinside that is a primer for getting your sound files ready in the proper format to go back over onto the pinball machine so i will uh you know i, I will link to all of that the last point that i want to make on this is we'll start and let this continue you know, and on, on one hand, I'm like, what do they care? Well, I don't know that they would, but sometimes in in my mind, Stern is not always the most forward 
looking or forward yeah. thinking and about, it's still IP yeah, about everything intellectual they do. property and it, is, and it is still their IP that is correct you know and I don't want to go on record saying that you know that Stern's not doing something right or this or that but I, I hope they don't the, the crux of it is I hope they don't make a knee-jerk reaction that takes a lot of freedom out of their customers hands yeah, okay in this, in this modern day in this modern day yeah I mean I'm surprised that they aren't doing the modern equivalent of what a lot of the companies did like you know, suicide batteries and all your Capcom stuff, yeah. you know, a little, yes. a little bit of memory that kept a little bit of code alive. And then when that, when, if it, things were tampered with, if you tried to uh, reverse engineer the board by disassembling, look at it, it, would suicide itself. It, it would, the battery would, you at some point in time, the code would disappear because the battery would go away. Yeah. I'm surprised Stern hasn't done something to encrypt their, encrypt their, their software well at this it, their at, image at this recording as of today they have not done that to anything even uh metallica or star trek at this point okay I, I do know that for for a fact now could they start digitally signing the the firmware to where the to where the sam board would not take the update unless the firmware signed that's very possible could they start to encrypt it it's very yeah, possible there's all kinds of ways to- there's all kinds of ways i just hope that that stern does not do this to the user base because what this does for me is it actually um, is a selling point for a stern machine for me because if there's some part of the game that I don't like, I don't have to keep it that way. And like on my ACDC, man, Brent, there there are a couple of songs that I would really like to have on the pinball machine. Not that I don't like what's there. It's just that there's a couple that I would really, really love to see on the pinball machine. And I could make that a reality for myself if I wanted to do that, and change and change the DMDs to match. Okay, mm-hmm. so so th- so that's huge. And you can and, and one thing that was mentioned about Tron, and I don't know this about ACDC, and I've not looked at uh, I've not looked at the Tron firmware at this point, but apparently, like in the Tron firmware, there are literally tons and tons and tons of verbal callouts right from the Tron Legacy movie that Stern has in the firmware but did not use in the game. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So so there there are there are apparently a lot of collateral. There 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 is a lot of collateral inside these firmware images that are there sitting dormant that are not even part of some of the games that you could then tap into and swap out and and use in the game as I, you see fit. It, how is that proven out as someone you can you can see it. Someone, of course, I'm not my. I don't know how it's structured. You know, I'm assuming that if you do a, the code calls cell one two three ABC well, it, for the call out of the sound. Yeah, when you're looking at when you're looking at the firmware file inside the Explorer application, uh, you can it, it, it essentially lists it, it essentially lists out like all of the addresses of each one of the callouts, and then you can you can essentially walk the tree, okay, mm-hmm. and you can see where this where this callout is, what this callout is, what this callout is, and then you can go and look at them individually and see what and but see you, what they I are. guess where I'm going is this unless you've gotten into the code. There's no, or you've felt that you have done everything there is to do in the game. Even if you take the glass off and hit the switches manually, you have really no way of knowing if it's all used. 
Well, it, it ha- you have no way of knowing knowing it's all used, but you can see the labels where certain actions in the game go to certain places in the firmware and then play that audio. So it is labeled to the point where you can kind of hmm. like muddle your way through it and, and, and kind of figure it out. Yeah, like a function call type of a deal. It's, it's for the coders. Essentially out there. that. Yeah. So like building like a label in a batch file or gotcha. something like that. So so yeah. So it, it's it's really neat. And, and I, you know, it's something that I wanted to talk about this episode because I've just I've read through the the entire Pinside thread several times. It, it's it's pretty amazing work that's being done. And again, this is just the user community coming, the, the pinball user community kind of coming together. So, uh, you know, th- that's really you know, that's really what I wanted to say on it, Brent. But you know, like I say, I'll include all the uh, all the links in, in the show notes and everything. And then the last thing, Brent, that I wanted to cover before we uh, move into talking about uh, you know some uh, some some new events or some new news in pinball uh, for this month is I just wanted to give a quick update on the uh, monitor pot adjustment extension boards from uh, from Twisty Wrist Arcade. I talked about those at length last month. So we're going to actually do video talk? Video talk. We're, we're, gonna actu- we're actually going to do vid talk here right. real quick. Yeah, not much, but just a little bit, okay? Because, dude, we've been, I mean, we've pretty much been all pinball this episode. Yeah, we have. It's been great. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to do a follow-up. I got my order in from uh, Rip Tour at uh, Twisty Wrist Arcade, and um, the, the monitor uh, pot adjustment boards are extremely high quality. They're fantastic uh, from a from a build perspective. Um, the you know the harnesses and the cables are all very nice, and uh, these things are a dream to uh, to set up, and they work great. I've already installed two of them, and they worked uh, day one, right off the bat. Uh, awesome. Uh, the hardest thing to do is essentially just keeping track of the wire colors as you're desoldering them off of the the factory board and putting them onto the remote board. Uh, highly highly recommended for either the Geo 7 or the Sanyo 20 Easy. All right, Brent, and with that, uh, how about let's uh, talk, before we get into our interview for the the interview segment for the show, why don't we uh, talk a few minutes about uh, some new, I guess some some new news in, in the pinball world uh, around, that's swirling, uh, it's just got Pinside lit up, and Clove as well, there's a very healthy thread on Clove on this uh, also, but uh, Pinside is just rolling on this, man. It's about the remake and re-release of Medieval Madness classic williams uh what's considered an a-list title for williams like the a-list title well or, is, yeah. or twilight zones I mean, it's, the it's, it's pretty yeah. it's pretty high up you there, get in man. twilight zone monster bash medieval madness yeah you're getting i mean you are you're getting into some uh you know into some serious cash on uh, on pinball titles so man so so this this title is being uh remade and re-released by a uh, by a company called uh, Planetary Pinball, and so Brent, uh, this was announced during the uh, 2013 Chicago or the, the Pinball Expo held in Chicago just a just a month or so back. Uh, it looks like they're taking or they they took orders for an initial run of a thousand units, all what's considered LE machines. Uh, this LE version uh, is is to have gold trim and a shaker motor built in, and Brent, this thing's going to cost right at eight thousand dollars. So when when I first thousand bucks, when I first saw that, I so, thought, so dude, what do you think about well, this? The first thing I noticed 
when uh, I think I caught the the first thread on KLOV. Okay. And I took a look at the at the quote unquote official release, and uh, people were talking about a thousand and trying to get on the list. And the first thing I I thought was it didn't necessarily lead me to believe that there wasn't going to be another version <laughs> and oh I, you know <laughs> oh, Brent, I hope that's not the case because well i mean they've so, already done so, it so much has been, so much blood sweat and tears have been shed in the forums over what's going to happen next and oh this yeah and with that. pricing and all that with pricing and availability and when's it going to ship and well they've already from if, if i've caught up uh, uh, once that once that initial thousand sold, uh-huh. then they were going to have a second run, and I'm not sure what they called them. It's they're, it's just like non LEs. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't even know what they call. You're I think right. they were going to sure drop. They, them, they were going to drop the shaker motor, yes. and they were going to do one one half the clear coat, so one versus two or uh-huh. two versus four, whatever the total clear yeah. coat count was, and not having the gold, trim. not having the gold trim, and then they eventually ended up amending that so that the playfield was still the same so it was still yes. the same type of clear coat as as of right now it and is then, still the same type of clear coat so basically it was um it was a standard quote unquote as released back in the day medieval madness trim yes. with yes. their with their twist on on the clear coat that, so that is true that is true and i think it's worth noting that this is uh you know this is all the same toys this is the you know th- this is essentially a re-release of the same well, game that's where i here, Here's where I noticed the difference. Okay. And, and and the first thing I thought is eight grand. Yes. And you know, you're in you're in You're in Waz territory. You're in Waz territory. Yeah. You know, and that that is you got an L C D in it, you've got a computer in it, you've got a yeah. beautiful play field, you've got a lot of toys, yeah, you've got a lot of unique parts, and I'm thinking, okay, well, the 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 majority of the Williams quote unquote stuff is probably reproduced. Yeah. You know, you can get it. You can probably get it relatively inexpensive in mass. You know, you're not in you're not in uh, new territory in terms of designing a game. Mm-hmm. You obviously have some licensing there because you have to get the rights for this game from somewhere. But you're not chasing down uh, a movie ride, or you're not chasing this down, and you're also not doing the art, whether it's original or just even the work to place the existing art that goes along with the property. Right. And I, I'm. I, and I, I was like, I'm trying to think about the eight thousand, and I'm sure, and, and I'm not knocking the price. You know, yeah. I, I really, and all, and all, truth be told, I don't think that 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 is a good, a bad price. No, um, it, but it's still eight thousand dollars. It's still eight thousand dollars. Yeah. Now, what I, I, it's obvious. I kind of, I like to tinker on the electronic side of it, and I thought, man, are they? What are they doing? Are they just? Are they reproducing this thing like a carbon copy? No. And they're not. If you look in the head of it, no, they're not. It's. And, and and I hear I'm woefully unprepared, but it's whatever the new kind of all-in-one magic whiz-bang pinball controller it, it, board yeah, it's is. Like, it, it's like this this new MPU, and we, yeah. we'll have to get some some more details on it. I mean, it's the size of a uh, it's the size of a sixty-in-one, basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, arcade board. Ar- yeah. yeah, a sixty-in-one uh, arcade board. Yeah, I, I don't know where the driver board is, and my understanding is. And I can understand this entirely. I mean, I can completely understand this. This is not a knock, and I'm really surprised that 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 no one else has done this yet. My understanding is is the underside of the of the playfield is PCB based. 
Okay. So they're they they sidestep all the expense of the copper wire wow. Wow. and all the labor. Wow. So you look under the play field and it's it's <laughs> it's a series of like four or whatever PCBs. Uh-huh. Sandwiched, right. And no, not sandwiched. Oh, I mean not. you lift they're just laid out. You lift the play field uh-huh. and the bottom of it is PCBs and the PCBs make all of your wire oh, paths. Oh wow, that's fantastic. So um I think they're doing uh, LEDs on the PCBs. Okay. You know, so that's how you're doing your lighting. Okay. Um, and I I can see doing it. I mean, yeah, you've got to lay the PCBs out. Yeah, you got to have the PCBs produced. But I think in the long run, that's going to be a whole lot cheaper than all the labor mm-hmm. to produce the harness. Yeah. And, and, and if, you, if you've ever seen pictures of, like, the factory tours within Stern, it appears to me like the harness making is, is, pro- the big deal. is probably one of the most labor-intensive and costly endeavors in making a pinball machine because they have the looms where they have the wiring harnesses laid up and then people are people are standing there literally where it is their job to run these wiring harnesses it, well i'm sorry to create these wiring harnesses exactly. against these looms and then you've got to solder all the pieces exactly you know? it's it, it seems like it's fraught with it's fraught with steps that that uh that may not produce the desired result and then troubleshooting wiring harnesses is notoriously hard to I, do. I mentioned i mentioned a full wire harness when i was talking about the spooky pinball, pinball guys earlier mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that Charlie talks about quite a bit is, you know, if anybody wants to come to the shop and help us run wiring harnesses, I can believe it. And there's there's a lot of pictures of them on YouTube laying out wire or uh, on Facebook laying out wiring harnesses, laying so, out the harnesses. Yeah. So you, you don't necessarily have an exact copy. No, but you, you have but you have a an exact playing copy. Is right. What you have. That's what you got. When you walk up to it, you don't see it as being anything other than than what it was thirty years ago. Or I'm sorry, you know, twenty five years ago or twenty years ago, when uh, you know when when these games were being made. So one so. of the things I wasn't clear on, I don't know if you know the answer to this, Whitney, is are they using the original code or? Oh, and then they're brain. emulating the MPU in in the in the current MPU. I, I don't I don't know, and that, that's a very good question. I think that's something that we that we definitely need to follow up on and, and to educate ourselves on a little bit better. I mean, uh, it's I don't I don't know if it is discrete hardware that is emu, that that is producing the same result as the original hardware. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you know, kind of like a, a NOAC, you know, a Nintendo on a chip, mm-hmm. you know, to where it, it produces the same result as the hardware inside an NES or something along those lines, or if it's just all done in, in, in emulation. You know, I would emulating a video game like in MAME mm-hmm. or like your multi-game board your 16 ones that's one thing that's one thing cuz you you're emulating the hardware and then in some cases you're you're emulating the hardware to run the the ROM the original yeah. ROM and then in some systems you're you're recreating all of it from scratch and then yeah. in that video game world any good player on real hardware can quickly tell the difference timing or even a ROM revision yeah. or where something is kind of off time due to emulation. That's right. I'm trying to think in a, in, in a pinball world, not to downplay what the programmers had to do because they did some amazing things amazing. with the hardware that they had at the time. Yes. But 
at, at the end of the at the end of the day, it was all interrupt driven. Yeah, you've got <laughs> you've got kind of a a, a a known list of if ball hits A, uh-huh. B, C, and lot, you know, you've got a sequence of things that you you know you're basically checking against to turn on a mode, enable a mode, enable a light. You're to track status, quote unquote, between players, right? And you're not really timing driven like you would be, like uh, uh, the aliens def- uh, descending in Galaga. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, so you're yeah. just looking for states, and you're tracking state, and then and then you're responding to you're multiple responding. states. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, you could you could you could reverse engineer the a game, any mm-hmm. game, and you know. As long as the playfield plays right, the toys are produced correctly. the 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 lay the playfield layout is reproduced correctly. It, the, it, it all should come together. It all should come together. And produce the same result as the original machine. Now, it, one thing, Brent, you know, that I'm interested in your take on is what do you think this does to pinball as a whole? You know, reproducing this, you know, these you know twenty to thirty year old games today you know when when we look at what jersey jack has done okay who's obviously advanced the state of of pinball okay to to some degree or to to a large degree i think a lot of people would argue as well and then you look at you know the the multitude of titles that are coming out from stern and stern you know on a very you know heavy release schedule and they're you know they're cranking these titles out and these games out um and not to downplay what Stern has done either. I mean, if you look at like the artwork on Metallica, it's be- you know like Metallica is a beautiful game. But now we've got a company that is turning back the hands of time, and now they're going to instead of producing something new, uh, they're still producing something new, but it's something old at the same point. So, 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 what do you think this does to pinball? Well, here, here's what I think is going to happen. Um, from the from the perspective of the specific game Medieval Madness, mm-hmm. and, and I'm kind of drawing on uh, a, a background in like kind of collector car, show car, kind of being in that that kind of that community for several years. Yeah, you know, not everybody knows what a Yinko Camaro is, uh-huh. or not everybody knows what a, a Stingray Corvette a, is. You know, yeah. or you know the original Z06 Corvettes. Exactly. Or well, here, here you go, a Chevelle with SS badges on it. Yeah. Okay, there's a perfect example of a semi-common rare car, uh-huh. a real SS Chevelle. Um, people have made clone Chevelles, Camaros, Trans Ams, um, Hemi. Hemi powered Barracudas, they have done that. Roadrunners, Bumblebees, Road, right. all these yeah. types of cars. They yeah. have cloned the the original Infinitum forever. Yeah. yeah. And um, some people are a little bit more underhanded about it and try to pass it off as a real deal. But at the end of the day, if you know what you're doing, you're an educated buyer. Um, this will be easier to spot, obviously, because there's some definite differences that yeah. are easy to point out. Yeah. Maybe even if it's spot on on from an exterior perspective, um, the original holds a value. Yeah. So, you know, that that original medieval madness brings some brings some cash. Mm -hmm. And I mean, to a certain degree, I really think people will some people have have it just because they've got it. Yeah. You know, hey, I've got this. They bought it for the collectability. They bought it for the collectability of it. Yeah. I I don't think long term it's going to bring the price of of 
the game down or any game that gets reproduced say if they redo Adams or they redo re- Monster redo Bash Master or ba- Monster yeah. Bash because yeah. this is I think this is probably whoever's got uh, they're doing this planetary if they're doing this they probably got some inroads into whoever's got the Williams license I hope, so. I hope they do because man to, to do to go to this trouble for a one shot wonder mm-hmm. is a shame yeah yeah um, uh, we'll have I have to ask you about this later. The the licensing, I had something on my mind, but for the game itself, I don't think long term it's going to bring the price down. People that want the game, they're they'll they'll want the game. Mm-hmm. People that want the real SS big block Chevelle will will have and have the means. Yes, will buy because it's the real uh-huh. big block SS Chevelle. And I think you bring up a good point when you say have the means. Have because, the means because. The one thing I am looking very forward to this doing, and I don't want to confuse the fact that this that this Medieval Madness remake will never... I don't want to confuse the fact that, that it will be a Medieval Madness from Williams from back in the day, because it will not. This is a remake of that game. But the important point that I think uh, may be lost sometimes in the the fervor of the forums and people getting very emotional about this is that this is a way to bring pinball to the masses even more. And it will put that game in the hands of people, homes, on location, whatever it may be, that may not have ever have been able to get their hands on a medieval oh, exactly. madness because it's an A-list title that's bringing you know somewhere between twelve and fifteen thousand dollars, just depending upon or or more maybe depending upon what it is in the condition and everything like that. So if we want to look at what what does it take to keep pinball viable and keep pinball alive and keep this hobby thriving into the next generation, these games have got to be accessible. They've got to be playable and they have to be enjoyable. Now, not and dependable. And dependable. That's a good point. That's a, that's an able I didn't get, dude. That's a very good point. So, along with that, is more and more of these A list titles I think are going to find their way into collectors' basements. Dude, you're not going to see a medieval madness out on location today. No, make you know, just sitting there being beat all to you know have the daylights beat out of it, you know, and and on route. I just cannot. Or see you know, that. chances are you're not going to see that in the basement of a lot of a lot of collectors. No, because because the finance the, the financial aspect of it means that it's unobtainable to all but a select crowd of pinball enthusiasts. You know, if, if I went out at at the next pinball gathering the next expo i attended and i played a medieval i admit i've not played a medieval madness yeah if i played it and i thought it was the cat's meow uh-huh the bomb the bomb yeah i'm not inclined to go out and this is me you know i may have the means i uh, may not have the means i'm not inclined to go out because i'm thinking man i could have that's collector money man i could have three to four nice games that i also really enjoy pinball games and, not not and if we're talking video games oh then, yeah then you're talking i could have an entire where i could have an entire garage full times three yeah i'm having i'm, I'm gonna get you know a really beautiful star wars i'm gonna get a major havoc i'm gonna get you know <laughs> a quantum yeah where's a zoo, a how, how many quantums do well what'd you do with the what'd you do with your fifth quantum i made it a toilet yeah i made it you a know, toilet why know, did you do that because i could yeah you know yeah yeah that's five quantums if, if i if easily. i if i went out and i played that game and i really enjoyed it and i'm looking at this i'm like this is 
eight seven grand something which is eight eight grand yeah right you at know eight. and assuming you know in a couple of years it'll be on the secondary market and it'll you know it'll probably fluctuate a little bit and i don't know what the production's going to be but that's a that's i'd have it yeah yeah i mean that's a that's a viable option now you asked me what i thought it was gonna do i think it's gonna do another thing too i think it's going to bring a, a lot of pins into the mark back into the market I, I think so and i do look forward to that because i think what we'll see is an influx of of b titles hit the market oh as, i think you'll have some a's come out there. and i think you'll have some a's come out as well that's true but i, I think it'll be a, a large influx of b titles as people start dropping some of the some of the quote-unquote the b titles uh, as they try to, you know, raise collateral and some cash to pay for this new medieval madness, whether they have one or not. The one thing that I thought was interesting, Brent, uh, you know, while while we're talking about, and, and don't get me wrong, I don't think start, I don't think that this just drives that phenomenon. I think it's no. going to drive a larger wave of it uh-huh. this time around. But yeah. I, I, the same thing I think happens in, in on a microcosm type of a, of a scale when Stern releases. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that, and I, I think you're right. You see people that that are going for the next the next greatest thing or the next newest thing. But one thing that I did think was interesting, and I saw a uh, I saw a picture of this on Facebook, is that as soon as Planetary announced this at at the Pinball Expo, there was a line. I mean, a line of people waiting to give their one thousand dollar down payment right then and there at the announcement. And out of that one thousand, uh, you know, I saw a couple of people comment that easily the first hundred or so were sold within right minutes, then. right there on the spot. And so, it, I mean, obviously, there's a market. There's a market. Otherwise, that would not be happening. So, there's a market. And where there's a market, that also means there's unmet need. And where there's unmet need, that means there's dollars to spend. And wherever there's dollars to spend, these things are going to these yeah. things are going to make it. So, you know, I guess kind of, you know, to wrap this discussion up on this, you know, I am all for what I see happening as long as it's kept in the proper context and done in such a way that it doesn't devalue the original because yeah, there will I, never be replace uh, there will never be a replacement for the original. I, never. I, I absolutely agree. I think yeah. it's I think it's good all around. It's good all it's around. Gonna, it's going to make pinball more accessible. It's yes. going to it's going to put some more machines out there in people's hands. People that that don't have the finances or just don't wish to to spend that kind of money. Yeah, they now have access a potential access to a game that they just really may want to have. Yeah, they're going to have a new machine. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, we talked about this earlier. I'm, I'm a, I'm a maintenancey type guy. Yeah. I, I'm assuming that they're still using like, you know, Williams replace. You know, there's going to be some they unique are. parts. They, they are. There's going to be some unique parts. Obviously, you know, yeah. I'm not worried about the PCBs, for example, as the wiring harness because, to me, so what if they maybe under undersized one of the traces? Yeah, it's you, fixable. That's easily fixable. Yeah, you, you can, should see you some can of take the. Care of that. You should see some of the broken monitor chassis I fixed. Yes, you know yeah. it's easily fixable. Yeah, where you're running jumper wires left yeah, and right. Yeah, it's to easy. Do this and that. You know, yeah. it just uh, and I'm I don't know that they've done that. I'm just pulling that out of there. I'm I I think I would even prefer. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it. But I think done right, I would prefer the PCB setup versus a full harness. I would, I would as well, you know. But you know, from a reliability standpoint, and a what's going to make Whitney the happiest every time he goes down and flips on the switch, and what gives you the highest probability of that game coming up and actually running when you want to play it? Because let's face it, man, they they don't they fail when you when you 
are depending upon them the most or when you want to play them the most or when they're getting heavy usage. Anything that, that can increase the reliability and the enjoyment factor of it, I'm all for as long as it's done with the, within the proper context. Yeah, I'd really yeah. like to see, keep in mind, folks, this is, we've we've seen pictures we've not seen yeah. the game no no i and no i haven't seen the game we're just commenting on what we've seen I mean, and what we've read stern i can walk if stern came here's the thing about me personally personally buying a game i've not played i, I wouldn't do it yeah um i really like i really like the, the new star trek franchise yeah and it's cool. uh, the movies I, are great. I really enjoyed all the Star Trek TV shows. Uh-huh. I'm not as much a classic Trek fan, but you know, I'm 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 a, a sci-fi geek to a, yeah. a certain degree. I mean, I don't have the Spock ears, and I don't have you know action figures sitting around. I got to take my Spock ears. Yeah, off, he's dude. he's Gosh, Whitney's wearing Spock ears. I've got Spock but ears on. I really like that that theme. Yeah, yeah. I but do too. still, I. I'd want to play the game. Uh-huh. You know, I know a lot of folks, for example, talk about Congo, the pinball. It is terrible because of the theme. Uh-huh. But the game, but is the game is awesome. Supposedly the game supposedly is great. awesome. Yeah. So, um, I'd have a hard time. I know Stern's quality because I've seen their other equipment. So it's gotten better. It's, it's got, <laughs> I guess what I'd say is it's a known, it's a known entity. It's a known, you know, it's everybody known, accepts it for what it is. It's a known entity. I'd really like to see one of these in person and, and get some, you know, the guys that are, they're buying, buying them now, they, they're what we call in the technology field. They're on the bleeding edge because yeah. they're going to, they're going to prove out how well they did this PCB design for under the play field, how yeah. well the, you know, well, what goes on? I, I'm sure Planetary, if if they're if they're in this to win it, so to speak, uh, the next title that they produce will undoubtedly incorporate the improvements from from Medieval Madness. But you know something that is again, it can only be good for pinball. And I will say this, man if uh, if I ever hear of a Monster Bash coming down the coming down the to- coming down the, the loop on that is is a possible title man i'd have to think long and hard about that Roger. yeah because i love that game i'm just I love the theme and it's it would be a way that i could get a monster bash without without paying the a-list title price i'm just kind of wondering if someone out there that's going to buy medieval madness is clearing out a back to the future from their collection <laughs> contact brent so that's, there's a what is it, what is, it, is that a is that a sub b or is that a c-list title i would probably call that a b minus to a, a b title <laughs> but you know something it's great you know i i you know for me uh you know, like uh, uh, Bally's uh, Eight Ball Deluxe. You know, I love that game. I think it's a great game, and I don't really know that that qualifies as a A list. And it's not I've an A list title. Playfields but, hanging out in the garage. Mm-hmm, you seen that? But I have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You showed it to me. So, but yeah. So that would be a B or C title. But man, it's so much fun to play. I love it. Oh, I've got a story about one of those. It involves one. It involves one with the the, the front of it spray painted, had the wrong size balls in it. It was given to the person that owned it by their hairdresser. And all the reds were faded, and they wanted twenty four hundred dollars for it. That's 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 awesome. Well, they were watching pickers in Pawn Star. Yes, and so they they the try to, they try to get eBay prices. Yeah. Well, man, I you know I, anyway. I tell you I think we've covered the whole medieval madness uh, topic pretty well, but it's something that I think we need to keep our eye on and uh, discuss a little bit as uh, as time you know as time goes and, and it draws closer because I will say this it's it's a developing story and we're nowhere close to the final chapter on medieval madness on that oh, being remade. Absolutely not. No. So Brent, how about this? How about we uh, 
uh, we go ahead and uh, get into our interview for this episode. And uh, why don't we uh, why don't we go ahead and transition over and let's uh, let's do our first remote interview and uh, let's talk to uh, let's talk to Jeff. Great, sounds awesome. All right. Okay, everybody, uh, we're back, and we've got uh, a broken token uh, roving interview here. I am in the basement of uh, a local collector here in Louisville, uh, Jeff Schnurla, and uh, Jeff's been kind enough to invite the podcast into his home and talk about uh, his arcade collection and his uh, his pinball collection, his love for gaming, and uh, all the things that that drive him to to stay in this hobby, you know, despite despite our age and everything like that. (laughs) So, uh, Jeff, good evening. I, I really appreciate you uh really appreciate you having us here here in your home no hey thanks for having me i um you know i th- after the first podcast i was like man i need to get on board with this because this is uh, good stuff anything that really pushes the hobby and um uh, the local scene too yeah the, the scene itself i mm-hmm. mean it's it's great and um you know it's uh something that uh i think uh, is just going to benefit benefit everybody around here i mean it's uh and i'm glad to be a part of it and you guys did an awesome job by the way oh well thank you man thank you one, yeah so. yeah dude your your uh your uh 10 penny check is in the mail so we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get you subbed on that no no problem at all but uh but yeah so so jeff uh jeff like i say is is a local collector here in louisville and, and jeff how long have you been how long have you been in the arcade hobby or have, have you been interested in you know in arcade collecting retro games and pinball as well well you know i mean just in the hobby of collecting arcades and pins um i kind of was one of those guys that always just sat back and looked at it and said oh i wish i would have one but when the opportunity came to buy one i never did um, I, I was one of those guys for probably six, seven, eight years, but I didn't get my first arcade um, till it's probably in uh, early two thousand. Early so, two thousand. So, so what was that? What was the first title make it down here to your basement? Um, it was a Miss Pac Man. It was a Miss Pac Man. Actually, was it the Miss Pac Man sitting right no, over there? No, it's not. No, okay. it's not. This is this is actually an interesting story. Um, I actually. Um, I, I didn't pull the trigger on my first arcade buy. It what? Was, it, it, it was. Are you serious? No, it was actually before I met my wife. Um, <laughs> and so if she's listening to this right now, she's going to come down. There's going to be some more editing. No, it, it, it's no. all good. I, I met your wife. She, she, she's an arcade wife, so she's a saint. Exactly. So she's putting up with me uh, invading your basement and everything and setting all this equipment up and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, she, she's she's a gem, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but, but, um, but, no, really, it was um, I, the, a girl that I used to date um, she knew that I just had a love for him but mm-hmm. knew that I would never pull the trigger on it and she went out and bought me it was a Miss Pac-Man and a thrown together cab and okay. but that really opened the floodgates because once I realized hey look we can move these things easy it's not you know the cost factor where you look for them how you get into them I mean I, I, bet I was on um, Clove you know, yeah. um, since like the the beginning, you know, okay. and, and uh, but I only had like two to three hundred posts. Yeah, you know? but I was one of those lurker guys. <laughs> but but once the floodgates yep. opened and that first game came in the door, um, it it, it blew up to uh, I think it was ten or eleven at the time, and then oh wow, really that fast? Really? I mean, with, so you just went from like one to over ten, just just bam with, within about a year and a half. Wow, that's and, that, yeah, that's strong. That's and strong. um and then um just like all good love stories, there's a, a an ending, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so what had happened is um, all the games that I had, they, you know, ba- basically we didn't, the relationship didn't work out and I moved into a smaller house. I brought four or five with me and then ultimately I was going to rent the house out and then 
it went down to zero. So I, I oh, you got rid of all every of them. one of them, every one of them. And what what was that like? Because here here's and the reason I ask is you know there's definitely there there's definitely some emotional attachment to the games. Otherwise, you wouldn't get them to begin with. Definitely. But I mean, you know, was it was it hard to get was it hard to get rid of them? I mean, a lot of people put a lot of attachment to these physical things and. I know that there's games that I wouldn't want to ever get rid of, but at the same point in time, it it is just a game. So yeah, no, there is definitely truth to that. Um, you know, all of those games I went and either picked up myself. I I did started my cutting my teeth on them, working on them a little bit. So I had an, an attachment to all those, let alone the attachment of. Um, growing up with them and loving loving them as a kid, so okay. um, it was kind of like a double vested interest. And then having to unload them, um, and I, I even asked the question when people were coming to pick them up. I was I said, you know, hey, is it going to a good home like it was a pet or something? <laughs> but um, I actually had a Donkey Kong Junior cocktail, and um, one of the um, uh, one the couple that came and picked it up, they met while playing that game. And really? yeah, and yeah. and what they were going to offer me for the game was I gave it to them for $150, $200 less because it was a great story. It was going into their, oh, that's cool. And that was the, their first arcade. Um, wow. and, uh, you know, that had some history for them. So, yeah, yeah. but yeah, it was tough getting rid of them. And I, I said to myself, you know, this is a time in my life in which, you know, I'm going to remember this. I'm going to come back after a lot of these titles, but yeah. it was just something that I had to look at what was best for the time for me at that time. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, and sure enough, I've, I've accumulated probably there's, Two or three that I'm still looking for um, yeah. that were not in my collection. Well, so, so what? So what are those right yeah. now? If pa- you don't mind me asking, Paperboy. <laughs> oh yeah, pa- Paperboy is one Paper that I ha- that I owned that I got from Columbus. Got a great deal on in my in my previous collection, and yeah. uh, my wife loves it. That's her favorite game. Yeah, I mean, we would we would, our whole our, our whole courting um, we was spent playing that game. Yeah, it's that's that's a tougher one to find, and, and a tougher one to find in good condition as well. I I don't really, you know, I never really played Paperboy a lot back in the day, mm-hmm. but I've come to appreciate it over the years for for what it is. And a lot of the a lot of those, you know, System One, System One, System Two games are they're just great. <clears throat> yeah, and I'll tell you what, I mean, I, I my recollection of Paperboy um, going to the arcade, and you know, you often have a lot of you know games and how they look and the presentation and what draws you in. But seeing the handlebars, you were like, what? It's like, what is this? It's kind of like, it's got handlebars. It was like Dragon's Lair walking in and seeing a cartoon. You're like, what? So it was, um, that was the, that I I was like, what, where's the joystick? Where are the buttons? You know? And I'm like, I'm riding a bike. You know, it was like a simulation. Yeah. So that's what, that was probably really captured your, captured your imagination. I would say. Yeah. And in, in, in a market where you're like fighting for quarters, I mean, they, you know, that's what really got me. I was like, wow, look at me. I mean, even when I wasn't playing the game, and didn't have any money like I ran out of my quarters I actually stand like, there and look at I, it I, I was I was like like I was still delivering you know <laughs> but you know. so so how far could you make it through the game oh it did pretty well actually I would would uh, you make it through the week yeah yeah I'd make it through the week on okay. on, on, uh, on novice and then um you know maybe lose a life or two and then yeah. once you get to the harder levels and it just you know I, I I'm, I never claim to be an expert in any of my games. I, 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 they're neither, they're, they're in my collection because we have fun with them. Because, and, uh, because you love them. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, some accomplishments here, there, and everywhere, but Paperboy was one of those ones that yeah. I've got it. it. You know, it's it's 
I'm looking out for it everywhere. Well, let me ask you. So have you had any leads on one that, that just didn't pan out or has it just been tough to find? Uh, just been tough to find, really. Um, it, you know, it's always that way. Kind of you have things coming up on the opposite coasts and, yeah. you know, it gets to the point where you're like, you know what? I'm just going to pay to have it sent here. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. And, and there's there's always that. I mean, at some point you've got to look at what's the what's the opportunity cost for looking for the next eight, you know, five, eight, seven, eight years. Or I could just, you know, I could just kind of man up and pay navel and it shows up exactly. you know and it's done exactly yeah. so and it, it seems like more so recently there's a fair amount on the west coast i don't know if you know <laughs> Dude, we are on the wrong coast yeah. for arcade games but you know it's uh it is what it is and yeah. you know I, i've always I've, I've always waited and kind of found uh kind of found the game i wanted but um you know paperboy you know especially with it being one of my wife's favorites yeah it's, it's one of those that um that's going to get a little more uh, attention and, yeah. and possibly be uh, delivered from a coast. So. <laughs> I understood, understood. And, you know, there's, there's, you know, the old saying is, you know, happy wife, happy life. And, you know, and I'm sure if a paper boy were to show up here, it uh, it does nothing but grease the skids for the next three games. So yeah, there's nothing true. wrong with that. So so what else are you looking for? Uh, Well, you know, I, um, you know, if you look around at my collection right now, I mean, you can kind of see there's not really a rhyme or reason. Um, it's well, basically a, uh, you know, a lot of people have, uh, you know, like either a Nintendo Rose or, um, you know, I, I kind of, these are games that I remember walking in the arcade and saying, you know what, God, I love this game. I love this game. Okay. Um, looking at around, you see a lot of two-player games. Um, I do. I see a track and field. Yeah. And for everybody's benefit here, I'm just kind of looking around Jeff's uh, Jeff's basement here. He's got, you know, very, very nice basement set up well. And he's got the games laid out. They're spaced out good. Uh, unlike in, in my game room where they're all just kind of stuck side to side. But uh, Jeff's got good spacing here. He's got a track and field and Miss Pack. I see a narc and uh, what, what else, Jeff? I don't, uh, I don't have my glasses got, on, so I, things uh, are a little fuzzy I'll, right I've now. Got a lot of uh, the two-player fighters, Double mm-hmm. Dragon, Final Fight, um, and and, and um, I, uh, the reasoning behind that is that um, when I was growing up, um, my 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 family seemed like it was typical that every family got divorced. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, so um, on our court, our, our family got uh, got divorced when I was you know seven, eight years old. Okay, you know, having an older brother who was two, three years older than me, um, you know, when we were when we went out to the arcades, um, you know it was we like to both get in and start playing and yeah uh, a lot of the games the the one player games I and mean, i was born in 76 so okay you know i well i was able to experience a lot um of, of, of the later yeah, arcade years the later arcade years yeah. i mean my first recollections of video games are going to you know supermarkets and even clothing stores and playing donkey kong and zaxxon yeah. but where it really really clicked in with me was uh the the next wave the okay the, the mid 80s and mid 80s early 90s like, like mid- the, i'd say like the street fighter you know the street Fighter yeah. and Mortal Kombat's things like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was um, that was actually the Street Fighters and Mortal Kombat's were kind of on the tailor end. I mean, I I remember playing, you know, the, you know, the '83 games, the the Crystal okay. Castles, the Commandos, the you know, even those. But then once you got to the the two player games, that's kind of where my brother and I were like, okay, we can both play at the same time. Okay, no taking turns. Yeah. Um, you know, we were always there for each other through the divorce, so it seemed like it was just almost another thing to do playing so, playing a two player game like teaming up to take down Willie and Double Dragon yeah. or. or or in Final Fight, you know, I mean, it was kind of that natural progression that just led us to really fall in love with those games. So um, a lot of my memories are with 
playing those two player games with my brother um you know and as, as you can see look around you can see a lot of representation of those games but yeah. but then again you know i have um love crystal castles growing up um couldn't find one locally that had the beautiful side art and yeah. you know and uh, so you know having it in my in my um collection was it was uh, a must so i got a great deal on a, a buddy of mine uh, joe from Shelbyville, indiana give him give him props um right on joe <laughs> and uh we know he's listening <laughs> i know if he's not i, I sent him the link to, to, good so, Good. He, Good. He, Thank he you. Should, Thank he, you in he advance. Should, he should be on. But, uh, Excellent. But I love love Crystal Castles. Love Frogger growing up. Yeah. Um, You've got a nice cocktail Frogger too. I noticed that when I, when we were walking down the steps. I. That's a title that you don't see in cocktail form in good shape very often. Yeah, it's um, and I got that um, and you know everyone can look around the room and and and, uh, and look exactly where you you know tell you where you got them from yeah. and, and the experience and yeah. what you did and I'm not gonna remember the snacks that I bought at the truck stop right before no. I got it. No. I, I can do that, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but no with uh, with Frogger I got that. That was my farthest drive. That was in St. Louis and I got it for twenty five dollars. Louisville, Louisville to St. Louis and you got it for twenty five bucks. Twenty five bucks. Yeah. Wow. And, did it work when you brought it home? It when you got not. it home, it did not. It did okay. not. Um, had some monitor issues and um, um, took took it to my buddy uh, over off of Bartstown Road. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> we're going to name drop here. That would be who would that would that be Mr. Uh, Edward Lutz? That that would be. That would be. We we had Ed on on uh, episode number two. So yes, yeah, great great interview for anybody that uh, that, that didn't get to catch uh, that didn't get to catch that. Go back and listen to episode two. It's it's it was it was good. But uh, but he does great work and yes, he does. Uh, he's also kind of. Uh, showed me the ropes on getting into the getting into the scene and kind yeah. of he's worked on a lot of my arcades but anyway the frogger was um yeah that came from st louis and it was a, a great pickup and um you know it uh it, it's it you know just looking around the, the room it's I, i'm happy of the games i collected i love them it's a representation of my childhood kind of what i endured through not some not so great times and um yeah. you know it's it's just kind of like a a, a just like a, a path of what 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 I've become. Well, and I think that's I think it's probably fair to say that we all we all have different reasons and we all have a different path that brought us you know brought us here to the hobby. But for whatever reason, the machines mean something, you mm-hmm. know, and Definitely. they're going to mean different things to different people. But the common thread is they mean something. They got you through something. You grew up through something with them and it's cool i mean that you found a, a way to bond with your brother and deepen you know a relationship over these over these physical you know the, these physical games and these physical assets and and so it, it that's that's very cool that's very cool yeah I, it, it's exactly right and that kind of um you know with the arcades i mean i also we we do a lot we do a fair amount of console gaming and mm-hmm. and you know we, we we grew up with the ataris and the nintendos and stuff and and, and i still i own almost every one of those systems still and do you, I, so do you, do you you still have like a in a, a twenty you know an Atari twenty six hundred oh, yeah, or anything? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, it's I, awesome. I have, I have the granddaddy of them all, dude. I, I have little gaming little gaming em. console parties, and I had a Commodore sixty four setup. No, it's that's I mean, sweet. I own, I own all this silly stuff, but you know, it's great because when people come down and then the reaction is, "Oh, you have this? I used to play this." I, that's that's the one expression I love the most. I used to play this. This is something that. You know that that I that I loved and watching the, their expressions as well as mine. You know, I mean, that's it's just a, a labor of love. I mean, and it's it is. 
Yeah, it, it is. I, I'm I'm really glad to hear that though, because if you if you're doing something that other people appreciate and it's something that means something to you, exactly. you know, then it takes the it, it takes the selfish side out of the hobby, kind of sets it all, it sets it you know onto the on like you know away off, you know off on the side on the table there, and then you're getting you're getting to something that means something to both you and and everybody else. And if it brings you you know it brings you some happiness and brings other people some happiness, then it, it's all good. Yeah, it's we. I just had a little. Uh, um, a little uh, arcade party, not too many, probably nine, ten people came over. Okay, and, uh, you know we had we had uh, some of the same guys that I went to the arcades and first time saw Street Fighter Two. Um, you're lucky. You're lucky. You can still reach out and touch those guys. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, reach out and get 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 in touch with those and guys. It, and it was great. It was just like. It was just like it was Aladdin's Castle or Hut Putt Golf Course <laughs> yeah. or, or, you know, it was, it was just like it all over again. Same guys. We're just a little older, a little yeah. more gray hair. Yeah. You know? Oh, not that much gray hair, though, dude. Yeah, not, yeah. not that much. But, <laughs> but just going at it again, you yeah. know, and, and it was just something about it. You just feel like. Um, even though my basement is not in the position where I, 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 you know, it's what I really want it to be done. I mean, I have a project that I want to bring all my arcades to the other room and yeah. set everything up. Yeah. But still, turning out the lights and having the, the arcades going and one on one with your buddy that you used to, you know, do the exact same thing when you were, you know, use the same combo high. moves or exactly. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or just, you know, it's like or, I kicked your butt then, I'll kick it exactly. now. Exactly. Yeah. And, we're, and we're, we're, we're talking this stuff, you know, yeah. we're doing it. And it's just like, it's like no time has gone by. Yeah. And that is a feeling that you, it's, very hard to recreate. It, it really is. I mean, it's, it's one of those situations where it, I think it's, I think it's, it's interesting to see how, to, how far we will go and to what extent we will go even in our own homes to recreate, you know, to recreate that feeling and, and to, I guess, kind of look back at a simpler time and, and may, I don't know, for some people, maybe a happier time. And for other people, you know, maybe, uh, you know, they, they want to, they want to recreate a portion of the past and other people, man, they just collect it because they love the games, you know, but exactly. the cool thing about it is you, you've got the games and, and, um, and that's, that's, that's the main point. One thing I'll say in looking around, you know, looking around at your games, Jeff, they're, they're all in, they're all in really good shape. I mean, so, uh, you know, what, what's, what's been, you know, what's been the driver behind, you know, behind any, you know, restoration work or anything like that? I mean, do you buy, you know, based mostly on condition or is it title? I mean, what, what's, you know, what, what's your, what's your criteria for picking up a game? Um, kind of a little bit of a mixture of everything. Okay. I mean, I am, um, e- even though I've been in the hobby a fair amount, a uh, fair amount of years here, I, I, I am not. Um, the mad scientist when it comes to you know doing serious work on them um so you know i what i guess in saying that what i look for is i look for a game that's in fairly good condition if it Mm -hmm. needs some work um you know, maybe some monitor work, whatnot. I mean, I yeah. know I've got the support with the people in the area, yeah. but, um, oh, yeah. but also I, I you know, I want to find something that's not a full project. Um, because I'm, I'm the kind of guy that, you know, I want, uh, you know, having two kids and being married and, you know, having all, a job, all, having all, a house. all the lifely duties, yes, you know, I yes. mean, it's, uh, it, it's tough to find that time. And, and I give props to yes, people. Yes, it is, buddy. I give props to people who, who can, who do that and have that same, um, you know, have all those same factors too. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I, but for me, it's just, um, you know, I come down here and, um, I, I, I need some venting and a relaxing time. Yeah. The arcades come on. Sometimes I'll just come down turn them on, turn the lights out, chill, yeah. relax. I mean, it's, 
this is strictly come down play and um, you know do some things here there and here and there and everywhere but ma- mainly it's come down and just be able to enjoy them enjoy them and go back yeah. in time a little bit yeah no, so that, that, that I, I guess that's my criteria I mean I kind of you know I, I don't want to don't want to pay too too much for them I mean I'm not they're not going on location anywhere and making yeah. money they're going to be yeah. strictly a um, part of my basement and and just remain a part of my life so I you know but um, I have no problem working on some of them and yeah. um, if it's a, if it's a, a game that I'm looking for and but you know I you know obviously it's just it's just something that um, you know that depends on the opportunity and what comes yeah. up I mean if it's a game I'm looking for and I've been looking for for years <laughs> then it's it, no holds it's no no holds barred at that point criteria changes yeah, a little bit it, but, it does, but, right. um, but for the most part you know I I, I, I a little work done and um a little on my end and you know i love to have them plug and play put them in let's go and you yeah. know have fun well the one thing i will say you know just just in looking at the you know just in looking at, at the condition of the games i mean dude uh, you've got probably one of the nicest neo geos i've seen in quite some time so that's uh that's that's beautiful man i've been uh, i've been rubbing my eye all over that ever ever since we <laughs> sat down and started talking so yeah you've got a commando and then you know uh good gosh uh, yeah i think we mentioned the narc and uh w- what else is here in the basement jeff um we've got um around the corner life force okay um which was a defender cab that was um um converted to a uh, life force in the corner over there uh arch rivals oh yes <clears throat> um yes. I, I used to have an nba jam and uh that was in the previous collection really and now now are you planning on getting an nba jams back or what i'm looking for one because okay. you know what there's no game that brings four guys together you like get, you like get, like nba jam you, you got I'll it i tell you what something about it's all that game, it's it's awesome it, it's it's yeah it's it's ridiculously fun um and um you know i I, when I had one, we had guys coming over all the time, and it was contests and everything, and it was a blast. Yeah, and it's as much fun to watch people play mm-hmm. and to listen to the callouts and just and, oh, and just yeah. and just and just listen to the game and just stand you know stand back there behind the group playing, get yourself a beer or whatever, and just kind of talk some trash and exactly. and just and just watch people dunk on each other. It, it is it's it, it's good fun. And There's it, no and, doubt. And it's amazing how many games come down to the buzzer because I tell you what we we've had uh, when when I had it we had the guys over and. Uh, you know, it it was just always last second buzzer beater. I can't tell you how many beers got spilled because people went flipped out and <laughs> yeah. jumped around Throw and banged the game. The game and yeah. Like, so, but um, but yeah, that's definitely one I would like to. I, I, I'm looking for and um, I got to make sure it can come down the steps. So yeah, well, you know, if if anybody uh, if anybody uh, out there listening has one that they would be willing to sell or knows where one is, just uh, drop us a, a line. Uh, at the uh, at the uh, broken token email address it's broken token at outlook.com and uh, we'll, we'll get you hooked up with Jeff and dude if there's any way we can help you find one man we'd be happy to do it Tur- so. tournament edition please the tournament edition please yes exactly with preferably a topper on it <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really that picky though. no 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 They're, it's not being picky at all it's just knowing what you want so so that's all good what do you let's let's shift gears here for a few minutes because one thing that uh, that I've noticed in looking around the room, uh, you have uh, you've definitely set aside the space for for one game that appears to be pretty special. And uh, I talked to you when you acquired this, okay, and, and and knew that you were bringing it, you know, knew that you were uh, you know getting it and bringing it in and everything like that. But uh, tell us about the pinball that you've got sitting over here. And I will say, you know, it again, uh, like most everything in here, it looks like it's in really good shape, and uh, it doesn't look any worse for wear. I'll say that. Yeah, it is. Um 
let me start off by saying I was um, an arcade guy through and through. Pinballs actually kind of intimidated me, I guess. I mean, I don't okay. know. I don't know if it was the the the. the I, the move, a lot of the lights and the, the moving parts and the flippers. I don't know what it was. I maybe it was. I was just accustomed to uh, the joystick and the buttons. Yeah. But um, I I can't even tell you what my first pinball game was that I ever played when I was a kid growing up. Maybe it was probably in a roller rink somewhere. Yeah. But um, I I I really I actually got into pinballs by um going to the. The, the Louisville Arcade Expos and, and get, oh, get, yes. getting, getting hands on yes. and seeing how much fun they were. And I'm like, really? And I was trying to do my best to remember back in my childhood. I was like, surely I popped money into some pinballs. Yeah. I had to have, but I don't remember anything. But with I, your, I, your, your story mirrors mine quite a bit. And, seriously. And, and I don't know. And I'm still trying to think of that. Like, I'm, I'm still hoping to, like, maybe have a dream of the, that, 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 where <laughs> that, 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 that Eureka moment. It's like, I got it. I now, now I remember all this. Exactly. Yeah. I, I can tell you arcade games that I played and when I played them. And, yeah. and, 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 but when it comes to pinballs, none of that. Um, so I really was got into them, um, just probably within the last seven, eight years. I mean, okay. I, I, um, uh, I I always kind of uh, from a from a distance really admired them and um, and then being on the different websites and 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 looking into kind of what goes into them and the cost factors I always was kind of watching out and, and keeping an eye on on uh, on them but I never really pulled the trigger until I it came down to you know looking at the different uh, the company names and brand names and, and, and what's yeah. reliable what's not and what's yeah. available all the, all those factors just like every anything else when it comes to this hobby and, and it's a world pinball is a universe in and of itself and it takes a lot of time to, to get in dig in and understand it is what you're buying it is it, it does that is true yeah. and um you know i i kind of um a, a lot through a lot of different resources um got a lot of information and um really when it comes down to it, I'm a horror movie buff. I love horror movies. Okay. Um, and I was like, it would be really cool to have a Nightmare on Elm Street pinball. Okay. Um, and looking at uh, Gottlieb and um, their track record. And, I, you know, I, I didn't really need anything that was too complex when it comes to pinballs. I mean, yep. I, I wanted something that... Um, that uh, that's going to be um, you know pretty easy to, to get into and be involved with. That's not too too complex because it's not you know uh, pinballs were um, you know a, a part of the of the upbringing, but not uh, not to the extent of the arcades. But I wanted something that was that really kind of mirrored my love for horror movies. Okay, as, but also was a fun game. Yeah, and it had a lot of interaction and you know the the backlight glass is beautiful. I mean I, I you know oh, any, so so I wanted something along those lines and um, you know I. <laughs> I was able to, um, I looked for, actually, I didn't look that long. I mean, once I kind of had my mindset on that, um, that or like a Rocky and Bullwinkle. I mean, I'm, yeah, and, yeah. you know, my wife doesn't know, but I mean, I'm still looking for I, I, <laughs> it, it. It may go to two. I okay, mean, we'll put the feelers uh, out for a Rocky and Bullwinkle. I, I know, right? Yeah. yeah. But, um, but no, but um, but it, it was the opportunity arose to, um, to, 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 to pick one up and um, it's the only game that I've actually had shipped. Um, all my games I've personally gone and, 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 and um, you know, had them, you know, had them brought in. I brought them in myself, and yeah. and uh, but had Naval go out to North Carolina, and the guy out there had had it in great condition, had it shopped, and oh, uh, so it was already shopped when yeah, you got it. Yeah, it was shopped. Oh wow! So so you were able to bring it down here into the basement, fire it up, 
Pop a, cap, pop a calf off, uh, a cap off a brew, and then have at it, yep. right? Right off the bat. <laughs> Man, right dude, that's, the bat. that's so awesome. And the two buddies that helped me, they had the first two games. So. Uh, that's great. And see, that, that's like the new in-box experience without the money involved, you e- know? Exactly. exactly. But, but it was a different world, you know, obviously, because the um, what all goes into pinballs and the, and the cost factor. So, you know, it was... Um, it, it, it's it's definitely it was definitely a, a different experience going through the purchase process of um, of getting of getting a pinball compared to an arcade and and moving it too. I mean, it's <laughs> it was definitely um, uh, coming down the steps and in the little short way, walkway yeah. from my house to the basement. It was a three guy, three guy deal. So. I, I'm, I'm I'm sure it was. Now, you know, for, for everybody out there listening that you know that, that doesn't have a pinball machine, and I, I think one of the one of the things that 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 we have to keep in mind is that. We're talking to people that have been uh, that have been in the hobby for likely years mm-hmm. and are seasoned pinball vets or seasoned our, our arcade you know in, in vid guys and then we're also uh, you know we're also picking up people that that are hearing us for the very first time and maybe they don't have anything so uh, let's kind of dial it back here for a second talk to you know talk to everybody uh, everybody out there listening to the to the podcast. How, how did you find this particular game, and what what was the buy experience like, and what was the ship experience like with, with Navel? Because, you know, there's a lot of us, including myself, who've never used Navel, but there's a, there, there's been times where I've seriously considered it, but I I may not have done it because it's it's just an unknown. You know, it's like I don't want to risk it. You know, but but you you went down that path. So could you talk to us about you know kind of what that experience was like? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, cool. Um, gathering the information um kind of just like uh either you know when you're looking at making a, a, a large purchase you're kind of talking to people in in the industry and and um you know or in the in the the hobby itself um through uh, using killer list of uh, video games yeah cloth yeah talking to a lot of people who've either owned one experiences looking at how it rated um watching youtube videos of the play field how it plays Mm -hmm. um the different options you have within the game um and just looking at um just looking at how the game looks. I mean, yeah. th- th- I mean, it's got to have that visual appeal. Yeah, it, it really, it has to have that. I mean, it, it's um, I, it has to have. I mean, for me, it has to have that entire package. And yes. I mean, for me, me, me too. For me, me I too. was looking for something that was, like I said, it didn't have to have, um, you know, multi ramps and you know, and everything. It didn't have to have all that stuff. I mean, it yeah. had it, it. It just it needed to have um, a decent amount of challenges and uh, had to be visually. Um, Satisfying, I guess. Yes. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And in my case, I, you know, I loved, I loved Nightmare on Elm Street. So, I mean, <laughs> when I saw the back, I mean, I was like, oh, look at the back glass. I was like, I was in love with that. From I was like, can I just get that and just put it down there and not have the pinballs? <laughs> no, but um, oh, it is cool. So, let me ask you. I mean, do you do you like laugh through all the way through horror movies and stuff? I, I do. I, I do. mean, like while while Freddy's just, I mean, just waylaying, just whacking people in I, in forty two different pieces. I mean, are, do you just like sit there and laugh at him I, or what? I, I do, and it, and it's funny because I I go to horror movies nowadays. Like your 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 more recent stuff, and I'll be in the theater and someone gets it, and I'm laughing because I was like that person's just like needed to get it and, 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 and <laughs> they pe- deserve people it. are looking at me like i'm They're so stupid like i'm sadistic and, yeah. and, and i'm but you know growing up that was another part of our childhood it's, yeah. it's like and i'm not you know i'm not gonna say that i'm gonna allow my kids to go see horror movies at that early of an age but yeah. when my mom used to take my brother and i i was seven seven eight years old and my, my brother was three years older than me we would go and um she would drop us off to like a friday the 13th like, oh wow get, get us in drop us off we'd watch it she'd watch another movie we'd meet each other out <laughs> 
<laughs> but, <laughs> that's, that's hilarious, but, dude. I, but, I mean, and it, it, that didn't happen a lot. That yeah, was a very, yeah. but I mean, that's, but but we would rent movies like that. Yeah, and, and, okay. And we had a we had an understanding. I mean, neither my brother's done really well for himself, and, you know, neither one of us are psychotic serial killers. <laughs> but 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 we we were able to separate, you know, fiction. The fact and, from and fiction. Fact, fact yeah. from fiction. And, yeah. Um, and, and but getting back to the point, I mean, you know, just having, yeah, yeah. So 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 the game and the Navel. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to sideline no, it no, or no, anything. No. So, no, no, so yeah, I, I appreciate you raining it back in. <laughs> no, no, no I, I, I was going down that path too. <laughs> I, I, I always subliminally think of like, oh, what was I just saying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I do the same thing as well, and, it, and it's like, oh yeah, that's right. We're actually sitting here recording something for the podcast, <laughs> so we need to circle back around. So okay, no, but um, no, the, the that that was just a little bit of the, the background with uh, me getting information on the game. Um, understanding what the game was like um, because obviously I, I I may I think I actually do remember seeing one on location growing up but I couldn't tell you you know without seeing it what it was all about so yeah I, I did the background looked at everything and um, you know um, and then from there it was the the idea of kind of checking checking around trying to find one local um, locally that had that was within the price range and were can, you able to do that were you able to find one local I mean this is a pretty specific title you know and, and I don't think it's one I don't think it's one that that everybody would have on their short list. It, exactly, it, it, it's it's a theme. It, the theme has to appeal, and then once the theme appeals, then it has to make the cut. You know, so it, exactly. So were you? I mean, were you able to find this locally, or, um, or did you have to shop outside of outside of our area? Well, there was one that came up, um, and being here in Louisville, there was one here that, uh, or one in uh, what was it, Cincinnati that came up. And okay, it was a closed down. Um, I think it was a roller rink, closed down roller rink. Okay, and. Um, um, but it was one of those Craigslist posts where the guy had two pictures that he used with a camera that with no lights were on, and I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It's it's like he takes the picture with like his Motorola yeah. razor or something, exactly. and, and then posts those. Like, and says, he, I'm sorry, my camera's not too good. Like he had to have the photo developed or yeah. something. You know? I mean, it, and I was like, really, like, ugh. but it, it it was a lot. I mean, I called and talked to the guy, and I was like, "Okay, can you send some more pictures? Give me an idea, because you know, I'm I'm making an hour and a half, two hour trip up oh, there, yeah. and yeah. and we're talking this amount in cash, and you know, and you know, it's and I'm you know having kids, it's like it, it's definitely more of an issue when when all those factors come into play. Yes, so, it's it's an investment. It, it, it really is, and because you could always do something else with those funds. Exactly. You, I mean, you want you want to strike the balance to where the kids have shoes, there nobody's missing <laughs> a meal. You know, you you can still go to the grocery. But you can also still have a little bit of fun at the same time. So yeah, understood. To- totally true. So long story short, um, you know, just pictures never came, and I was like, okay, okay. You, you know, you automatically get a feeling when you're doing a transaction with somebody, or you're in the process of doing a transaction, and if they're trying to sell an item of this of, of this nature, and they can't get pictures to you. You, you kind of are like, okay, well, either he's not serious or there's something being hidden and automatically red flags come up and you, yeah. and you go on to the next. And that, that's what happened with me. Uh, okay. I, I really uh, let it go and um, I was like, okay, well, I'm never going to see one again. And four months later, yeah. um, one came up obviously a little bit further for me to drive how how, how did it come up you find it on ebay or craigslist or word of mouth or what um it it was actually on ebay ebay this Uh, one was on ebay ebay, yeah okay and i just for the just for the record i've out of all the games in my collection right now um i think zero off ebay Really? Yeah. So I, w- I wish I could say the same thing. I mean, you know, I've, I I shopped eBay pretty hard when I first started, and then and then cycled eBay down. You know, because it's just yeah, it's just one of those things. You can find them, but you pay. 
It, yeah, that's true. And and yes. when you find them, everybody else finds them. It, well, and everybody else has already been looking exactly. at them too. So, and it, it's almost like you 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 get it by the grace of nobody else wanting it. You that know, is true. yeah, that is true. And then and then comes the bidding war. And then comes and then, the bidding war. And then the right. snipers come out. And then <laughs> yeah. before you know it, your hair is gone. And you want you want you want to go find these people like <laughs> hunt them down. You know? <laughs> exactly. Because yeah. you just wasted so many days. Yeah. watching the auction. It's like a week of my life is gone. You it, know exactly. But yeah. uh, no. But um. But yeah, he um had. It, it was in the price range I was looking for, and um, great pictures. The guy went out of his way to accommodate me with some extra shots I was looking for. Okay, um, came from so, so he was interested in selling. He was he okay, was. good. He was, and um, and he actually. Um, he, he had um, uh, some pinballs and arcades on location and did work himself. And uh, this is one from his personal collection. Okay. So um, I really wanted to, I didn't want one that was beat up, beat up or didn't require too much work. So, yeah. but, um, but yeah, he uh, made the the, pro- the process and the transaction great. I mean, open communication. He had my cell phone number. I had his, um, he was out of town for a couple of days and he, you know, when he left, he let me know when he came back, he let me know he was here. Naval came, no problem with naval naval was great um that's my first experience with a shipping company um how, how did how did they set that up i, I mean did, did you have to do a lot of coordination with them or or did they seem like they were pretty experienced in, in this in this whole deal totally they were very experienced especially for yeah. me this was, I, I've, I've heard the same thing this was the first um this is my first experience like shipping and and i i did next to nothing i i was here awesome. i was here when they delivered it that was my job yeah yeah it's um, like hey boys downstairs exactly i yeah. mean and they um you know they it was palleted and taken care of and wrapped up and it was tight i mean there was no movement on this game at all wow and um because my thing was like oh my gosh it's gonna come in four pieces yeah you know yeah and but these leaves guys and, leaves and one shows up in four yeah but um when they were talking with me about uh pricing and getting it shipped and everything uh they told they, they talked to me about their how much experience how many of these pinballs that they do and it was unreal to hear how many that they ship um and their the quality and their professionalism and delivering it showed that it wasn't uh it wasn't something that uh they were making up i mean they were they were pretty skilled at what they're what they did as far as bringing it down the the guys were nice you know brought it into the house for me uh it, but it was you know hey it, it was a great thing i definitely would do it again if i can if it comes down to that time to make another decision on purchasing another pin i would definitely go that route yeah so so it, it would not uh it, it would not deter you from you know from going down that route again or getting no another definitely one again. not definitely not um, um it, it they uh in even after the the purchase and after the game was delivered, I got um, a, a follow up call or two from Naval just asking how everything was and okay. just just the customer service on their end was excellent. On top of the fact that you know the gentleman that I worked with out of Carolina was was a really good guy too. Yeah, well, so um, it, that makes that makes a that makes it for a great match across the board. Yeah, it, it, that, that definitely makes all you know makes all the difference in, all the difference in, in the world because there's many I'm sure there's many horror stories that that are to be had you know from shipping games where you, know, you find all these rare titles and you go to the expense of shipping them and then when they show up you've got a lot you know you've got a lot less than what you started with so you know that's that's one thing that you've that's one thing you got to be thankful for because you know like i say just you know looking your you know over my left shoulder i mean the game the game's beautiful i, I mean I'll, I'll give you that it's it, it's pretty thank you yeah yeah it, it definitely is it definitely is i'm sure it plays as good as it looks too. It, it, it plays well we're uh we're, we're waiting on a uh, replica hand to come in uh, oh is that right one of the yeah one of the um, one of the uh, well-known uh, little uh, issues that comes up with uh, the the Nightmare on Elm Street game is Freddy's glove on the far left-hand side. Um, it uh, the fingers break off. It was a basically okay. a uh, 
you know, plastic fingers hitting a metal ball. You know, I mean, it's not going to survive. I mean, really, yeah, Yeah, really. It's like, you know, you know, what's going to happen? That (laughs) That had to be a cost saving decision, not an engineering decision. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That is, uh, that is what I really need to, um, to, to really finish it up. So, um, it, it was hard to find a nightmare in Elm Street that didn't have, you know that that had a a glove that was fully intact without the digits missing. So yeah, um, that seemed to be a, a, a common little issue with the game. So yeah, uh, not that big of a deal. Um, but that's the one little thing that needs to be done on it. Yeah. So. Well, like I say, you know, if if you if you're looking at you know adding to the adding to the 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 pinball collection, then it, I think it's fair to say that once pinball gets gets a hold of you, it, it gets a hold of you, and it, it's it for me, it's definitely been something that I, you know, you, you start to look at and say, okay, how can I, how can I do both? You know, how can how can I fund you know the arcade side and the pinball side, and because the you know the cost disparity is just is is huge. It's true. You know, it, true. It's, it is. It, it's huge. So I mean, pinball is a commitment. It, it is a commitment, and um, you know, it it definitely, you know, I some floodgates have been opened by getting that first pin. I, you know, I mean, I, I'm not, oh, gonna, yes. I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, just oh, yes. like getting the first arcade game. I mean, it's uh, I had every intention of getting this and saying, Hey, that's it. But you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that because at some point, uh, pinball number two and pinball number three uh, and then pinball number seven and then pinball number 11 uh, shows up. And I, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough, man. Yeah, it's but, tough. But it, I'll tell you what, though. It's, but it's um, cool. It, it is very cool. It's I, very I, cool. I'm, I the, the last uh, the last little get together I had, they had about ten, twelve guys here. Um, that was definitely. I mean, they went over there and they were like, "Oh, pinball! This is great!" Diamond yeah. Street. And, and a lot of them had personal recollection of playing that game. Oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. So and and then it was just fun. You know, we're trying to knock off scores that night. I mean, it was you know. You know, it, it, it's fun playing these other games and hearing Freddie in the background yelling at you and telling you <laughs> suck or something. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, just out of curiosity, I mean, did you find? Uh, I mean, or or do you find that a lot of people that, that come down here and play? I mean, do they gravitate towards the pinball or do they play the arcade games? You know, pretty equally, or what? What, what, what do you think tends to capture people's you know pe- people's attention? You know, most and then holds on to it throughout you know throughout the course of a night. Um, well. Well, this um this last uh, little get together that I had was the first one that I've had since I brought the pinball down. So okay. the, the pinball got a lot of attention. Um, okay, um, a, a lot of the uh, uh, the two player games, the ones uh, that are kind of going at each other. Arch Rivals got a lot, yeah. which is yeah. kind of you know the precursor to NBA Jam. So there's a lot of talking with that. The Street Fighter got a lot of play. Um, yeah, those guys are kind of the same age as me, mid to late 30s. So they kind of encountered some of the same games that I grew up with, and we were all really competitive with a lot of the same games. So Street Fighter got a lot of play. Um, Street Fighter, um, Nightmare on Elm Street, Track and Field gets a lot of play. It does. It, it's it's I'll always tell you what. It's, it's it's a party favorite. There there's no doubt. I don't know if it's the the Olympic theme, like you're competing or something. I mean, yeah. I, I, it, it but it's a blast. I mean, yeah. I. I I, I'll play that game and you know and non-cheat, no, no using pencils and all that yeah, stuff. I mean, yeah. it's it's straight up and down on the hands and. Uh but yeah, we've uh, it's fun. I mean, when someone puts up a world re- a world record on there, there's some world records on there where I got the game. I mean, the guy has a lot of them on there. And uh, when someone does something, <laughs> most of the time it's it's not meant. You know, they didn't even know what they were doing. They they're about nine beers into it, and, and they're like they're like they, you know they throw a shot put. You know, ninety. You know, I was like, what? Where'd that come from? Yeah, what do you do? And then they put their name in there, and it's ingrained in there. Yeah, yeah that's oh, yeah. the that's what makes that game great. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really stuff. is. I and, and what's interesting about track and field is it was. Rel- 
least late enough in the, you know, in, in kind of like the, the arcade, uh, I guess, um, down, uh, you know, a downward spiral or kind of like the, you know, the uh, death slide, so to speak, of, of the arcade. It was released late enough that most everybody, regardless of the genre that you gravitate towards, you got to spend some time with it, you Definitely. know, and so I, I think it's a, I think it's a, a perennial favorite, no matter whether somebody's a golden age arcade gamer or they're a 90s arcade gamer or whatever. Track and field's one of those games. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. that was fine. And, and, and on that point, I mean, there's a lot of variety in that game. Mm-hmm. You know, you got the, the, the four players, you've got yeah. them, the multiple events. Yeah. Um, all of which are, you know, a little different than the next. Um, and, and it's just, it, it makes it fun because it's like, uh, you put four players in there, it's like an elimination mat. You know, it I mean, really it, it's like, a, that's that was like the modern day, like elimination game. Yeah. You know, I do console stuff too, you know, like team deathmatch, people get eliminated. I mean, this is like, <laughs> if you don't put up the score, you're done. You're done. You're, you're done. You're done. You're done. Sit down and watch the rest of the people play. Yeah, you know? it's, it's, it's like, just, listen, man, you know, you, you, your smack was not good, so no, just sit it on down on the couch and be done. Your so. athletes are not roided. You know? I, I, I don't <laughs> know right. what to tell you. <laughs> That's it. Did you ever play hypersports? The follow on to that? I, I did a little bit. I okay. did a little bit. Yeah, and um, uh, I didn't have as much time with it as, as track and field, but yeah, hypersports was. Um, and, and I've seen uh, you know one or two around every once in a while. So, but um, but um, but yeah, it, it's it's definitely a game that. I, I knew I had to have in my, yeah. um, and uh, I had the opportunity to play with the the, the console, art the console, the um, the uh, uh, tabletop, the um, game of it, uh, track and field over it. Um with uh, oh Zanzibar Zanzibar yeah thank yes you. Thank yeah, you. yeah 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 there's a very sweet yes it's very sweet it's a and, and for and for everybody uh, out there listening there's a um, here in Louisville I, we'll just go ahead and say it there's just not there, there's not a lot of arcade action going on out on the streets but there is a uh, there is a restaurant and a bar uh down on uh for anybody who's, who visits louisville it's on preston street and uh, it's called zanzibar and what's cool about zanzibar is that uh one of the one of the co-owners uh, uh ants uh, ants wedding he's a huge arcade gamer and uh and, and a pinball guy and he has really built that place out good and he does have a cocktail track and field it's fantastic. Four people can get around that thing at one time. Yes. And they can just waylay on it. Talk smack, do whatever, spill beers, do whatever. It's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. great. And that was that was the first time I I, I remember playing that I think I played maybe a cocktail back in the day of, of track and field, but I always remember mm-hmm. standing up and I remember going into the arcade and the track and fields had the little eyelids on the buttons. Yeah. And I remember smacking and hurt oh, my yeah. hands. Hurt, hurt your and hands, like, man. I yeah. I was like, who, thought, who, who designed this? Like, I, I think that that had to be something that followed on, you know, that, I think that, so. that, that, uh, that uh, uh, Centuri did to cut down on the cheating or something like that because I, every time that I see one of those that, that have like the button guards on it, it's like, oh man, this, this is no fun. Yeah, that's no fun. You can't just go wailing and like you know going all chris brown on it you know <laughs> so but um but the other game uh the other game miss pac-man miss pac-man mm-hmm. with um you know all of my buddies we're all married um the the, the ladies come over and miss yeah, everybody loves miss pac-man, pac-man dude miss pac-man it's it's and my wife actually that my wife was the the incentive to, to purchase that game that was one of her favorite games growing up um she had a lot of childhood memories with it and i got that one locally and um you know it uh it's uh definitely it, it was a 20 minute drive and got a great deal on it it was in a home arcade and yeah. 
Disagree. Yeah. I mean, well, you know what's interesting is just kind of looking around uh, the basement here. It, it's uh, it's easy to see you know what's been played last or, or what has some attention paid to it because uh, the a Nightmare on Elm Street pinball does, the Miss Pac Man does, the Neo Geo <laughs> does, and the Commando does. Yes. So, so yeah. So it, yeah, it, it's a perennial favorite. A lot of people you know may not like it, but you know you've got to give Miss Pac its due. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, it was it it it, it helped cement the legend of the arcade. It did. It did. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, that's a good observation. Seeing the chairs and stuff because I was up, I was up playing with Commando last night, and I'll tell you what, <laughs> you know, and I, one Commando's of fine. one of the questions I, I, you know, and I, I can't remember if you guys covered it on the first segment, but uh, the, the first uh, first cast, but uh, some some of the more difficult games, and I'll tell you what, that Commando, I, I it, it's brutal. Well, you know something, it's uh, brutal. I, I, you know, it, it's interesting that you bring that up because. Um, that's the, the whole discussion around, you know, what, what are, what are the games that just kind of, you know, quote unquote, hand you your ass, so to speak, yeah, exactly. you know, what yeah. are the games that, that just repeatedly just hand it to you? Uh, Brent and I've talked about doing a segment on that. So it's interesting that you bring up commando though, because that's not one that I would, that, that I would immediately equate to, to something that, that just really just, you know, rails on you real hard. Yeah. It's uh, I tell you what, I mean, anybody touches you, you die. You know, guy runs off, the, runs out of the screen. No, no, there's no, no just, order. Just one pixel clash and you're done. One pixel clash. Sometimes I was playing last night and like, I think a guy brushed my leg. I'm dead. I'm like, really? <laughs> what? Like, really? That doesn't happen in real like, life. How hardcore am I? Like yeah. you drop one guy into like a, like a Vietnam type of setting and guy touches my leg and I'm dead. I'm dead. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, really? I was just brutal. And then yeah, you get, it's the rules of the game. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's up there on my list. I've played some different games and it's up on my list of one of the ones that kind of make me, you know pull up my head pull up my hair a little bit yeah but, but well, um, well you know jeff one thing i'm, I'm kind of curious about you know like i said when, when i look around you know look, look around your basement and see the choice of games that you've got you know what what are um you mentioned Paperboy, okay, mm-hmm. is is a game that you're that you're definitely after. What what are some of the other games that that are on your short list outside of Paperboy? I mean, if if you've got you know three or four spots in the arcade, what you know what, what's Jeff going after? Um, I, I'd love to have a crossbow. <laughs> yeah, all the Exidy games are they're, they're wicked yeah, cool, dude. Yeah, I, I, I know. Crossbow, <laughs> There's no doubt. Another one, another one that I walked into. Have you ever played Chiller? I have, dude. Dude, I, let me ask you. <laughs> now, this is an interesting point, and I'm glad you opened this door, okay? Uh, because if you're if you're a horror fan, uh, and, and you know, and you're in you know, and you're into that, and it doesn't bother you, just playing Chiller, like, does it wig you out any, or, oh, or are you cool with it? I love it. See, uh, you'll just mow them down, no problem at all. Okay, it's like. <laughs> I was like, look at look at that poor guy in the guillotine. Bah, yeah, gone. <laughs> but gone. It, it's more of it's more of like, who am I going after first? You yeah, know? that's my mentality when you, when you when you play a game. It's like, look at all these these poor guys. You know, just they're all pinned up. And I'm <laughs> they're like, just gonna get them. Uh, hey, they're uh, just gonna uh, get uh, it handed it, to them. Exactly. It's like they're you know, hey, they're in the game for a reason. And they're there to die. And, and it ain't a good one. <laughs> it is not a good one. No. <laughs> but uh, but now crossbow and uh, okay crossbow. Uh, cross, that's cool. It, it was one of those games again. Um, uh, the the intrigue factor walking into an arcade and i'm basically lining up like you know lining up and putting my you know putting my quarter in and taking hold of a gun or crossbow yeah, yeah. And, and and aiming and just and and just the just the reaction i mean it was just great it was yeah. unbelievable and yeah. like and we were big role-playing dungeons and dragons kind of people so that kind of mixed with it having um you know the control over different um you know you got you know 
basically magicians and warriors walking through medieval times and castles and you know and it just it, it kind of all came together for me yeah that game did so yeah but um but uh you know so, okay so so crossbow and what and what else um we'd love to have a skee ball Okay, game, which is not okay. really, uh, you know, I mean, th- that's space, but yeah. I, I don't think I'd pull the trigger on it, but my wife and I both love them, but, yeah. you know, kids yeah. love it. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, a he- huge it, hit with the kids. It's, it's a space thing. Um, but, yeah, getting back to the arcades, um, you know, I, I, I've got a lot of what I really, really wanted and what okay. I really loved. I mean, yeah, I'm, there's there's a, there's a couple of them out there that, I, I, that I'm still looking for, but... You know, um, you know, uh, crossbow and and um, you know, just th- those are the games and Paperboy. Those are the ones that um, that I would really love to have back in the collection. I mean. Yeah. Okay. And um, you know, there's there's a handful of others, but those two are on the top of my list. Crossbow I, and Paperboy. I know it's kind of like <laughs> that's you know, like, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's like different. I mean, like I said, there's no rhyme or reason to my collection. It's what I remember growing up. It's yeah. what I pumped my, my my quarters into. Yeah. Um, it was uh, you know, strictly based on you know where I, where I was at that time and yeah. what was really running my life and 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 those things really drew me in and those yeah. games really got my money and uh you know just i would always hit up those locations to play those games because i knew they were there they didn't swap them out the ones that made money stayed there so <laughs> so I, I knew i knew they were going to be there so yes. so um but um but yeah so that's you know that's it's kind of what I, what I was about back then that's awesome and i think what's what's so cool about uh this aspect of the hobby is that it's not like it's not like collecting uh, and, and nothing against you know collecting like figurines or collecting stamps or collecting coins or, or any sure. of this or that because you know everybody who you know who's in a quote unquote you know collection hobby which this is one but what's nice about this part of the hobby or this aspect of the hobby is that you get to collect what what reflects your personality and what yes. and what reflects your desires and your wants and your memories and so everybody's collecting is different even though it's made uh even though it's made of the same thing you know somewhat of the same thing and so i i think it's cool because like i say just looking around here i mean my lineup of games and your lineup of games are so completely <laughs> different it's it's funny you know but at the same time it, it's like it's like that right on bro you know it, there's yeah. that there's that respect factor for everything that you've done you know to get the games that you've got because it's it, it's not an easy it's not an easy process to to acquire all these it, it's maybe for some people it's not but yeah or maybe for some people it is rather but here you know and where we're at exactly it's, it's tough it is tough and yeah. and uh just uh just while um you were, you were talking there i actually i thought of another one bubbles bubbles yeah uh, yeah it, dude it, you don't you don't see you that don't. in good condition very you, you, often you don't and, and the history behind that one with me was um you know it was a uh um, when my dad, when my parents got divorced, my dad was, you know, didn't have, moved into an apartment, no laundromat, and he was going somewhere else, and they had yeah. bubbles in there, and I was oh. playing it, and I was like, wow, okay. this is a fun little, g-. I mean, I don't know, and it was just the, 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 the way the game looked, the, the, the gameplay, and, yeah. you know, I, you know, I, it, but the, it appealed, I, it appealed to you. It did, it, yeah. it was an appeal factor, yeah. and, you know, so, I mean, it, like, but then again, you know, that's just kind of, that's just me. That's, you know, my yeah. collection is so, is hot, so hodgepodge. You know, there's, there's no, there's no, there's no explaining it. I mean, I've got a mixture of everything. I got, you it's know, all good here, there, everywhere. So, yeah. but it's great. And I love it and I wouldn't change it. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that's, that's, I think that's the, the operating word right there. You love it. You wouldn't change it. And, and it's everything that you want it to be. And, and, and what's cool about it is everybody that comes over, 
dude, they, they should give you mad props for, you know, for, for having what you, what you have and going to the trouble to get what you've got. I mean, I, I'd love to come down here and play one night because man, there's, there's plenty, there's a variety and there's lots of stuff to choose from. So, you know, I, I think you've, I think you've done really well, dude. I just, uh, I, I think, uh, I, along with a lot of other people out there would just like to say, man, dude, just get more pinball. Uh, <laughs> well, it's easier know, said than done well, though. Well, let's it? bring my wife down here. <laughs> you can sell, you can help me sell her on that. But, no, actually she, um, um, she was not really in favor of the Nightmare on Elm Street because of the kids. Okay. Um, you know, it's not not like anything jumps out and shoots you or blood yeah. splatter, but it's got, yeah. it, you know, for having a, a three-year-old and a one-year-old, um, the three-year-old comes down here with me and we, you know, we'll play some games. She kind of likes just to move the guy around yeah, and get some buttons. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't really fully understand the concept, but you know, with Nightmare on Elm Street, I mean, it's, it, it, I guess if you want to say it, it does have like more of a mature type of, you, you got, you got some guy that appears on the, on the display, you know, that, uh, yeah. you know, in, in the, the, the matrix display and he, you know, he's says things, you know, I mean, it's not really the most cute for a three-year-old yeah but, yeah which was kind of the the rocky bullwinkle kind of thing my wife was really interested for that and yeah. i grew up with that cartoon loved it loved it yeah um, as did i love yeah. it love it my wife did too she loves it we love everything about it we own this you know collection of it um but you know just but the horror to me I, I had to have it had to have it uh didn't make everyone in the household happy yeah you know um but I, I, the next okay, pin, next pinball I get will be a Rocky. Bowl. It's just a hobby, dude. You yeah, know, it, at that point, it's just a hobby, and and the purpose is to have fun. It you is, know, and, and that that's the purpose. That is true. Yeah, and what's interesting about uh, I, I think about uh, about this particular title is that it doesn't jump out at you as something scary. Okay, you almost have to know the backstory on the theme in order for it to really kind of grab on to you. That's true. It, it, but other titles like uh, Gorgar and, and yeah. Dude, that that you know, all the respect in the world for Gorgar, but when you look at that back glass, it immediately, yes. it immediately is a it, it it's it's almost like a, a binary sort. You know, it's either left, it's either in or it's out. It's either left or it's right. You know, the, with Gorgar, there seems to be no middle ground. I mean, you're looking at something that yeah. would definitely scare a child. You oh, know, definitely, yeah. definitely scare a child, and to the point where you know, my wife has has seen the Gorgar back glass, and she's like, no, because I've asked her about I've asked her about that. I'm like, honey, they're they're fairly readily available. They're easy, they're fairly easy to work on. They they seem to be pretty common. Uh, you know. It has this historical significance as well, you know, mm-hmm. with the first pinballs, if not the first pinball of speech, I believe. So, so Gorgar gets gets props where Gorgar does, but the theme is just, I, I mean, if my daughter saw that, dude, it would wig her out. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and you know, um, my, my daughter will come down and, um, you know, I, I, she's, she's hit the buttons on there. It hasn't been playing or, yeah. or whatnot. So I don't, I, you know, I, I definitely don't. I handle her with kid gloves, you know, it, lack yeah. of a better term, because yeah, yeah. I, I, when I was a kid, it wisely said, so. when I was a kid, I would have been all over that thing. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, just, me just, too. I don't, I don't know. If, I don't know. If my parents were just like, all right, whatever. It's just a, I've been beating my brother up. Guy, I mean, he'd been just, doing it the same to me. You know, it's <laughs> it, like, wow, go. My parents were like, oh, just some kind of mask. They'll, yeah. get, they'll get over it. Yeah, but I mean, it's okay. I, nowadays it's a little different. So, um, she she knows it's down here, and um, but it never gets fired up when the kids are around. Yeah, um, yeah. And um, you know, I I I want. I want them because we'll go out to pizza places and they'll play, you know, taxi cab or they'll play, you know, yeah. uh, these, these different little games. And, and they love, I mean, my three-year-old loves and understands, you know, hitting Indiana Jones and, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to open her to that side of the, uh, that side of it as well. So I, you know, it's almost like, 
and I can't really say that I planned it this way. If I got the Nightmare on Elm Street, and then I knew it wouldn't go over well with, you know, you, you get but, something to kind of redeem it a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. Okay. Here's a one. Here's Rocky and Bull. Here's here, Rocky and Bull. It's right here. And and you know what? This is kid friendly. It's so it. perfectly kid friendly. I know. You guys play that. I'll rotate the Nightmare on Elm Street and, around and a little bit, and then I'll play this. Yeah, you know. But uh, but no. But I, I I can totally see. I I uh, you know you've got a you, you've got a head Freddy's head that moves around, spits balls out. You yeah. Know. It, yeah. It, it, it can you know it, it's you turn the lights out. It's it's got the music. It's dark. I mean yeah. it's it, it's got its theme. I mean that's what it's about and yeah. that's what drew me into it and you know i think there was there weren't that many made and um you know i didn't think i'd get one and got lucky and you got a nice one got and got a got a good deal and yeah. um it's not leaving i mean yeah. as, as are all these games they're yeah, you know, awesome they're coming down the steps they're staying <laughs> they, they, they stay they, they, they you can you know you, you can wheel me out put, put my ashes in them and take them out with them i mean <laughs> it, it ain't happening it's just they're no, just staying down here that, that's that's very cool well i i think the i think you you just hit you know after after this discuss you know after after all this discussion yeah i think I think you you just just hit the nail on the head when you were talking about you know passing it on uh to you you know to your to your children and the love of the games and you know and, and getting them involved in it Definitely. uh as as time allows and and as the subject presents itself but you're showing you know you're going to take the time and show them something that's 30 40 years old by the time that they're able to be interested in it and you know and, and that's I, I think that's cool you know there's you know today's society is so flash in the pan but yeah. but what, what we're sitting down here talking about and looking at you know defies all that and i think that's what's cool and it, i got a really cool story on that actually uh, it happened probably we just got back from disney so um about a week or two prior to us leaving we came down here and, and she'll pick up the nintendo wii joystick or the xbox 360 joystick and and she's you know she's the three-year-old does and she's looking at the screen and you know we're playing like little <laughs> weird kid games yeah. or like connect games with yeah. you know whatnot yeah and uh she was just looking at it and she just kind of threw it off to the side and she goes Dad, let's play Miss Pac-Man. And I was like, wow. Bingo. I was like, wow. Yeah. Like, like yeah. you know, and just sit up there. <laughs> Mission accomplished, it. yes. And uh, it, it was great. And, and actually, to this day, if um, one of the things that I always said to her was, when you know instead you know learning to not run across the street and hold someone's hand and busy roads you know i was like you're gonna get squished like frogger and she'll, <laughs> and she'll say that to me she'll say she, she'll she'll be like i need to hold someone's hand i don't want to get squished like frogger <laughs> so like like it because it, res- like, it resonates it, with it her. does and yeah it, and it's it's those little things like that that yeah. you know i mean i don't force anything down either one of my kids throat i mean yeah. they, i let them enjoy and do what they you know do what they feel comfortable doing and um if they want to be if they want to be you know come down and well the three-year-old obviously but the, the one-year-old is just learning how to walk but i mean when it gets to the point where they come downstairs and if they want to play some games and they want to learn and they want to figure out what's going on how do i make this guy do it yeah you know i'm all about that and yeah. you know and if they don't that's fine too i mean this is you know it's there for them if they want yeah if they don't they can they can have their princesses and they can have everything exactly they want. Exactly. But, but, exactly but it's great because we've already had many moments like that where it was just something she discovered and yeah, uh, the the Crystal Castles cocktail, the trackball. She yeah. loved it, moving yeah. the bear around and yeah. like jumping, and it, it's just things that I can kind of see watching 
her eyes you and see, watching see, something you kinda, you go off. Kind of see the light, the light come on. Like, yeah. like I remember that is what it did for me. And in a time where she can pick up an iPhone and play some weird game, or you know, it's so accessible. It's so accessible, but it's so disposable at the it same is. time. It's true because when you're done with it, you just kind of press a button and then you're yep. back to whatever. It, it has no, it has no, um, you know, it has no like real mental real estate or no real staying power per it's se. True. Yeah, that, that is totally true. And yeah. actually, I even took it a step further, and you know, she. She has a piggy bank, and I told her, and you grab a quarter, and yep. come down, and put it in, and you know, let it, you know, just that's. I'm just telling her this is what daddy, this is what daddy did. Yeah, you know, daddy, you know, daddy would save up money or would work and do these things and get a quarter and put it in. We and then play games and yeah. along with other things, but this is you know the arcade side of it. Yeah, and she was like, oh, let's go get another quarter. Like she didn't realize that you know it's just it comes right out the bottom. Free yeah. play. She's like, let's go get another quarter, and yeah. she would, and that's exactly my mentality. I would have ran back home. Got yeah. into my piggy bank. Got another one. Unloaded it. Yeah. You know, and so, gone again. And that's just it. Was, it was just beautiful seeing that. Yeah. I mean, that's it, it was awesome. So yeah, and, and I, I tell you what, I, I think that's that's part of the magic, the, the, the magic that that's no longer here when we walk outside. You know, when we walk outside our, our house, you know, we we are we're you know, and I don't mean to to comment on you know on on things out you know outside of the the main realm of the podcast, but. I, the fact that we don't have arcades today, we lose a lot of, you know, we lose a lot of that ability to, you know, to have those types of moments, you know, oh, because you're not going to have them on an iPhone sitting in the backseat of your car waiting to get to your destination. You will have those kind of moments when two people, your brother, your sister, or your cousin, uh, or your friends, you're huddled around a track and field just trying to wear it out. Yeah. You will have those moments then, but again, you're you're not going to have them just kind of yeah. you know, just kind of sitting there playing playing on your phone or your tablet or whatever. It's, I mean, it 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 may you know it, it may pass the time, but it doesn't but it doesn't make an impression. I, I feel anyway. no, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, when we came when my buddies came over and we got on Street Fighter or when we got on some of these other games, I mean, that's what we did. These are the same guys I did this with, and yeah. that camaraderie is still there. It's still just, there. It's yeah. just like you know, one of my buddies forgot you know the, the name of the end boss or. something. Something. And then yeah. he was like, that's right. We used to do this and yeah. that. And it's just that whole teaming up camaraderie, um, you know, whether it's on, um, you know, a Final Fight or Street Fighter or whether it's, you know, huddling around and watching, you know, Miss Pac-Man or Donkey Kong and some of those other games that I played when I first got in, when I first got into it, when yeah. I first saw them, yeah. um, people were pulling for you. I remember going into oh, like yes. a supermarket yes. and, and, uh, and, and, and seeing a Donkey Kong and, and people were around and it wasn't just the people waiting to get their game. They're like, no, oh, they, no, they were, they were they were helping out like do they, this you can do yes, this the hammer does this yes. the guy's getting ready to you know the the the, 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 the it's getting the fireball is getting ready to come up the ladder i mean yeah. it was like that team up let's take this thing down it's it was new. camaraderie it was awesome it was yes. sweet and it's just something that you know that it, it it stuck with me and you know really one of the basis of of me getting back into this was just those memories of having you know audiences and people pulling yes. for each other and yeah. not just trying to make you lose your quarter by ending your credit but, that, but that's right it was like the high score and then getting your name in there yes I mean, well and I, and I and i think a lot of people wanted to see you do that because they wanted to try to beat it exactly yeah. and they, they wanted to switch places with you and then have you help them try yep. to try to you know try to try to well you know like in donkey kong just go a little higher you know and, yep. and see see what you could do no i i think that, that whole camaraderie scenario that you know that you're talking about it i think that 
is the staying power. I think that is what everybody that in my mind anyway, that's what people want. You know, that that's what they're that's what they're after. And the games are a vehicle to to, to help you know to help make that happen. So yeah. it, it's cool. I mean, it really is. And definitely one of the things that really stood out to me was that um, that was a time that was a time when we didn't see th- that was new technology. That was first time anyone saw that. Yes. So everyone was equally bewildered oh, about yes. like, what is going on oh, here. Yeah, yeah. You know, so people you, you really didn't even develop a sense of um, you know, I, I hope this guy dies so I can play. It was like <laughs> yeah. you're we're watching it like, wow, look at this guy go. Look, yeah, look at him go. What, I've never seen this before. What happens next? Even if yeah. it's something as simple as like um, you know, you know, getting to the next level on Donkey Kong mm-hmm. or you know, there was always just that excitement as to yeah. I've never seen anybody get this high and you're yes. pulling for him, like, do it, do it, yeah. do it. Well and, and it's like I, I wonder what's gonna happen when he does this. Yeah. I want you know, oh yeah, I've seen this board before, but he's playing it different. And, and it's like, even though it was the same, it was different because because everybody did it a little different, and it, it it gave it enough of a mix to make it to make it new all the time. Yes. And th- that's that's part of the staying power for me too. Is that it doesn't matter how many times I walk up to a pinball machine, and I think pinball machines are great examples. They're they're never the same game twice. Oh yeah. And uh, it, but then uh, you know a lot of the arcade games they're they are they're they're never never the the, the same game twice as well because even though they may have, you know, the levels may repeat and everything, it's like everybody does it different. And it's always cool to see someone skilled play it because it's like playing a guitar. They Everybody plays it different, but everybody knows that it's a guitar, but they love it none, nonetheless. That's true. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, everyone has a different approach, a different style. And even when you did see a game get to a certain point yeah watching somebody go from yeah, point like, a yeah like, yeah i was like wow you can do that what? yeah really what was that you know, doing little warps or something i mean whatever yeah. it just it was all new it was cool i mean that, that's that's what it was about and that's what one of the things one of the many things that sold me was the fact that now i can have all those memories i can recreate those things and watch people come back in and for, they forgot a lot of this yeah come back and do it again yeah. and it, it's awesome I mean, it, it is it's, it's I, I don't regret anything that's in my basement no. i enjoyed Me every neither, man every bang bruise bump that i kick whatever bringing these down here yeah um you know and i i do it again in a heartbeat yeah no it, it's all good dude it's it's all good and, and I, I tell you what jeff i think you've uh you know I, I think you've you've hit the nail on the head i mean all the things that make it right and make it fun are the things that make it last, you know, in, in the things that, you know, you may not play them every day. That's okay. It's, it, it's not a big deal. You just, you just turn them on when you want them and turn them off when you don't. It, it, but at the, it, you know, at the end of the day though, they, they, they have that power to stay and they make that impression. And it's, it, it turns into for a lot of people, probably more so of a lifelong pursuit. It's like, you know, I'm, th- this is, this is kind of what I'm going to focus on in my free time. And, you know, and, and help preserve these and have fun at the same time. It's a very unique hobby when it comes to that. It is. And the great thing about it is back in the day, I didn't have the opportunity to play them every day either. And now, mm-hmm. now I have it and you know, it, it, I'll come down and I'll just have an urge. I, yeah. I don't like the way commando rubbed me that other night. I'm coming down. <laughs> I'm, gonna come I'm, down, coming down I'm coming down. Like it's yeah. a one-on-one vendetta. vendetta yeah. And like, it, you know, I'll do that randomly. Like I won't play a game for two to three weeks. And then all of a sudden, you know what? Track it's time. And field. It's time for going for that, that long jump record or timed Miss Pac-Man. What's my high score up there? Okay, yeah. let's let's that one's going down tonight. Yeah. And I'll sit here and focus. And it's it, it's you know you can't 
these these games are not available to go out and do this anymore yeah you know that's the love of having the games that i tried to go after back then yeah i still have them i can go after them again yeah so no it's all good man and i'll tell you what jeff i I appreciate your time here tonight i appreciate you you know letting us come into your home and uh set up shop here and uh you know put the uh the uh broken token uh you know (laughs) mobile podcasting studio to uh to work and everything so i'll tell you guys i'll tell you what it's been awesome it's been a pleasure you guys are more welcome to come back uh oh we will trust me and and, um you know i i am going to uh i try to have um a little uh, arcade parties uh, a couple times a year so um just look uh, when when it comes up invites coming out so sweet dude you can uh try out and uh I don't know. Take down, put put some records on my games. It's that's that's what it's all about, dude. But listen, thanks for your time. Uh, appreciate you, you know. Pr- appreciate you, you know, reliving some some past years and some memories with everybody. And I, I, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm sure that that a lot of people, you know, will identify with so much of what you talked about. You know, talked about here with us, you know, tonight. And you know, it it, it is. It's it's what uh, it's what drives the hobby and what what makes the hobby fun. You know, if if we didn't have that. The games really wouldn't mean a whole lot. So, yeah, it's very true. So, listen, man, thanks a lot for your time, Jeff. I appreciate it, man. Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. We'll see you. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will get on with the show. So, we'd like to take a few minutes to uh, respond to some listener feedback that we've got. We... You know, once again, we'll we'll put it out there. We love to hear from folks, you know, what what they think. Um... Uh, we may or may not listen to suggestions to change the format, but you know, <laughs> we but, but we want to, you know oh, we yeah. want to hear from everybody. Absolutely, we want to hear from everybody. If you've got ideas, things that you want us to talk about, things that we've said that you'd like us to expand on, uh, please reach out to us. There's uh, multiple ways to get hold of us, whether it's through Clove, um, Facebook. All of our contact information uh, ends the show. And of yeah. course, if you found a place to download the podcast, all of our contact information is there. So is, is there? Yeah. So you can always always email us at uh, at, at broken token at outlook dot com, and we'll we'll be happy to talk with you from there. So we've got a few things that are that have shown up in the mailbox and I've sent Whitney out to the curb to, uh, <laughs> to go open it up and pull out what we've got and check it out. So yeah, yeah. I've, I've walked far and wide to the mailbox and back. And so we, we've had, uh, we've had several submissions this month, but there's a couple that I want to draw uh, special attention to Brent. And so, uh, the first one is, uh, from Daryl Rodriguez and Jeanette Garcia and Daryl and, uh, Jeanette, write That they really enjoy the podcast and they wanted to, uh, ask us uh, to uh, give mention to a Kickstarter for an arcade documentary entitled World 1-1. Now, Brent, the unfortunate thing here is that by the time that we get the podcast ready for download, the funding period for this uh, Kickstarter will be over. But the important thing uh, is to raise awareness for this because um, you know there are seven day, they have seven days left to go at this point. And uh, assuming that the documentary does get funded, we want to make sure that everybody knows about it and uh, participates and purchases uh, purchases the documentary and gives it a look. The, the interesting thing about this, Brent, is this documentary is being done as a series, and so this first one, you know, aptly titled World One One, you know, for uh, you know all of our uh, Nintendo uh, Nintendo fans and everything else. I'm not out a there. big Nintendo head, yeah. and I just got that you just, just before got you it. explained exactly, it. exactly. So just like playing a you know a, a great game of super mario brothers you know this is uh this is where it starts and so 
This first uh, documentary in the series is going to focus on the history of Atari and uh, and everything that kind of stemmed from that. So uh, so uh, Jeanette uh, emailed and said that they were working with uh, Nolan Bushnell, David Crane from Activision fame, Walter Day, uh, and others involved in the project. And so they're really just trying to raise some awareness for the Kickstarter to help uh, make this series of documentaries go. So uh, we'll include a link to the Kickstarter in the show notes and uh, we certainly hope that everybody uh, gives that some consideration now one of the other emails that we got in brent that i that uh i just thought was fantastic was from a gentleman named uh, heath dudley and Heath uh wrote in and gave us some really good feedback and uh i'll, I'll kind of quote him here at the very beginning of his email he said hey guys i just wanted to say that i appreciate your podcast i especially appreciate the no cursing policy great job keeping it clean well Heath, we appreciate you writing in uh what we don't uh what we don't have on the air is all the cursing that we do after the podcast is over (laughs) (laughs) and what's between the edits but we do appreciate it but in all in all seriousness it's just a joke we we don't cuss that much but uh maybe just a little bit just just a hair something slips out every once in a while something slips out every once in a while but no he thank you for for uh for noting that because brent and i when we first started talking about the podcast we wanted to make a special effort to keep it keep it clean keep it on task and deliver the content and do so in a way that everybody could listen to whether it be our children or um uh, you know or people 20 years from now and and they they can appreciate what's 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 being said so uh he thanks a lot for recognizing what we're doing so Brent Heath uh, has a lot of questions. Okay, he I mean he submitted a bunch, and it was great because he he's a beginning collector, getting into the hobby. Uh, he's he's really uh, he's really enjoyed listening to the podcast, and he has got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, at least seven or eight questions here, Brent that that uh, that runs the gamut from uh, what happens to the value of games when I when I change them from from the original game to another game that that, that came in the same cabinet to he wants to know about grading cabinets on condition uh how do you fix busted corners on uh, plywood or particle board cabinets the ins and outs of getting artwork reproduced uh and he even gets into you know what is the uh, accepted etiquette for flippers versus collectors and why why are we also secret brent brent why are we all so secretive about the games we get, where we get them, what we pay for them, and what we do with them after the fact? That's what Heath I, wants to know. I, I can't tell you, Whitney. <laughs> because, Brent, why? I can't tell you. It's a secret. It's a secret. <laughs> but no, but Heath, listen, Heath, if you're listening, we really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, you know, to to get everything, all these questions in for us. And, uh, Brent, I responded back to Heath and had a very good conversation with him via email. We're gonna we're gonna cover a lot of these topics because uh, he even gets into you know how how do how do spouses and girlfriends survive us being in this hobby, and he I, I pretend to, I, I I cannot even pretend to have an answer for that. They're just good women uh, or good or good men, you know. Uh, however that may work out, and so yeah, there's a lot of stuff here to cover, Brent. And I think we've uh, we can do Heath uh, we can do Heath a solid. I would on this. absolutely agree. There's several yeah. there's several questions here, Heath, that that all kind of follow a, a general theme of uh not restoration not from a perspective of like the physical side uh there's several that we could that that i'm eyeing right now where we can do a deep dive uh just the general theory of restoration yeah you know does it help or hurt yeah 
and you know what's the line and what's restored and what's not and, and what's not yeah and, and what does it mean so so yeah so he just uh just definitely uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast stay with us and we will you know in upcoming episodes, we will get through uh, get through a lot of your questions and hopefully hopefully do them right. So um, another thing here, Brent, uh, before we uh, before we close out the show, did want to discuss a little bit of forum feedback. And this is uh, this is you know in the spirit of full disclo- full disclosure, we had uh, you know had some forum feedback, some good feedback on Pinside, and I did want to give a shout out to a fellow Pinside user, uh, Call Me Steam, and uh, Call Me Steam. As one of the co-hosts of the Pinball Podcast, and uh, he posted in our uh, in our podcast forum thread, he said, uh, he said, now quote the two-hour segment on ratchet straps has motivated me to try for a three-hour bit on appliance dollies for our next episode." <laughs> and so, Brent, now in all fairness, <laughs> that was talking. not two hours on rat. It no. was it was a solid. <laughs> Solid fifteen minutes on shrink wrap. Yes, and then yes. the rest was ratchet straps. And then the rest was ratchet straps. But but I'm telling you, Brent, if we we must have hit home with Call Me Steam, and if he's going to do three hours on appliance dollies, we've done I'm our in job. It. I'm, I'm in. in. I'm in. So Call Me Steam, thanks a lot for listening, man. We love you, and uh, and I want to give a shout out to the Pinball Podcast. I've listened to it. It's it's good. It's it's a good quality podcast. And um, when we do three hours on appliance dollies, uh, man. And everyone will know. I want so. I want pictures of your appliance dollies on vacation with you. I want, exactly. I want to see yes. it in Florida. Yeah. I want to see it. In, yeah, exactly. With bells on and yeah. you know and, and all that kind of good. Decked stuff. Decked out for Halloween, yeah, Christmas. Sitting, sitting right beside you on an airplane, all, all that kind of good stuff. So yes, yeah, so, so like I say, we you know we appreciate all the uh, the input and the feedback that we get. Uh, you know, good, bad, serious, uh, tongue in cheek, whatever. Uh, you know, it helps us uh, it helps us to know that we're doing a good job and people are people are listening and appreciate it. So, uh, so with that, Brent, uh, how about let's go ahead and uh, talk about uh, you know talk about some of our our closing uh, remarks here, and let's go ahead and, and kick out uh, kick out the show. All right. All right, Brent. So real quick, I just want to give a, a quick shout out here uh, towards the end of the show to the Game Room Junkies, uh, uh, the Game Room Junkies uh, podcast. Uh, Preston and Patrick over there, they gave us a mention uh, there at the very beginning of episode number 31. So we really appreciate you guys taking some time talking about our podcast. And uh, and guys, we're, we're looking forward to seeing you all uh, next June down at, uh, down at the Southern Fried Game Room Expo. And uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention uh, here, Brent, uh, real quick before we wrap up is some upcoming shows and events uh, now in March 7th through 9th of 2014 uh, next year but it, we're, we're, we're already we're, in November we're rapidly, dude, we're rapidly, rapidly approaching rapidly approaching we have the Louisville Arcade Expo at the Ramada Plaza uh, Hotel uh, here in our very own Louisville Kentucky and you can get more information about the Louisville Arcade Expo at www.arcaderx.com and uh, it, at some point we really hope to have the guys from the expo on the show and I know folks have heard us talk about that show several times. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's our it, home show. It's our man. home show. Um, it, it's relatively young as some of the shows go, yep. but um, it is a very nice show. It's very well done. It's if, very well done, very well organized. There is a lot of games, video lots, and pinball. Lots, and lots. I tell you, a twist that they <laughs> put here, some of the, uh, you know, you got some, some of your shows will do pinball only, some will do uh, video only, and then a lot of shows will mix. Not only do they do video and pinball, but they also include consoles. So if you're anywhere within 
um, the sound of my voice. Mm -hmm. When this show comes about, if you're a fan of pinball, if you're a fan of uh, old NES, if you're NES, if you're a fan of um, uh, Sega Master System, it's you, all there. It's all there. Yes, you really need to make it out to the show. They, uh, the space is wonderful. Um, the layout is always great and, yeah. and the people are awesome. Yeah. And w- what's nice about that particular expo is there is just as much pinball, if not more than there are arcade games. And, and I, I've always been pretty surprised by just how well pinball represents last year. Roger Sharp was there and several panel discussions and, uh, you know, pinball tournaments and, you know, the, the, um, the show is sanctioned on, uh, on the Papa tour. So it's, 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 it's amazing. So I, I think that's, uh, I think that's something, something to make note of now, uh, also coming up in March, we have the Texas pinball festival. That's at the NBC suites, uh, in Dallas at the Dallas Frisco hotel in Frisco, Texas. Uh, Brent, I've not been to this, but, um, if we, if you go to www.texaspinball.com, you can find out all the information on it. It is also a a very highly regarded show okay as far as uh, as far as pinball goes and then uh coming up in june 20th through the 22nd mm-hmm. in uh atlanta georgia yep. that's correct at the atlanta marriott century center that is correct is the southern fried game room expo yeah and the leadership behind that is our friends yeah, Preston, Pre- and Patrick. Preston and Patrick. Yeah, that's that's right. So the game, so so the guys that bring you the Game Room Junkies podcast are putting on the Southern Fried Game Room Expo, and they're they are uh, they're they're uh, starting this as their first year. What's really cool about this, Brent, is they do have uh, Billy Mitchell, and uh, they they have several uh, other people that are going. Buckner Garcia are going to be there, and uh, let's see, I think uh, John Trudeau is going to be there as well. So they've got right and, out of the gate. They're bringing, man, they're bringing the names. I'm telling you what, they are swinging a bat. Before, right, I mean, before they even get started, so it, it, it's impressive what they have been able to accomplish and line up thus far is really, really impressive. So, um, yeah, so that runs over that weekend that that weekend uh, in June. And, uh, you know, although that's a, a little bit of a drive for us, Brent, I certainly plan on, on going and attending that and uh, showing support for an, another up-and-coming expo because uh, everybody, we, we need them. And they help keep the hobby alive, and we need to support the people that are supporting the hobby. So uh, if, if, you, uh, if you think you can make it to any of these expos, and it, this, is not a, this list is not all-inclusive by any means, and we'll certainly feature others uh, next month as well, in addition to these but uh guys the, the uh guys and gals the expos are where it's at and it's what uh it's what keeps people coming to the hobbies and, and helps to helps to push it out further so we appreciate uh we appreciate any consideration you can give on that so all right brent uh man we've done good boss we've made it to the end of, of another episode and i think this episode turned out really good so well you may think we we've done good i guess the final judge is going to be you know the, the third voice of the broken token podcast which true. is which is christy 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 is christy's going to take us out and but before we turn the reins over to her i did want to mention real quick is we are uh the, the podcast can be heard on itunes and stitcher radio and we would really really appreciate 
appreciate if uh, anyone who's listening uh, and is subscribed on either iTunes or Stitcher, if you wouldn't mind to please go in and leave us leave us a review, okay, on uh, either one of those outlets. It helps us on the ratings. It helps us to get noticed. Uh, it helps uh, to increase our reach, and uh, and then later on down the line, it will uh, it will also help us for additional projects that Brent and I have planned for the podcast and uh, what we'd like to do with the podcast over the next year. So, uh, like I say, it, it's all additive. So you may not think it, it amounts for much, but uh, it, it it all adds up. So we would really appreciate you doing that. Yeah, so. please take a moment and uh, run out to to iTunes or Stitcher Radio and. Yeah. As Whitney asked, uh, give us your review, please. Yeah, yeah, we, we'd really appreciate it. So, Brent, with that, we'll go ahead and uh, turn it over to Christy. And, we, and I just want to thank everybody for uh, listening to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. Uh, we, uh, we really appreciate everybody's uh, feedback and everybody's attention. And, uh, hey, game on. Congratulations. You made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, and raves, both good and bad. Email us, podcast at brokentoken.com. Follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash broken token blog. Want to talk to us in person? Call us, 502 502- 517-7199 and leave us a voicemail. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, tech tips, and expanded show notes from this and every episode of the podcast. You can find our podcast on the iTunes Store and Stitcher Radio. The Broken Token staff would like to extend a special thank you to the real vocal talent of the show, Christy Litzy. And that's me. Cha-ching! Music for the Broken Token Podcast provided by Kentucky native bluegrass musician Gary Brewer. Please visit brewgrass.com, that's B-R-E-W-G-R-A-S-S dot com, for the latest information, show dates, and to purchase music. All right, do we want to start rolling? Man, I think we are, I think we're ready just about any time you are, so... Well, I'd like to. Oh, let's not do that. That sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I told you that was going to happen, and you didn't listen to me.